and welcome to the NFT Jungle. I am Emma, aka Nifty Metagirl, and on today's episode, we're going to be highlighting the 15th installment of our Twitter space regularly held on Friday evenings called Instagram to NFTs, hosted by Sarah Lindsay. In this regular space, we discuss topics related to social media and NFTs and current events in the NFT space. We often invite uh, conversation and questions, others to share their experiences. And in this particular discussion, we delved into the discussion of secondary sales and how to motivate these sales. This was a lively discussion amongst artists and collectors, and we hope that you find it informative. Hi, Karini. <laughs> the craziest thing. I was trying to open the space and it kept closing on me. So I was like, no, I've never had so much trouble starting a space before. It actually deleted the other one and I had to reboot it. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like they're going to be wondering if I forgot. <laughs> hey, Emma. Good evening. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Subos. Hey, Elias. Hi, hi. hi. That is weird. That's very weird that it did that. It did that. It's trying to challenge you, Emma. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh my gosh. And I literally just pulled into my garage. So I was like, oh, so I don't know if it was trying to connect to my Wi-Fi. But yeah, so anyway, we got over that one. But yeah, when I came back to restart it and it was totally gone, I was like, no, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, but we're here. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> I see Sabod is still here with us. You are impressive, my friend. Hi, Sabod, down there as a listener. Oh, he's listening. I invited him to speak, but maybe it's not coming up. <laughs> I might have been chatting with him just a little bit while uh, um, to help him stay awake so he could join us. <laughs> oh. But guys, it's been a busy day today. I know, spaces all day. So what did I miss in the, the drop party? Like what happened after when I left? I had to go see Arwen for a little bit. I kid you not, I was just listening to the recording. Uh, uh, somebody came to my door and I thought, I don't know what I babbled at the time. So I just wanted to make sure I was making sense. So I found the recording and I just heard like those five minutes of it. But you didn't miss a lot, actually. Uh, it was just uh, everyone coming up. But uh, what they were talking in our chat, basically, uh, is uh, when Jaden came up and, and we talked to each other and I just, you know, thanked her. Emma actually bought uh, two of my editions and she gifted one to Jaden, which was very special. Uh, when she saw the image, she said uh, the first thing she thought about was Jaden uh, as she's a mother as well. And, uh, you know, that was so special. So that's what Swati was talking about, that when you said that and, and thanked Emma, it made me tear up. So that's, that is that is what they were talking about. But I know you couldn't come, uh, come up, Emma, but it's totally okay. Just the fact that you were there and 
even if you wouldn't have been able to make it uh, i know you're there with me in spirit your blessings are with me so it, it means a lot just your friendship means a lot uh, you mean a lot so i understand that uh, twitter spaces can be crazy sometimes and you can't be in every space as i've missed so many sometimes two friends have drop party and then you're hosting some other space and, and i've been there so i totally understand Well there was so many people there to talk with you guys too cuz sometimes I know that I get I get to talk with you in another space or something coming up and so I thought well I'll go ahead and and stay back just a little bit because I knew I would be chatting with you tonight but the piece that yes this year edition has so much meaning to it and it's just uh it's so sentimental and you just you really you did such a wonderful job Prini with picking this image for your edition and sharing it um just the image is beautiful and the story is beautiful and it represents you both as as a human and as an artist so beautifully so um i just i'm so proud of you and i'm so happy that you've had this success with it that you have because it's well deserved you did you did so great with with the whole process so and there was it was such a great room today so many wonderful people and it was great to get to um go ahead and celebrate um with the others as well it's i think that there was three really strong artists chosen to have the same party not that and you know so active in the community and well known so that definitely added to um the the time for the space um but it was wonderful to get to it really felt like a party for sure um but so much love and wonderful words shared so it was it was a really special time Yes indeed and I have you and Sarah to thank for the selection process as well I remember sharing bunch of images and then uh, you told me while we were picking that this one resonated and this represented me the most so uh, thank you so much for you know helping this girl out thank you so much <laughs> Yeah I just oh, sorry I was I just had to tweet out the room and and write a little bit of stuff for it Um Harini, yes, absolutely. Like I remember the art will always speak for itself. Like good good art is is good art in in my in my eyes. Like you're a very accomplished photographer with your floral work. That's very clear, but I it to me it's way more special when I connect with the person and that that image, you know, has something to do with them. So, I think that is so darn cute that Emma gave a piece to Jaden. Oh my god, that's like the most special thing ever cuz the mom stuff. I love it. That's really adorable. That's 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 so sweet, Emma. Well, the first time I saw that image, I knew Jaden needed it. It just made me think of her and I also I appreciate so much the friendship that Harini and J- and Jaden have. It's so cool that they share that connection as being moms and especially with having little ones so close in age. So, um, you know, it's it's a really special thing to be able to share that. So, um, you know, when thinking about a gift for her for her for having her new little one and for everything that she's going through with she does she works so hard, you know, works full time. and has the baby and they're you know they're they sold their house so she's in the middle of building a house and living in a camper she just has so much going on and i just she i have so much respect and appreciation for her so it was this was like a perfect little gift for her <laughs> so i'm really really glad that it worked out like it did so thank you harini for helping me um with keeping it a secret and and having it having it all come together <laughs> 
Hi, hi, everybody. Hey, how are you? Oh, my God. So you know who I am. That's awesome. Uh, I thought I was going to have to tell you who I am. Cool, cool. Swati, I saw you. I wanted to say hello. And I saw Harini. How are you? Hello, amazing. Uh, So that's going to be my project. That's why I changed the name. This is still Stan Stanislav. I don't remember which version of me you know. This is version 3.0, still in beta. Yeah, yeah, that's Stan, right? Yes. I wasn't sure if it was Stanislav or Stan. I had both at different times. So I just I just want to jump in quick yeah. before before we get into any topics just for the people in the room. Uh, everybody tweet out the room so we can get more people in here and get more conversations going. Usually in this space we talk about current topics, what's going on, marketing strategy, oh my gosh, everything. We cover it all. So definitely feel free to come up and bring up your ideas. I have some social media tips to share with you guys as we go through the space, but um, we definitely try to stay away from any um, sharing like work of any projects or selling any NFTs in here. That's not really the space for that. We just like to keep it all real and help each other grow and learn. So again, we can't, we, we kind of just chat a little bit at the beginning so we can let more people filter in before we start dishing out the juicy topics. Hey, um, like I said, I, I saw both of you uh, here. Um, Meta, Meta, um, I'll give you a follow, Meta Jungle. And uh, Sarah, um, I understand you're coming from Instagram. That's awesome. Um, just wanted to say hello. I'm a true degen, and uh, I had 30 minutes of sleep. <laughs> so I'm going to watch a movie tonight. Not trying to shill any movies. And Finally, get my well-deserved rest. So I just wanted to uh, come, spread some love, and uh, we'll talk soon. Have a good one. And I reshared the room. I gave you a follow, so we'll connect. Have a good one. Thank you, and thank you for joining joining us. You're welcome to stay in and listen if you'd like. Have a good movie. <laughs> no, he's gone. He's gone. I wasn't sure where that was going. But I, I, I like to, and I, oh, Holly, you're so noisy. Sorry, guys. I like to, I just want to make sure we're not, yeah, you know, you guys know. And sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen in the spaces. That is very true, and actually, that's one of the one of the one of the strange ones that happened um, during one of the Meta Jungle chat and shares early on. Was actually the first time Swati um, shared with us. I don't know if she knows this, but we had this this person we brought up on stage that we didn't know. You know, we didn't we didn't know, which is fine. But all of a sudden, he just kept unmiking and making these crazy noises, and we put his mic back on and making these crazy noises. And we finally had to kick him out of the room because it was just a, a bot or a spam. But it was so funny but that's part of the what I remember about the first time Swati shared with us too <laughs> Jaden and I were just talking about that this week <laughs> I guess you just never know yeah I don't know if you did but I look at everybody unless I obviously recognize the person um I look at everybody's account that requests to come up and speak 
you just don't know and there's just some interesting things that happen out there so oh I know that as we host as people who host and co-host you're always kind of modern monitoring who's trying to come up I've kicked out so many people I feel so bad but you just have to sometimes Sarah you're just like Swati uh, I, I I would not I don't generally the I almost never do that check out profile I just keep like accepting as it comes sometimes when I'm hosting but Swati would like uh, DM me sometimes that th- uh, that seems like a spam do not get him up and I'm like oh okay well there was one day I think uh, there was somebody requesting and Swati DM me saying he has porn on his timeline do not <laughs> let him up and I'm like oh lord you had time to co-host and go check his profile out before we can get him up that was hilarious so Sarah that that's Swati that's exactly Swati what you do but but I don't judge people I don't judge people for that but sometimes they do come up and talk things that are not appropriate so I'm like I just want to be cautious it's not like I don't want them to come up and speak but you know just have to be cautious we don't want Twitter to ban us as it is you know I don't Uh, want like I don't want like swearing or uh, like I no no sorry let me rephrase that swearing is hilarious sometimes (laughs) but I don't want like like negative swearing I don't want violence I don't want anything super sexual being talked about like it just it just kind of creates a toxic environment for everybody so sometimes you have to make those decisions right away too like you quickly look at their profile I always look at how many people are following them or who they're following kind of what the description is if it's not art related photography related or like digital art or whatever sort of artist related I usually don't like when they come up to speak. It's like for him, I was kind of on the fence because he has like quite the following, but the word marketing platform was like the turnoff for me. I was like, mm, this might be like him trying to promote his platform, but I don't know what he came up to say. And then he just disappeared. So I don't know. That's not really someone you can have a conversation with anyways. So always just be watchful for those things. Yeah, and I just... Sorry, sorry, Emma, go ahead. You can go ahead, Swati, go ahead. So I was just saying that uh, while we were uh, still at it, uh, Harini's uh, flower uh, uh, edition, you know, uh, I remember Harini saying that, you know, Jaden wants one, but, you know, I have to keep it quiet. I just don't want her to know. I don't know how to do that. But somehow you manage and today while Jaden was talking about it, you know, I could just feel her getting so emotional that she got it as a gift from you and uh, that you thought of her. She was so emotional and, and then the both of them were talking and I was tearing up. I kid you not, you know, it was such an emotional moment. I think in the whole space that was like really, really emotional and you know, two mothers talking and it had nothing to do with any NFTs or anything, you know, just the friendship and it was just so beautiful. We really do create amazing bonds, you know, here within the community. So it's, it's really, really special. Um, it's, and yeah, and Jaden's, Jaden and I have actually, we've worked together for five, gosh, five years now. 
I think is how long, maybe six years. And she's, she's just really, really special. She's, uh, she's something else. She's such a hard worker and she's just a sweetheart. So uh, definitely, definitely love having her um, as an integral part of our team. So, um, but it's, it is really awesome to see how quickly, you know, we make friends with such genuine people and, and, you know, art is something so special. Um, And so it makes, you know, to be able to gift an image to someone that, you know, it's going to mean a lot to them. It's just, it's a really cool, um, a really cool thing to be able to share. And especially now that, you know, we know, we know the people that create it, you know, you actually have a relationship with the artist that brings so much more sentimental value to it as well. Um, so it's just really, really cool. And it's something I, I'm sure I will be doing more because it is really fun to get to do that. So to get to share that message and that, you know, just, just and to have something that's so sentimental, but also so beautiful. And yeah, so it was, it was perfect. And yes, I'm really glad to get to do that with Jaden. And she, I know she cherishes it very, very much. So it was a really special moment. <laughs> Okay, so since I want to say anything to that, I'm gonna just jump right into some juicy topics. Okay, I really, I, I need to ask you guys if this is your experience as well, because I was kind of talking to someone about it earlier, just on the on the timeline. We've been noticing that, like, on our feed, we're actually seeing mostly replies, like people commenting on other people's tweets, but we're not actually seeing the main tweet, which has been very interesting. That's on the phone, though. And then I was on my desktop and this uh, Kino actually believes that there's two algorithms that run one on your uh, computer and one on your phone. So when I was on my desktop, I was seeing all the main tweets. I'm far more active on my phone, but that was, that's, that was really interesting to see. So I don't know what you guys are experiencing on your feed, but I have, I don't see any pic, any photos anymore, any main tweets. I just see people replying to tweets. It's, it's weird. I've noticed that too, Sarah, which is really, really weird. And I know Jassy, I saw Jassy had commented on that very same thing last week. Um, So I wonder, does she have any ideas about why? She's trying to look into, like, I mean, it makes sense to her why that's happening. But she says it's a little, it's too much. Like, it's, it's overboard with how we're seeing the replies. And everything that happens on our feeds is like a direct relation of how we are actually interacting with people and on on Twitter, but it was it it was interesting to me that when I went on my desktop because I don't go on there. I only probably open up desktop Twitter like maybe twice a week, but it was like nicely curated almost. It I saw it it was everybody's images and it made things actually really easy for me to then go and interact with like my fellow photographers and and their work versus. Now on my phone, it's like I see the reply to a tweet and I'm like, well, what are they talking about? Now I have to go investigate. It's just like a whole other step to get to the main tweet. Sabah, do you have something to to add to this? Your your hand went up for it, so I think you do. Uh, Not really. (laughs) I just wanted to say hi to Emma and Sarah and everyone in the room because I'm feeling quite sleepy. Today has been a really long day. You know, I had a bloody event, just 120 from my home. You know, I had to drive all the way and come back. It really took all my energy. So, yeah, I just wanted to say hi. I just wanted, uh, wanted to say that and move out of the space because I'm feeling quite sleepy. 
but about the topic that you talked about i have no clue uh, i am the last person who would know about algorithms in instagram i never understood it in twitter i don't understand it i just use it till the shadow ban me and then i relax a bit and then i can come back and do the same thing and get banned again so that's all i do in uh, twitter as well so i do get a lot of uh, ups and downs here uh, but that's the journey you know like that's how it is Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Sorry, Emma. You go. You go. Oh, I was just gonna say thank you so much for staying up late because I know it's extremely early in the morning for you, and I feel really bad that this happens at such a bad hour for you, Sapod. I really do, and I hope that your I hope your conference went well today. I don't know if it was a conference, a presentation. I don't know exactly the right word to use, but I hope it went really well. Yeah, it's four thirty in the morning. Uh, usually three o'clock is my threshold. You know, after that I start going down, and uh, that's what happened. And that drive uh, really took off all the energy. And uh, yeah, the conference was great. It was an uh, event for Toshiba, so it's after so long that something of this kind is happening because COVID protocols are very eased off, and now people can do whatever they want, like pre-COVID in Dubai. So things are opening up. There's going to be a lot of such events coming up. Yeah, it's been fun. Very happy to hear that life is getting back to normal. So that's that's very very exciting. I know we will all welcome that with open arms for sure. And I'm glad the conference went good. It was good to talk about binary this morning, um, and really fun to learn more about the project that you're working on. So um, I know you didn't get to join us for all of that um, drop party this morning or or introduction, but um, I'm I am super excited for the project, and I'm really excited too that you have your Twitter page up. So everybody should follow. Um, follow binary nft that's abode and jordan banks so i'm really excited to see what's coming yeah i mean uh i was about to say something which was about yeah i came back home and uh, to keep myself up uh, till sarah space starts i just uh, heard to that space you know which was uh, happening before with metajingle and binary because i couldn't hear everything because i had to participate there so i came back home and i went through the whole recording of the space and yeah it was a great one and i'll come back now with a binary pfp so that people can know how to follow that page so thank you so much for having me and sorry for hijacking your room sarah no just wait i didn't know that there was a actual account for this binary where is it i i mean no, I, I, I i don't understand. i just created it i just created it 30 minutes back you know i had to figure out how to do it because I'm scared of being banned by Twitter by doing something wrong. So I made sure everything's in order. So I just created it 30 minutes back. There's nothing on it. It's just a page which is open. Uh, we'll start building it, make a plan for it and take it forward uh, in the upcoming days. I'll come back in with that PFP right now. So okay, congratulations cool. on that. And binary NFTs, when I go to that, it says 743 following 191 followers. Is no, that no, one? no. I'll just come back. I'll just come back. I'll clear okay. the room. Don't follow those guys. Okay. I might, have, I, might have, I might have jumped the gun on that. Sorry, Sabot, if I let the cat out of the bag. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. It's completely, it's, it's, it's for the community and by the community. So it's all good. I'm coming back in a second. I might have been a little too excited about that. I may I just should have let that one happen as it should. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, guys. He, he said he's coming. Oh, he's coming back. I was like, what is he talking about? He's coming back with his. Okay, he's coming back as that account. 
how okay i get it now oh my gosh i'm just so slow <laughs> oh there he is <laughs> oh god you're so funny okay well now we're gonna follow it because it exists well i don't see anything yet he's coming he's connecting to speakers it's a white and it says binary on it do you see me now signs we still you know we are creating B- binary showcase right <laughs> yeah we are still creating the yeah yeah even the username is not fixed you know it's just emergency username emergency pfp everything is an emergency it will go we're going to fix it tomorrow and make a nice little logo and yeah we will take it forward i'm not finding the username that we want so i just put so- showcase for now but we'll figure out how to deal with this <laughs> we get to be your first 10 followers about that's so special and congratulations the very first follower is emma you know because me and jordan anyway we will follow it right it's it's binary but yeah first uh, non binary to follow is uh, i don't know the whether that word is right i don't know what is the meaning of binary by the way uh, but that first non binary uh, follower is emma so welcome to all of you to follow up and let's see where it goes we have no idea we are just trying to build something well i was really excited to be 100% honest i have really bad etiquette and i was on my phone while i was driving home to start the space and i was just happened to see that see the account show up and i was like oh i recognize that so i because you followed me so i was so excited to see that but really really excited for what you guys are working on building we do have a recording from the introduction today so and it was maybe the shortest space i've ever participated in um we did it's a nice one hour introduction so if anybody is interested in learning more about um about the what's coming because there's multiple multiple facets to it but if anybody is interested it's a wonderful program for the community um for the community by the community and so i encourage everybody to listen if you would if you're interested because it is great and there's also two beautiful pieces of art available um as a adjacent part of the project i think that might be the right way to say that um But yeah, I'm so proud of you guys for all that you're working towards um creating with this project. So it's really really exciting. Now definitely Sarah is going to say now definitely Sarah is going to say next space please subot sleep. Don't come to the space. <laughs> Why? No, I like when you come to the space. <laughs> I'm hijacking the room. No, you were talking good. of algorithm and look at what I did. I know, but but Yeah, but this talk of the algorithm and everything else trust me, we'll cover all bases. It will go on for hours. So, you are like saving my voice basically when you come in here and talk. I pinned the pinned I pinned the pin tweet. Oh my gosh, that's a mouthful. I pinned the thing that they're talking about to the top so that you can go bookmark the recording of that space and go and listen to it later. I missed like the first half of it, so I only caught in at the last like 30 minutes so i have to go back and listen to it as well yeah i put poor jordan under the bus you know because i was so busy he had to talk and i think that's why the space was short you know because he got tired of speaking and he he had some things to do today so he was actually tired before the space and then i took off so he had to manage the whole thing 
Well, he did a good job for sure. Um, he represented well. And I didn't want to put you on the spot, Sabod, but I am really excited for you guys. So um, thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for staying up late again and, and joining us because I we do appreciate you being here very much. You know, today in the event where I was, I met this guy who's my friend who is quite old. He's also a photographer. And he knows about my NFT journey. And he was telling, you know, take care of your health, sleep early. From today onwards, when you go back, please make sure you sleep at least by one o'clock in the night. I was like, definitely tonight, I'm going to sleep at one. And here I am, 4.30. You know, the uh, Emma and Sarah moved the space by one hour so that you can come and chat with us. But it seems you still don't sleep. So it was a useless effort. At least you would have come here one hour before and chatted with us. And by now you could have gone to bed. Now you're stuck here for one hour. They had a space once four hours earlier than now. That was perfect timing. But we they realized <laughs> that I'll be up. We moved it not because, okay, he needs to have this period where he goes to bed. And then we, so we moved it back so that they didn't have to get up so early to join the space but he just doesn't even go to sleep so like we can't win we it doesn't matter <laughs> we can't win with this space and suppose sleep schedule because the other guys like they're probably going to be getting up in like an hour or two right and that's when they start to filter in when they're having their coffee and stuff suppose just going to bed so he's just totally different <laughs> on his own world And Harini today uh, posted this pin. I have to stop saying posted. Pin this link. Uh, you know, today's, uh, you know, our chat, uh, fr Friday chat, in her uh, drop party. And asked people to come over and join us. And then some of the guys from India were saying, he, she actually pinned this one up, which you have pinned up now, Sarah. And said, you know, come join, join us. So, and then... <laughs> Then the guys were saying, it's already so late. It's like three hours to, I'm like, okay, take a short nap and come back. You at least get three hours. So, yeah. It's very hard to find the sweet spot of time when everybody can come in. But I mean, like realistically, guys, these spaces are recorded. So if you're just coming for like facts and information, I mean, you can listen to it at any time. But I think like people just like to be involved and, and be a part of the discussion. So that's really, I think that's really important to a lot of people. So, but yeah, trying to find that sweet spot time has been challenging. I know the sweet spot, Sarah. It's three o'clock in the morning, your time. Never. I am navigating this space in a healthy way for my sleep. And I get a really lovely eight to 10 hour, not 10 hours. I get about eight hours of sleep a night and I am good to go for the rest of the day. Okay, let's let's just talk about this, guys. Everybody else in this room as well. I looked at my um, like I, I try to keep track of how much social social media time I'm spending, but it's obviously a work for me. I just clocked in at 64 hours in this last week between Twitter and Instagram. That is more than a full time job. Like this is how full on <laughs> this work is. There is a lot to it. Oh my goodness. So I'm trying to actually work um, smarter with my social media so that I don't have to be on it as much so that I can give back to the other areas of my business and keep growing that way. And what I've been learning in this last week, it's actually 
not even new to me. It's like stuff that I already knew and it just kind of clicks together. And I believe that I've observed a problem with fellow artists and fellow photographers and how we're going about social media and, and we're, we're like just kind of depleting our mental health by the way that we've been using it. And it's more so the perspective of the way that everybody sees it. So we always talk about like engagement and I know there's days when it, you, your images will do well or you'll get a lot of likes, but that's where everybody seems to be focusing on is they think like sales and engagement directly translates to likes on their photo. And if they're not getting enough likes on something, then they feel like they're not doing well. But in reality, like you're ch chasing the wrong thing and you need to like start learning your different audiences and the type of audiences actually you want to target. Like there's the community and your friends. Oh, sorry, my AirPod fell out. <laughs> you can't hear me. Okay, so there's community and your friends. That's one audience. And then your collectors is another audience. They're two totally separate things. And you need to start learning how to identify them and how to actually communicate to them separately. We are all very good at communicating within community with our peers. You know, that's the people that pump up your photos, that like your photos, so on, so forth. But we need to start learning how to engage with collectors in their world and learning more about them. And that's how you identify that audience so that when you are marketing yourself, it's reaching them and it's communicating to them in, in an effective way. Before I keep going on, please, guys, if you have anything to add into this, come on up and, and discuss and, and ask questions about it. Yeah, if anyone would like to join us on the speaker panel, you're welcome to request. We like this to be kind of a discussion and to have input. Um, but yeah, this is something really exciting, Sarah, and it's something that does fit with business marketing practices, you know, finding who your target audience is and then crafting a message to help reach them. What are they going, what are they interested in? What are they going to respond to? And, you know, how can you navigate that? So it makes a lot of sense to then figure that out as as we're doing, you know, putting images and messaging and the whole thing, it's can be something that I think we really can train to be able to accomplish. So it's really, and that's something that from the business world, I get really excited about because it's like creating this and seeing people respond to it and, you know, figuring out what, what works and what doesn't work. Like I, I just, I love that side of, you know, just communicating with people. Same. I'm the same as you. And, and I actually, I, I love, like, if you guys do get bored of this stuff, you can tell me. <laughs> I love talking about the business side of things because it's really, really important. You, it just doesn't work that you can just come here with, with photographs and be like, someone buy them. Like, as soon as you start understanding just how much goes into it and what the goes into it and, you know, like proper methods to effectively get your work out to the right people, it just makes your social media journey that much easier. So you can spend more time socializing with your friends like we always love to do and creating work rather than I just feel, especially in the back channels, because this is where I see everybody struggles because that's where they talk about it the most is with their friends. No one really likes to talk about it publicly, but everybody is struggling. And it's because they think likes on an image translates to success. And like, that's just such a loop of toxic thinking in your mind that 
will it, it essentially it'll just make you give up like you'll be you'll be running around in circles so when you can just start to change the way that you see it and especially detach your self-worth from the likes and start learning about like your collector audience it it really will make your life so much smoother and the way to really do that is just spend time in the space observing these different audiences and interacting with them in their worlds but like genuinely doing it so you know if they tweet something that's thought provoking or they tweet images that you like that maybe they've collected you know interact with those tweets in a very genuine way and the more you interact with these collectors that you think you identify with the more your work is going to start showing up in their feed it's just it's just a fact and that's how you start targeting your audience that you want to target peers and like folk just focusing constantly on pumping up your peers which is is important because that's community building and helping but it ultimately will kind of lead you down the wrong path of like possibly where you're not going to be making those sales whereas if you're interacting with your proper art audience that will lead you to sales a lot quicker i should say and uh, i had also asked this question before once i think em- emma was there but uh, she never got a chance to answer this but you know that was my question you know for some of us who are not good at this you know and that's why i love coming here because you always have sarah uh, such wonderful uh, you know ideas and tips and all but sometimes you know uh, the thing is let's say if a collector has already collected from you see i'm not the kind of person who like to go to their dms and and ask them that you know i am coming out with something new would you want to take a look uh, but having said that i i i also think that if i don't do that and i come up with a collection then will the collector feel that you know well she just came out with a collection and i've bought stuff from her she didn't even let me know so i don't know what the right method is so I, i was asking emma who collects herself like how like is, is she going to be okay if she has got something from someone and that person is coming out with something new but because you know the the thing is that you know you don't want to pressurize anybody into buying your stuff so i mean what is really the right method wherein you just want to tell them that see this is what i'm coming up with do you want to take a look and if you're interested yes i'll be very happy if you buy but if you don't buy that's fine but i also want to share it with you because you have collected my item and and i you know and i respect you for that and i want you to be the first one to see it but i don't know what the right way of uh, approaching this uh, uh, thing is Well, I think that um this is a big question. I know that are that that is out there in the um in the space. And I know there's different um you know some different thought processes, but I think overall really it's the big I think the from the biggest understanding and I think really just the general understanding that works for the most people is, you know, how you conduct yourself. So for me if i've collected from someone previously and they have something new coming out um you know i've already you know initiated a relationship of some sort you know i have appreciation for their work and i know 
um, you know, different collectors are, uh, you know, are different in their, their actions, but typically, you know, if they've already bought a piece, they do appreciate that opportunity of knowing, you know, that you have something else in the works. So, um, you know, exactly what you said of, you know, Hey, I really respect you. I appreciate you. And I'd love to give you the first opportunity. This is going to be releasing on this set date or, you know, this is my plan of when it will be releasing. If you are interested in, you know, whitelisting or picking out a piece or if there's something that speaks to you that you would like to have me hold, I'd be happy to, you know, something to convey, you know, nicely that I appreciate you. I want to give you this opportunity. It's also okay if you're, if this isn't, you know, something you connect with or not the right time. So, you know, just going about it like you would talk to a person. Um, I think, you know, there's some some, D, some DM etiquette that I think we've kind of identified and are working through maybe moving away from. And I think it's helpful for artists to be confident in, you know, procedures that, or processes that work well for them to also be able to share that and talk with other artists about things that may not be something that, you know, that is a, a a proper way. So for instance, you know, asking for help, but not really wanting help. That's something that can be a little, um, a little challenging at times, you know, there's, and also just straight out chilling, just dropping, you know, just dropping this and saying, will you buy this? That's a, that can be a little hard, um, <laughs> to deal with. So there's definitely some ways about doing it in a constructive way and ways in which <laughs> are not, um, as appreciated, <laughs> but I know too, you know, actually sitting down and structuring that, um, might be a challenge as well. But I think if it's done out of respect and out of appreciation, that's a totally different, um, a totally different process. Um, and I know Sarah has some experience with this and Alpha's joined us and I know he ends up um, having this conversation regularly. Um, so if anyone would like to share some additional feedback, you're welcome to. I was going to share basically exactly what you said. And I honestly think it, it's getting to, to the point where like, uh, how do I say this? When, like, when you're approaching someone, just use like that common sense of how you would want to be approached. Like it's, it's this, it's the exact same thing. And I don't, and I feel like if you are definitely confident, even like, don't expect that they're going to buy your work, but just, you know, going into it confidently, you will get that respect from them. They may not buy from you, but it's not like they're going to see this this DM and be like, Oh my God, Sarah just DM'd me. She's on the blacklist. I'm never going to buy from her again. Like just use language of how you would want to be talked to as well. And just be, pro be professional. You know, this is, you're selling something. This is your business. Go at it professionally and respect that person. Well said, Sarah. I agree. I definitely agree. And, and Alpha, I know so oh, go ahead, Swati. Sorry to cut you off. I, I didn't know you were going to say, but yeah, this actually helps so much because a person like me, like I'm, I, I never want to like, you know, force, like force is such a wrong word. Like I, I don't want anybody to feel that I'm, I'm writing to that person because I, you know, uh, I want uh, him or her to buy this. But at the same time, you know, I, I struggle, I, I really struggle with this, but because I'm at the crossroad, I don't know if I'm offending them by not. And most of the time, see earlier, my stuff would be on foundation. So I would just have one. I mean, if you see like I, it's not like I have a plenty of images to uh, sell in the first place so I'm like okay so let's say for example 
I have ten collectors, and I come out with one image, and then I write to ten, and five of them write back saying they're interested. Then also I'm screwed, right? So, I mean, this is like such a dilemma. I I don't know what to do. I mean. That's so funny. Yes, you you let Harini do it. <laughs> uh, I'm just teasing, but yes, I understand that, and I really, it really is. Um, I think just if you're showing respect and appreciation, then that's the that's the part that's going to come through for sure in the authenticity. Um, and you might also, you know, depending on the piece itself, it may be one that relates to a piece that you've already, um, you know, that relates to it. It's obviously not the, not the same, but it's a similar style or taste so that you may be, you know, a starting off point of, you know, I know that you collected this one and this one reminds me of that. So I wanted to share that I would be releasing it soon um, or also, you know, sharing at the same time and just, you know, letting people know that it's available and, you know, whoever speaks first is the one that gets to collect it. Um, so there's, there are some ways to go about that for sure. But I think the number one rule is just respect and appreciation. And like Sarah said, being professional, you know, viewing it as, um, and without, without having the expectation of, of immediately selling, but just sharing that it's available and, you know, also showing that, that, you know, appreciation for the, for the relationship on both sides. Um, but I would be curious, Alpha, do you have more to add? Hello. Um, yeah, I have something to add to this. Um, just I want to throw it out there for people to think about a little bit, because I don't know if um, I don't know if this is like actually well known yet or if it's um, something that most artists would even realize is going on. But I have collected from, you know, probably 500 maybe artists. And um, so I get a lot of times dozens of messages every day um, about pre-sales and whitelist. And um, it can become overwhelming to, to an extent. And um, so it's, it's actually interesting. It's, it becomes difficult to even manage, um, manage it. And some of those messages, they come in and they'll be more like, uh, hello, you have, you have purchased or you have collected this edition, which um, qualified you for the first choice for my new drop of whatever it is. Um, which piece did you want to collect from that? So it's very direct. It's very forward. Um, they actually come in in the form of like an obligation to collect from the next piece. And it's really um, off-putting, <laughs> to say the least. And it's becoming more and more frequent. And it, it becomes really frustrating when the a lot of times what's happening, or I don't want to say a lot of times, but what's been happening recently, especially, um, you know, sometimes artists will will airdrop additions to collectors. And, you know, it's very kind, a very nice thing. So I'm not saying anything um, necessarily negative about that. But those additions, it's became kind of like an in favor thing to make additions, the whitelist um, for the next drop and the next drop and the next drop. And so there are um, artists that are airdropping 
collectors their editions, their whitelist, and then they are literally messaging daily about those whitelists and about what's the collector going to do, which what which pieces are they buying, what's going on, why have they not responded, and those type of you know that type of dialogue very quickly um, turns a collector away. And I can honestly say that there's been additions that I have chosen not to collect because the addition came with a whitelist privilege. And I just did not want, um, I did not want to have to talk about that whitelist on a daily basis, you know, going forward, um, especially with artists that I know that that's probably going to happen. So, I love whitelist. I love the opportunity to look at um, collections early. I mean, I think it's a it's a privilege, it could be an honor to actually be able to do that. But it has to come with, you know, there has to be some type of, of limits to it. And what happens is there's there's people that abuse that to such an extent that it kind of turns almost turns you off towards it for everyone, and it's not really fair. Um, and, and I, I dislike that part of it. What I really, really wish um, existed, and hopefully somebody at some point will take up this, um, this banner and, and try to do this, but it would be amazing if there was some type of like newsletter or something like that, that had literally the pre-sale whitelist things from artists that you have already collected from where you could just choose to subscribe to those artists and you got a daily thing that had anything that those artists were dropping and the pre-sale opportunities in it so you could just go through it and be able to decide what you were wanting to collect from that um, that would be absolutely incredible and i think it would probably actually create more engagement from collectors on pre-sales um, because they would feel way less pressure from you know all these different things coming at them from all different and and some some of the same people every day um, and you'd kind of be able to step outside that a little bit and be able to just go and look and find things and then you can you could actually um, engage with artists that you wanted to know more about or you wanted to collect from on those pre-sales that would be amazing and that would be probably a bit of a game changer in the space and it definitely would probably push um, some uh, more transactional volume even before any drops were happening isn't that isn't that what artverse is is essentially doing like they send out well but it's not a daily newsletter it's a monthly newsletter of like everybody's drops that the people who submit beforehand and then it gets i haven't received a newsletter yet i'm a part of artverse i've heard that one went out but i've like checked my email and i don't i don't see it anywhere but that's essentially what she was trying to create was this mass newsletter with everybody who was a part of Artverse had signed up all of their drops were on it if they submitted within the time frame. But I, I haven't seen movements with, with this at all yet. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know for sure. I, I have not received one of those um, newsletters. And I 
I did um, I did collect one of uh, Rachel's pieces, but I, I think I'm talking about something more on a, a timely basis. That's more directly like okay, as these pre-sales are happening, you know, that's coming in almost like daily. Because I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind getting daily interaction. But if you get daily interaction and it's 50 different um, things and maybe some of them repeated, it makes it really cumbersome and time consuming. Um, and it can become like it can become like serious work just to even get through it. And so, um, yeah, I would love to see something that just came in every day, had um, the things that were happening, things that you could be looking at, looking forward to, et cetera. It could actually even be simpler than that, I guess, if somebody just put together a calendar that you could look at every day that had those things on it. That would be insane. Or even a way to where um, a calendar to where people could just go in and, and add their stuff into that calendar and collectors could go and look at it. I think there's some ways that it could be done that would be fairly simple. And it would just take some collaboration, but it would definitely fill a need within the space because um, I don't think I'm the only person that actually sometimes gets overwhelmed or just kind of weary with it. And at the same time, I don't want to discourage it because I really appreciate it. And I, I like being able to, um, you know, participate in those pre-sales. Um, so anyway, for whatever it's worth, I just thought I would, I would maybe mention that because it might spark some ideas and some, some thinking that could help, uh, really fill a void that's existing in the space right now. Well, and yeah, I, I think, think calendar, oh, go ahead, Arwen. I think a calendar would be great. And we also need one for drop spaces. Like that you could look at it and just say, oh, this person's drop spaces at this time. But the, um, I wanted to comment about the art burst. I did receive the newsletter. Um, and I think mine was the only drop that was in it because since it's monthly, it's hard to time it. It just happened to time so well with mine that I was able to get it in. But um, I think that's really the only one that was in there. And so if you're in Artverse, um, if you filled out the form in the Discord, then you'll get the newsletter. And if you didn't fill it out, then apparently she doesn't have your email address. So you can't get the newsletter. And even if you filled it out, there's a chance it'll go into your junk mail. Um, so that's the only catch. But yeah, if you fill out the form with your email, then you should get the newsletter. But it is, as of now, only monthly. Aaron, I, I do believe that many people have filled out this form. I've actually filled it out twice and have had to backtrack and, and give my email like the proper one and have filled out the forms for all the drops all the one of one drops I think everybody not everybody but I know a lot of people have been doing this and I'm so confused about how this process works but whatever this is not an art verse space um definitely we'll look into that more I think this calendar actually sounds like a really great idea and you can use a calendar feature that spaces do provide for you like that that is an option so you can schedule in all the spaces that are happening i've never used it myself but i know that twitter does offer that function the, the, the calendar feature for drop for spaces arlen i i love oh, I know, that but um... that's just to put it in your calendar right so what i'm saying is if there was like a calendar you could look at and see, like, these are all the drop spaces. 
is, you know, like for people you follow or I don't know, something like that. Because now the calendar that they offer, as far as I know, unless I don't know about something else, is just if you see the space, you can add it to your own calendar. I love that um, idea, Arwen, on the on the drop spaces too, because what happens sometimes is they the time periods get double or triple booked because no one knows that someone else is doing a space at that time. And if there was a calendar out there that you could look at when you were scheduling a space for yourself and see, okay, no one else is doing one at this time, there'd be a lot less overlapping. And I think that there would be, it'd just be way more productive for the whole um, community. So it, it's just an, it would be really interesting to have some type of community calendar system that people could use to um, put in their actual drops and also like the spaces and what they're talking, you know, what they're going to be talking about so that, you know, you could be careful about um, not overlapping somebody else. And you could also go in and find uh, spaces you want to attend. I mean, that would be, that'd be insanely cool. So I, I love that idea. I'm glad you um, brought that up, Arwen. Yeah, because I've been wishing that there was something like that. And it's mostly because of the overlapping. <laughs> Because, like, I'll get, you know, I'll have one and it'll be at the same time as someone's that I want to go to and I can't go because they're at the same time. Um, but I just wanted to come up and say hi um, in those few things. And I actually have to go because I'm in Grand Teton National Park and it's almost sunset. So I need to get to where I'm going. But um, I've been listening and I've really been enjoying it. So thank you very much. Have, have fun, Arwen. Get out there and go ahead and take some shots. And congratulations again on your of your your drop, your addition. It's so wonderful. You did an awesome job. Thank you. And have a great rest of the space. Sorry I can't stay longer, but I definitely try and tune in as often as I can. Great to hear from you, Arwen. Enjoy that sunset. And as Alpha was talking about the newsletter, I think uh, Sarah has already done it. And I think that that's brilliant. Because, <laughs> yeah, because, uh, because uh, you know, she can just send out an email and then everybody would get to see uh, what's coming up. And so there is no pressure of DMing each and every person and, uh, you know, sending the message out. So I guess that's something we should really look at. Well, just just in individually, it, it's just a really great idea to have something for yourself, like for your that you control for your own business that it's not tied to anything else, not tied to Twitter, or Instagram, other people making things for you. It's so so important. So what I was doing with my uh, some of my drops is how, if they wanted to pick up a piece from it, there was a it was a very short form to fill out, like just email address, how many pieces they wanted. Really, really simple. It's no different than if they would have put it in a DM. And then so now I have a copy of all those email addresses and I make essentially make them agree that, you know, if you put your email address here, you're signing up for my newsletter and then just forward thinking like you know we we really plan out our drops and you can send out these emails even like maybe a week or two in advance and it just gives that collector time to process it they can look at it and then they don't have to directly respond to you that's the beauty of an email is it just cuts off that can 
that connection and e email lists in business has just stood the test of time for so, so long. And ever since my one friend, I know that this is a different industry, but in tours, when we're teaching tours, um, he put out an email for a tour that we had coming up. And these tours are expensive. My friends like this one is not was $8,000. And as soon as he sent out the email to the clients that you don't signed up for it because they're interested in tours. It's sold out in two hours. It didn't even make it to social media. Like the power of the email list is just, it's really something you should all be thinking about for your own business. And I think it would be fun to see how we can all incorporate an email list for ourselves here with our own drops. It just really eliminates that DM and that direct connection. Yeah. And if you get shadow banned or even worse, completely banned um you still have your business you can still you still have a way to contact your customers and your collectors and you still have a way to interact and so you literally take the power away from some third-party platform that's that ultimately if you haven't done that they kind of control your access to your collectors and to um people to to your potential audience so I mean, I think that's brilliant, Sarah. Um, it's very, it's actually very forward thinking for Web3 and it, it actually helps you be mobile and be able to move platforms if you need to or want to. And it keeps any platform from being able to literally take you out of business. So um, huge kudos to you. I mean, I think it's a really, really forward thinking uh, thing to do. I just... Feel, thank, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the encouragement on it. I just feel like you can see how everybody talks about how much we're spending on like social media and trying to market ourselves and all of that stuff. And I really feel like maybe down in the future, we won't have to spend as much time on here because things will be more established. We'll have more of a way that, you know, like we know how to operate here. It won't be so like everybody just jump onto Twitter and spend your whole day on there trying to sell your work. And creating and just building that email list right now in the early stages could very could really potentially pay off for you in the end. At least I hope so, because it just it just saves a lot of work. And an email, like when you send out an email, it's it you when you're operating through platforms that offer this service, like Mailchimp offers. You know, they send out emails for you. It's really nicely done. Like it looks like a beautiful PDF. There, you can add your images to it, really eye-catching text. Like, it's just a great way to, to try and sell your products as well. Well, and not to continue on a subject that's been covered, but the other part that, you know, we often talk about, like, is this sustainable, what we're doing, you know, with, with the way that we're communicating. And, you know, I think it's very smart to be moving in a direction and just seeing the resources that are available and being able to implement because reaching out by email, finding these better ways of organizing and communicating, like those are something that, that are doable. You know, we can, we can make those interactions happen so much easier than the constant DMs and sharing and, you know, the things that are happening currently. So it is, I think it's a really smart solution. Um, and there'll be some innovative ways to use those too, I'm sure. Um, but being able to build that collector base and that, you know, really that customer base, I mean, that's, again, that's one of those business practices that are 
relevant to, you know, in real life. So it makes sense that that's something we could bring into this space and be able to effectively uh, operate. 100% Emma. So well said. Thank you, Emma and Alpha as well for coming up here and, and sharing all this knowledge with everybody. It's much appreciated. It's definitely changed a lot of things for me. Um, if, if we are changing topics, I just want, before I forget to tell you guys this, because it's been burning in my mind all day, this relates to Twitter and both Instagram and quite possibly might be important for Instagram. I'll get to that in a minute. But with Twitter, so in your bio, um, keywords are actually very useful on Twitter in the bio because it actually directly links to Google searches. And I did not know that. And I just found this out. So if you have, I, I really encourage if you want to identify yourself as an NFT photographer, put that in your bio. It'll come up in the searches on Twitter when people go to search NFT photography, NFT artists, NFT what, you will likely be pulled up in that. And it also accounts for Google. And Twitter is the only one that actually directly links to Google. So that's really, really cool. Google is such a powerful search. When I was building my wedding uh, business, I, I got all of my inquiries from Google, just a Google search, salmon arm wedding photographer, and then you come up on the first page. So really take advantage of that right now that you can start, you know, tripping it and that it directly links to you. So with, with hashtags, a lot of people look at hashtags, I think in the wrong way, like there's definitely two ways to use them for discovery. Of course, I love looking through hashtags and finding fellow photographers. However, hashtags also identify you. So specifically on Instagram, since this new digital collectible, the new NFT world over there, you possibly have this opportunity right now. If you start using the hashtag digital collectible, you will start coming up in the top searches. I have been doing that on my posts lately because I want to eventually, you know, identify myself as an NFT artist on that platform. And I'm now coming up at the top searches. So that's something to really think about. It's just more future thinking for when it really does take off on there. But just uh, be mindful that I, I believe Instagram likes to use the term digital collectible on their platform. So you might get more like results using that keyword. And it also might that, you know, Instagram has been uh, implementing like you know with different countries now starting to sell these collectibles it's not in all countries yet but if you start identifying yourself as that you never know it might come to you first you might be a chosen person to start experimenting with it so I thought that I would share that because I think that's might be really really handy for the future that is awesome that's information awesome to know. sorry I did not know that. Thanks, Sarah. I've got a lot more Instagram tips if you guys want them. <laughs> Just saying, I'm trying to hold back so bad. But we know that we do talk about Instagram a lot in here. But these so, tips actually uh, are very helpful, especially uh, when you mentioned about the search. Even I found this out very recently. Uh, I was I was doing something regarding flower photographers and I was trying to, you know, find other flower photographers in NFT community on Twitter over here. And when you search, uh, when you search uh, it on the Twitter, if you do not have uh, 
flower photography or flower nft photography or something of that those keywords in your bio even though you're posting them or even if you have like tons of collections out that's flower it would not show show you uh, on the search that you are one of the flower photographers and i had no idea about that until very recently like a month ago or something like that and that's when i actually <laughs> i found out the hard way but i eventually because i am not just flower photographer you know for nft i'm doing flowers but uh, i'm so much more than flower photographer so i was resisting to add just one specific genre but uh, right now as i do have nfts that are flowers so i really uh, thought that was uh, that what you mentioned was actually true with google as well but even with twitter as well that if if it's not in your bio and somebody's looking for some specific genre it's not going to show up until you have it in your bio basically so, so sarah yeah. when sorry <laughs> i was going to add one more thing about the hashtags i'm not yeah sure. yeah i was going to ask you about hashtags so you go first Uh, okay, well, this is also okay. So, you know, hashtags can identify you also be very careful with that, especially on Instagram, because if you just go out throwing all these random hashtags, you are confusing Instagram, like, what are you? Who are you? Just really simplify it. Landscape photographer. <laughs> don't you don't have to go so crazy with hashtags. But since hashtags also allow you to discover things um, on Twitter, I don't know if collectors are going to hate me for this. <laughs> but you can search you know a lot of collectors put in their bio nft collector so you can start searching that uh search that hashtag and like it will just cut through every everything on the feed and will directly link you to people that collect nfts collect art nfts collect photography nfts however this is where i kind of want to just keep keep everybody in check like definitely do this so you can start learning who your target audience is but don't go and like bombard people that you find through this hashtag this is why i say they might hate me for this cuz who knows what people will go and tweet on their stuff but you can start to look through the different collectors and you also you know you you need to start learning what collectors you're going to match with as well and and who and just just remember i know that like you know we're very honored and privilege that people do collect our work but just remember you are an artist you are a photographer you're bringing something really special to this space so find those collectors that for harini that love flowers that just just get find so much joy in it so like you will you will have a better relationship with them than if it was just some random one who's maybe just an ape that you know made a bunch of money on his ape or something and just wants to collect some art it's really about identifying your audience that fits with you so sarah i was going to ask you about the hashtag on twitter like when you um have any image up do you hashtag because i always forget to hashtag and then i post it and i pin it and then that's it but i have seen some of my friends do it and sometimes you know my friend parallax when he retweets uh, or quote tweets my work he actually puts the hashtag and i keep laughing so this is what i wanted to know like do you also hashtag 
No, I, I don't. And you would think that I do. And I've been talking about it so much. I'm so trained to like hashtagging on Instagram that Twitter's been this whole foreign world. However, I also feel like, remember guys, I spent a lot of time on here and a lot of time like researching these things. So I think it might be a little bit different for me. I, I, I could, you know, navigate this world a little bit differently, but I'm going to specifically on um, if I'm sharing the NFTs that I have for sale. So I might not necessarily do it on all my posts because you still want to keep your, like you, you still want to keep your account growing. That is very, very important. And it's, it's, it's a known fact that when you put links in and all of that stuff, it does drag down that engagement a bit. So I think it's about balance and knowing when to do it. It truly is like the engagement and algorithms is like two ways. You have your, I said this at the beginning of the space, you have your community and your peers that you, you know, you still need to engage with them and interact with them and all that hashtagging for that. And then you have your audience that you're trying to sell to. It's really like you, you just need to learn how to identify those two, how to communicate to those two, because they're both very different. Guys, that was a mic drop. <laughs> if you want me to continue talking, I will do it. <laughs> I have more tips about Instagram as well. Hey, can I, if I can throw something in there real fast, um, just something that's always, I think, important to remember about algorithms. Um, so algorithms, there's a reason that they're secretive. Um, and the reason is that if people find out exactly how the algorithm works, the algorithm won't be effective anymore because then um, it can be beaten and everyone will try to beat it. And so those companies know that very much. Um, so, I mean, I think it's very good to be conscious of the things that are kind of known about how an algorithm works, but you don't want to focus too much on it because it's really, really hard to beat an algorithm. Um, you're better off because those algorithms, there's like logic behind what they're trying to accomplish. And if you can just figure out what the logic is, what, what the purpose of that algorithm is in the first place and, and why they created that algorithm, and then just kind of base your actions off of that logic, um, what that algorithm's trying to um, accomplish and a lot of times protect within the space, um, you can be really, really effective. Um, without having to get too deep into the weeds on it. Yes, he's so he's so right. And I actually want to finish off this conversation with something to add what I noticed myself on my specifically on my Instagram, because I've been just changing things up a little bit on there. I actually remember what you do on social media, you like your experience that you give out, you're going to get that experience back. So I've been really focusing on just, you know, interacting with art that I really like over on Instagram, photography that I really like, just stuff that inspires me. So very like genuine and, and authentic. And now I notice that my experience and my feed, and this is actually why algorithms are really good. Like they are, they, they were, they're very effective. My, my explore page, my feed is full of like top notch content 
that I really like. Like there's no more noise. And that's simply be how I changed interacting on the app. Like I just started focusing on my photography and actually really weeding out the, we're going to call it the noise, like things that don't directly relate to photography and my experience it's it's made it so much more easier for me to actually now in interact with my peers because that's really important you have to you know interact with your little community so just by really focusing on what I like I now have a beautiful feed and I'm just like I'm blown away how effective it actually really is it's great algorithms are good I'm not sure who had their hand up first because I haven't really been looking at the screen. It's either Jason or Santiago. I think it might be Santiago that was first. How's it going? Hi, Sarah. Hi, Meta. How's it going? Good to connect with you after after a while. Thanks for being here. I just want to bounce back a little bit on what Swati was saying before. Um, um, we had a space with Kino Week pretty much like uh, four or five months ago and she was sharing a few insights about like uh, hashtags and the way she used to use in her profile in her bio which is quite important and then like trying not to saturate it on tweets um, I basically have been trying like a strategy with like different um, hashtags on tweets um, I feel like on Twitter itself doesn't really affect the engagement and the, the exposure that you get uh, it's quite important on a bio so actually people they can search for you Um and also, I think the best way to beat the algorithm is about like how you engage genuinely with your friends or the people you might should build a community here um, and how consciously you navigate through the platform uh, where it is like 15 minutes in the morning or like one hour. Um, I think it's really important because what Kino was explaining to us back at the moment as well, like it's up to like the way you engage and the kind of content you engage, you're going to get exposed to that. So if I actually scroll for like 15, 20 minutes uh, without any conscious of what I'm doing, I'm just giving likes away for like just being active. At the end, that's going to be a backlash to you because you're going to get the kind of content that you actually you don't care about. Um, it's going to turn you off to keep being on the platform. So I know it's something that it doesn't change overnight. It's something that you have to do like probably for a few weeks until that really affects on your on your on your feed um that's something i don't only apply to to twitter and as sarah was saying before like i also apply to ig um, because i want to get like a sort of like curated magazine of what i like i want to get into the app and i want to get like excited and inspired by what i'm seeing if i only see like i don't know like 30 seconds i can't like tiktok rails that's something i don't like that much so i try to make sure that doesn't come up on my feed again it's not 100 percent accurate but at the end the way you do your practice in the social media and the way you actually you communicate with your friend that's gonna affect the, what you get exposed at so those are my two cents um uh, really great space awesome to to be here um, I think you were mentioning as well, like you got the recording from the binary space. So I would love actually to to get access to that and and to listen to it because it was probably like 1 a.m. in Australia. Um, a little bit too late for me. <laughs> yes, it's it's actually pinned it pinned to the top. So we pinned it up there so that people could bookmark the recording and go and listen to it. And you're it's so it's so true what you say, like 
how you interact on the apps are going to be your experience. And I believe that Instagram is actually a lot more punishing than Twitter. Twitter is actually pretty, pretty chill. Um, it, a lot of people in the Instagram world, they ask, like, should I separate my accounts? Should I have, you know, like a personal account? Should I have you know, my business account? I am like, especially this year, I've come to learn. I don't really, sh I share things in my stories about my personal life because that's mostly what stories are for. But yes, if you want to do things on your account, like if you're serious about having a business, and but you also want to, you know, use social media for fun and just, just look at things on there, I would, I highly suggest making a, a separate account that is just for that because if you do that on your main one, your whole experience is just going to be so squirrely until you start to get it back to, you know, what works for you with, in this case for us, again, I'm only speaking to photographers for photography. Apparently, Instagram is really, 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 really strict on that. And then I've been doing like a bit of an experiment for the last month. I have been posting a, you guys are not going to like me for this. I have been posting a reel a day. And it's not hard at all to post a reel a day. It's no different than posting a photo or posting a photo on Twitter. And it is honestly the only way to see continued growth. Your static posts, like your photos, those will all, like Instagram is pretty firm on this. Those will only be shown to the following that you already have. They don't really push it out to other another audience to, to gain more organic growth because they're very firm on reels but you can still do both. So a lot of people are finding this great success with using reels to their advantage to, you know, they can educate or share behind the scenes or just even share simple, pretty scenes. As long as you're posting the reel, you are tripping it in your favor. So you're, you're kicking your own like algorithm so that it's like, okay, this person is doing this. And then you're going to see better, like you're going to see growth. And it's happened to me in the last two weeks. I am finally seeing growth. Believe it or not, I was at like a hundred and I was at one hundred and forty-five thousand followers for months and months and months and months and months after continuous growth. And I wasn't really putting into reels. And then when I started it back up again and started making a plan and making like a content creation plan, it started to grow. And I have officially <laughs> gained in following. It, it it works and it's the only way to grow there right now sadly but that's just the way that it is jesus 145,000 holy um yeah you're you're right if you mix and match especially cuz instagram now is more focused on attacking tiktok right and their reels so i mean if you try to mix and match reels with photos I mean, yeah, I mean, I've seen the growth, too, where I do, like, behind the scenes and stuff like that. And you're right. I mean, it does work. It's, it just sucks that Instagram has gotten to the point where it follows TikTok. But it's a sign of the times, right? So, Absolutely. And it does suck. And it's hard. And it makes our lives harder. It does. However, like, I, I just want to say this. If... If they don't change, if these platforms just remain the same, let's just say Instagram, it started off square crop photography and they didn't innovate and, and evolve, we would all, I guarantee you, we would all be on TikTok because they're doing it. So it's kind of like, if they don't, we will complain. <laughs> if they do, then we will complain. And I, I feel like it's just accepting that that's the way that it is, but not see, not seeing it as like this may, it's, it's not that hard. Like, 
you on I promise you you guys you you can do it you can effectively post every day and what a lot of people are doing you can do this on Twitter too what a lot of people are doing just to simplify their life is like one day is uh, focused on content creation so spend two or three hours creating a batch of content like week two weeks worth of content and then the next day uh, building it all together you know editing all your videos and then you have all that free time for like the next two weeks you're effectively still posting but you're not like struggling each day oh my gosh I have to go out and film I have to go out and create this content oh no did I cut out no, I, I'm entering in an, another venue, so it's a busy day for me. <laughs> I didn't hear what, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what, I didn't hear what you said. I, I was just trying to figure out what you were saying before because I missed it and oh. yeah. Just, just that you can basically simplify your life with your social media experiences and, and make plans for yourself. So on a Monday, you know, work on the content, spend a couple hours doing that, building it, going out and filming it, and then editing it, editing all together so that you have a week's plan of stuff that you're going to post. And then that frees you up for other things moving forward. It's just a really great way if you do it all at once to, to, to stay sane, but also be, you know, keeping your social media going and keeping it healthy and growing. I think it's really, really important. Thank you, Sarah. I just wanted to share something else. Um, everything that you're saying is, is actually on point because having like one day for, let's say, like creating and one day for editing, it gives you the space to like during your busy days of the week to actually just interact and engage with people and not get burned out. So you don't want to come out with like a last minute like hashtag strategy or like a last minute caption to, to share a post because those are days when you're actually super busy. Um, my Instagram account recently got hacked. So that was, that was probably like hacked for like over a month. And I lost roughly 1,500, yeah, sort of um, 1,500 followers. Um, so after that, I basically embarked on a 90 days journey uh, of daily reels to see how that's going to affect or that how that's going to like impact my account. So I will let you know after the 90 days. Uh, but I think it's very important if at the moment you don't have like a 2FA uh, authentication factor like in your Instagram account, just please switch it on. Um, because if you lose access to your Instagram account, there's actually no customer support from, from Meta or from Facebook. So it will take you like a really long time to get it back. And in the meantime, this other person who's managing your account is using your identity to like uh, scam other people and also you're going to lose the reputation and the community you have been building for one, two, three or four, five years. So please switch on the two factor authenticator. Uh, I think it's something that takes on like one to two minutes. I didn't have it for IG. I had it for Twitter uh, at the time. I don't know why I had it for one and not for the other one, but that's definitely a, a life changing. So do that and that's going to save you like a, a really, really big headache. I'm I'm sorry to hear that that you had that experience. Look, oh, that sucks. That's like my biggest nightmare. I'm so afraid of my Instagram account being hacked and like taken over, and then I lose it. That's been happening to quite a few people. It it really, really, really makes me nervous. And like the, I just want to say all the little you know tips that I'm telling you. Please remember that this is my full time job and. 
this is my career. So of course, I think all these things are very, very important because it directly translates to my future goals. I understand that a lot of people are part-time. They just like to make a little bit of extra something on the side and just be involved in the photography community. So always take what I say, like how it fits with you. And if it does fit with you, not everybody likes Instagram and that's totally fine. Not everybody has to be on it. But for the people that do want to, you know, really move forward and really build, these are the things that I have found that have helped me build, have helped me reach that 145,000 uh, K followers, you know, that it, it took time and it took, takes strategy and it does take marketing and knowing, you know, about branding and, and business building and stuff. It's, I, just don't see how we can avoid those things when moving forward when we're trying to sell NFT photography. So yes, I, I don't ever want to get canceled because I'm the Instagram girl. That's always my biggest fear in this space. Um, I, I think for someone who's like a, a full-time artist or like professional in photography or designer or, or what so on, something I found pretty useful, um, you can have like a separate kind of like business account and you can devote and orientate like the, the interaction on that account to only engage like small businesses or like the kind of people you want to do business on the other side you can give you more like arty account like for example mine is mainly like travel photography to engage with like other fellow creatives like nft artists or people that are really into the travel niche but let's say if i want to like eventually approach to like a, a clothing label or to like a uh, and our kind of like product photography, you can use your separate business one, which doesn't have to have like a huge following, but you can use it more like to as a portfolio and also using the hashtags and the kind of like uh, interaction on the platform that's going to show you more content from these businesses requiring content and not as much like other fellow creatives. Yes, yes, that, absolutely, 100%. Make sure, again, Instagram is the one that, that punishes if you stray. So just really move with intent there that align with your goals, what type of photographer you are, because it will affect your account. It's, it's, it's definitely worth learning about social media and, and just how it operates. We're never fully, like as, as Alpha was saying before, you know, these algorithms are meant to be, you know, we don't, we don't need to know everything about them, but just understanding it a little bit, it just makes your experience not so challenging. And it, you, it'll, it'll help you be seen throughout all the chaos sometimes of social media. And the one thing that I noticed with Instagram that's actually really kicked my butt into gear was just also this thought, like, if I'm not doing it, you know, you're going to get left behind in the dust because the other people are not going to stop and they're going to be doing it a million times better and they are going to get to those places that we want to be and but if we keep just you know saying like well it doesn't fit the mold for photographers it doesn't do this that's it's just not helpful and I say these things because I want to help you guys have less stress in your life with social media not to add more stress to your life with social media but just know that you can definitely make it work in your favor with that being said, shall we move, unless Emma has something to add to that, shall we move on to Jason? Hey, Sarah. Hey, Emma. Hey, Swanny. I, I see a lot of people I know here. I just want to say hi first. Hi. Nice to see hi, you. Hi. hi. <laughs> yes, yeah. nice to see you here. Yeah, hello. Um, so I guess um, my question is, 
you know, coming from the standpoint of someone who's not a full-time artist, like I work in education. Um, so like what I do full-time is provide professional development for um, teachers, especially those who work with special education students. And astrophotography is just something I've done for years and years. And I jumped into the NFT space and I realized very quickly that, you know, I had to go into Twitter spaces and talk to people and talk about my work, um, which has been great. And I've met lots of wonderful people. And I, I love that I get to speak to people all around the world. I guess my question is for someone like for someone like myself, I feel like I have a lot of um, FOMO because <laughs> like during the week, you know, like I'm working and, you know, like I can get on, you know, maybe a little bit here and there during the day. But like, you know. I guess the only time I can really dedicate any time to social media, you know, going in and talking in spaces and doing things like that is on, is on weekends. And sometimes I can't even do that. Cause like, you know, my daughter has a dance recital this weekend and that's going to take up most of my time, which is great. I love watching her dance. Um, and that's definitely more important, um, you know, to spend time with my family, <laughs> but for someone like me, what's the, you know, what are some tips on kind of utilizing the time that I do have uh, to promote my work and um, make, you know, kind of get that connection out there. So I know I, I, it's, it's cruel. It's a cruel world, isn't it? You guys, like I, I feel for everybody that is part-time or hobbyist and has the dream of, of doing this full-time and is trying to figure it out and how, how can they make this work? Well, they still live their lives. I just, you guys are all awesome for, you know, just showing up and wanting to learn. So I feel like in your case, you know, you have a very full life. Honestly, you, I'm sure that there is some social media experiences that you indulge in that are probably you like entertaining and, you know, it's fun to scroll through that. I would definitely start there with eliminating that stuff and then focusing on like your, I'm assuming your photographer focusing on your photography and, you know, building spending your time in your social media surrounded by your photography, cutting out the noise 100%, but also just, just, just ac accepting this before you even start, or you want to like sell your work, accept this one fact. And if you're putting in, if you're only able to put in 30%, you're going to get 30% back. Whereas if someone can put in a hundred percent, they're going to get a hundred percent back. And I think just honestly, just, just accepting that right now, that maybe that's, what you know your next year will look like until maybe you can start rearranging things in your life to fit more of this in or to you know taking the plunge to go at it full time I find I find that that really helped me while I was I did work a part-time job while I was building my photography and that just just thinking in that way really really helped me because I was still able to grow it I you know, put in the time that I could and, and I could now see looking back, I can see that I only got that say 30% back, but I was still building and I was still growing. It, it just took me a little bit longer to really reach the full goals that I wanted to until finally I made the decision myself, which everybody else has to, to put, if you want it to just take the plunge and, and go full time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, um, you know, for my, for my astrophotography, you know, I think, I think right now I, I am okay with doing that part-time and, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'll, uh, to be honest, I don't know that I'll ever be able to make a full-time career out of it. Um, but, you know, just, I guess, you know, are there, are there things that I could be doing, um, 
other than what I'm doing already um, to to promote my my work. You know, you mentioned Instagram and and Reels. Is that you know? I guess I've kind of you know I have, I have like a fairly small following on Instagram. I think like seven hundred some followers and mostly people that just are really interested in astrophotography but i have no idea if they're interested in nfts you know um because that's not not that's not how i started so i'm kind of like wary of going in there to my to my instagram um account and doing that maybe you know maybe i create a different account for for nfts so if you want to focus on your nft photography then just totally right now um like I probably wouldn't even focus on Instagram at all. I, I just feel Instagram's important for the future. I would definitely, to, this is to help you save on time so that you can get, you crush your goals with the limited time that you have. Definitely spend that time on Twitter then if NFT photography is is, is the focus right now. And I, I love that you just, like that you accept, you know, maybe this will never be a full-time thing for me. I, I think even before we talk about like all these strategies and marketing, it really starts there with having a plan of what can you do? What do you want? Do you want this full-time? Can you only do it part-time? And then all the little tips that I'm sharing with you about learning the algorithm, the hashtagging, the bios, the um, creating the content all in one day. This is especially important for part-time people as the more you understand how it operates and it works, the more effectively you can use your time with social media rather than just running around trying to figure it out. I find learning first ultimately leads to a faster track of growth 100% rather than like, just how do I do this? How do they do? How do I do this? How do we do this? Really seek out the proper like education for it. The people that are basically doing it is what I'm saying, following the people that are, are already doing it and get your advice from them, learn from them, like you're coming into this space and then start applying it yourself and you will absolutely see growth if you're full-time or you're part-time, 100%. Yeah, no, great. Thank you. I really appreciate that because, you know, I think like for me, you know, it's it's just been fun. Um, I'm just enjoying myself and, um, you know, I can, I can see myself being here permanently um but it might it might still be a permanent first time basis you know a permanent part-time basis but i definitely want to stay and continue on and learn and grow and um and that's why i'm so excited about it it's just it, it's fun for me and the sale when the sales come it's it's great because i can put more of that you know more back into my into my photography and and let me tell you, astrophotography is expensive. So, you know, any any extra funds that come in are very very helpful. So I just yeah, thank you so much for the advice. I really appreciate it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And just just keep at it, keep doing it, and and have fun with it. Honestly, some some I just want to share this. I I think about this a lot because this is my full time, and it's a lot of hard work, you guys. Like it's not for. It's not easy. I'll say that. I I am on the other side of it sometimes envying you guys. Um, you know, you, you are able to do this part time. You have some of you have solid careers that you have already built up and you have families. And the reality of this kind of this creator life is like I live alone. I, I have no partner. I have no kids. I, I have a dog. All I do is just work, 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 work. So it's just really understanding how much it takes and that it's not as glamorous as everybody thinks like you know you can really just let FOMO go 
and be content where you are and understand like it's so damn hard to do this this line of work it it it's really really tough so just know there's also the other side to it that's not as glamorous as again what everybody might think well great thank you I'm, I'll, I'll step down but thank you so much Sarah, that's why I love coming here, you know, because you have such great suggestions. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is true. You know, I know we chat and we laugh and we say whatever, but, you know, you always drop these, you know, amazing, amazing, amazing tips and suggestions. And, uh, you know, I, for one, am so bad at marketing. But, you know, when I listen to you, I'm like seriously inspired. I'm not going to do this. Um, cause they're just, I mean, unless you guys want me to, no, I'd have to really like think it through and deliver this, this message in like an effective 10 minutes, but I could probably in this space, give you guys a plan and a timeline for one month, how to go from zero follow. This is on Instagram, but I also believe this is true for Twitter as well. How to go from zero to 10,000 followers in one month. Like I, I could definitely guide you on how to do this and but anyways you would have to implement everything that I say and that's kind of where I fall off the wagon a little bit is I I never want anybody to think that I'm some sort of like know-it-all I am only just sharing the same stuff that you guys want to go through I've already gone through that all and learned what was not effective and what was effective and I just trying to help you guys grow through this Twitter journey NFT journey See, with 160K followers, you can actually take some credit. You know how many followers I have on Twitter? A little over 800. Not Twitter, I'm sorry. On Instagram, a little over 800. I think the last post was uh, last month. <laughs> beginning of last month. That's how this smell, uh, my, you know, my <laughs> Instagram is. Yeah, but please, please remember, because we talk about this a lot here. I think this is really, really important. It's like, oh, we can all look at Sarah with, I don't even know how many followers I have. We can all look at that and be like, wow, amazing. But I can assure you guys, it doesn't mean success. Like it's, it's, oh, I, I cannot stress this enough. Quality over quantity, always. And if you focus on quality first, pro proper education, quality and just doing things right with the right intentions the qual the quantity definitely comes and you don't even have to try but just don't focus on 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 the numbers focus on delivering just great quality service as a photographer 100 percent. no i i completely agree but having said that you know if so many people have organically followed you uh, then that means that, you know, they see something in you, whether they're buying it from you or not. Because, you know, for let's say if you are selling your NFTs or whatever, that 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 is probably your different uh, marketing uh, strategy or whatever. But I'm saying that if this many people are following you, it means that they see something in your photography or something uh, in your posts for which which kind of, you know, brings them to your account. So... That says something. I mean, I, I wouldn't just disregard uh, uh, that completely. Yeah, ab absolutely, Swati. You're you're 100% correct. And I think, like, what most of the problem that I see with, like, Twitter and Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts is just 
like not not having a plan I get I guess like my my Instagram I I share my photography and like my services that I sell I I also have like a a presence of and I know this like where I can inspire people so I I am fortunate that I can share so much ab- about my life and that actually works like in my favor it's not just all photography 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 but if you have like consistency with work that you're putting out your having your plan though before all of this stuff I'm telling you this, this is the most important part that I think everybody skips having a plan and just sticking to the right like the right steps to fulfill that plan is very 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 important and that will uh like you'll be very consistent and that helps build trust with people especially there when they see consistency when they see like that professionalism that you're I'm not saying that everybody is a brander but if you're really focusing on having a brand like it just it only benefits you all of these really lame things of social media just benefit you further along and I want to quickly mention one thing before we go to our lovely fellow who has joined us it's actually about your bio and like take take this with a grain of salt but this is something that I learned recently I was just watching a few videos in your bios of stuff, like be very clear with your message of what of what you are. So for in my case, you know, I'm an I'm an educator, I, I educate with photography, and I'm also an NFT artist. So I have that in my bio, like I literally have the sentence, I teach photography on YouTube and on workshops, I'm just clear straight to the point. So people know what I am. One thing that I notice with photography accounts is we'll have things in there, like it's really you can show your personality in many different ways, but it's like dog mom or, uh, you know, just something like that. Just It's like, it, it just doesn't relate to, to what you are at all. It's just something that you like. And I think little things like that can actually confuse people because they look at, that's the first thing that they see. They see your, your PFP, which should also be, you know, very professional and recognizable. They see your bio and this is for new people coming to your account. You know, don't confuse them. Just really simplify things so they know exactly what you are. Am I lecturing you guys? Please tell me. No, 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 not, not, not at all. I'm, I'm actually really taking notes, believe it or not. So, uh, for uh, for example, in Instagram, your bio is only that that top part, right? Just right after your name where you kind of list out... Uh, your uh, information in terms of what you want to uh, say, right? Or do you have another space where you can actually write more than like a few lines? Well, yeah, you, so the bio, the bio actually, I don't know if they changed it, but the bio actually got bigger, which is really, really nice. So you get this section of um, text that you can basically just, you, you know, it's the same as I, I believe Twitter, you only get a few words to really describe what you are, just use those very, very effectively and um, put your link tree link in that bio as well. That is so important because as you're communicating with people on your posts, you're directing them to your link and it's very common, you know, if you want to sit for, in my case, if I want to sell a tour or something on there, I say link is in my bio because you can't put links directly in your posts and then they go up there. So definitely have your links, have what you are, what your services, what you're selling, whatever it's. And if you want to go full on NFT photographer on Instagram, put that in your bio and just be very, very clear. And I want to touch base 
actually about the profile picture as well because I've been noticing a few accounts of my friends they want to go full-time photography yet I feel like they're still using very like I, I I don't know how to explain it maybe like cell phone quality selfies just like something that wasn't really there wasn't really thought put into it if you're a travel photographer you know, have something of yourself in your PFP that relates to travel. You know, if you're a baker, you're going to have something that relates to baking in it. I'm, you know, my brand is yellow. It's the yellow dress. So of course I have that in my PFP. Use that to your advantage to communicate to people what you are. It's those three things are so important. PFP, bio, I'll say, sorry, two things are so, so important. And sorry, your name as well. Like have a I think everybody has a username that's proper for Instagram. Like mine was Sarah Lindsay photography. It just directly communicates to people where you, what you are. So I actually have a, sorry, sorry, Emma. I'm talking so much today. (laughs) You go, you go first. No, you go ahead. I just have a little tidbit to add when you're done. So you go ahead. (laughs) So I, I was saying that, you know, on my, on my Instagram, uh, it's my logo. So what do you suggest, Sarah, that I I move the logo and put the PFP like I have here uh, on Twitter uh, of one of my um, images that I have clicked? Will that work better? I can't, I don't feel like I can really answer what would work better. I, I feel like you need to make that kind of that decision, like, what use what you want to represent you i don't know what your goals Swati, are on um, instagram but you know if you are looking to turn your instagram to a place for your business where you can potentially draw in clients then definitely go with what you think best represents who you are on instagram 100 percent. i honestly think it's this lovely photo that you have here because we have all come to love it and know it as you. So I definitely think you could uh, communicate that across on your Instagram as well. Thank you. I don't know what I want to do with Instagram, to be honest, but I also don't post photos of, uh, you know, like the casual photos or something. Even if those are casual photos, it's probably, uh, you know, photography related or some awards or, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, we we have these photography conferences and all where I'm with the photographers or whatever. So mostly it's that. It's it's not uh, anything else, mostly. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I listen to you and I kind of... uh, realize that you know i i shouldn't neglect instagram completely my i i neglect uh, social media not i like i've mentioned so many times it's is not because of anything but i'm just uh, not so much of a social media person but i think that you know after listening to you for so many weeks i think that you know i need to do better than that well i think you're awesome swanee and i think having the self-awareness is probably the first step to overcoming social media just being self-aware of like your own path and just accepting that we cannot change what they keep doing to us so it's either we just make our life harder and make our journey a lot longer by you know talking about why it doesn't work for us or we learn and we get to work and we start implementing that and that's Honestly, for the part-time people, learning 
about social media and how to effectively use it is going to save you time. 100%. I fully believe that. But I'm 100% into, like, I'm full-time into photography. I don't do anything else. And, but the thing is that I have never really depended on social media for my clients, you know? And I think that's why I've been so casual about it because uh, because I also don't want to uh, do photo shoots every single day. I want to do it at my own pace because, you know, I, I have my own price point and I know that because I don't want to also burn out doing it every single day at, you know, uh, at, at a very small price. So, that so you know, that's why I, I kind of uh, pace it out. And then I think that is the reason because I haven't really needed social media that much for business. I have neglected it. But having said that, I think that in today's world to completely neglect it is also foolish. Yes, sad, sadly. I mean, again, the email list is definitely more control for yourself. But like social media is especially for us, like we, we sell visual products. Guys. We live in a digital world like it is very it, it's it's a key component to you know being successful and being able to sell things and sell services sell art all of that it's not obviously a good idea to completely rely on it but it is a very important part of the puzzle so i again i really hope that some of these tips just really help you guys take a couple that work for you and start implementing those and i definitely think you'll see growth i don't want to be the super chatter box because I know Emma wanted to add something into it I'm sorry Emma I don't mean to talk so much these are really great questions and you are a wonderful person to learn them from so no I was just going to mention as we were talking about username that's something I've noticed a lot on Twitter and it's something that um, actually Alpha mentioned the other day is you know we have the ability to change our our usernames you know that that we see just like you know right underneath our picture um, here in the room but you know we were talking about how you know we could use that just like you said Sarah where in your bio you're very specific about what you do, you know, for people as we're meeting them, it could be really interesting to have Sarah Lindsay, you know, portrait photographer, port, you know, environmental landscape photographer, you know, using that space to really define because we're seeing a lot of people now use it to talk about additions or collections, which is useful, but also just making it super clear and upfront, you know, you know, whether you're a wildlife photographer, but really making that branding clear um, because we have that availability and that space to do so. So we can take out some of that guesswork of wondering what people do um, and really represent and people will recognize that and appreciate it. So that was just a little tidbit that was related, but it is Twitter and, and but it does fit on all of our social media platforms. And I loved how you mentioned it to make it so simple and upfront and not complicated. Yeah, I 100%. I, I just want to share this one before. I'm so sorry to the other speakers that have their hand up. I'm so sorry for talking so much. I just want to share this. To, to plant this thought into your mind. So I'm, I'm going to, I don't know why, but I took uh, NFT artists out of my bio because I was just kind of playing around with it, changing it up. But I put in the sentence, like just so straight to the point, I teach, uh, I teach on YouTube and I teach on workshops. So right there, I like identified myself. A, I have a YouTube channel and I also lead tours. So then now that's in the, like the, those people's minds. They're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. So it has a YouTube channel. And then they can go to my link tree and find it. Because they've seen it, they know that I do that. 
if they are interested in like the services that I offer, they're going to go looking for it. So that's why just being so direct in your bio about either what you are, or if in our, in our photography world, we're selling a service, what you offer is it, it's just simple and really communicates the message across to people. Completely agree. We, you know, everybody only has so much time and making it as simple as possible really can take out all the extra and yeah, make it, make it just really straightforward. It'll be interesting to see, you know, it'll be, I know it's basically impossible to know who saw, you know, oh, Sarah teaches YouTube and goes to the YouTube channel. You know, it's really hard to actually track that, but that is the case with so much in the marketing world. You know, you, you don't, it's, it's really hard to actually know what's working and what isn't when it's something as organic as that, but I know it can't hurt. And it's a great way to keep that relevant and keep it. Cause I think sometimes we do, especially coming into the space we forget to talk about all the different places that people can find information and the things that we're doing so yeah absolutely I love just rethinking that and I think it's great too to go back to your bio and to your information every few weeks just to remember what is there and you know things change so quickly and of course as additions or collections anything new is coming out to make sure that that's getting updated but yeah great great feedback for sure and great questions Swati. Thank you, Emma. I feel so bad to cut you off. And then I talk so much. <laughs> you didn't cut me off. Do not worry. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking too much. Okay, we're going, we're moving on, we're moving on, we're moving on to our lovely fellow. <laughs> it's waiting so patiently for us. And Neil, how are you? Hi, what's up? I'm good, Sarah. Hi, Emma. Aswadi, hi, Arini, Santiago. Oh, doctor. Oh. A lot of people. I'm just hearing here. You guys are simply giving uh, um, not only alpha. It's a kind of a, it's a kind of a marketing um, marketing tips, you know, uh, without paying anything. So I thought, yeah, where should I send it, Sarah? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's really good. Um, mainly, uh, see how to attract uh, people. It's not an attraction. Attraction in the sense like uh, it's not a forced attraction, but you can make it like if uh, it's a, a human psychology. If it is simple, people very easy to go and see it or they can click it. So uh, that's the great thing we do, we do have. That's called a link tree or something like that. So that will assign all the links. So you no need to keep writing in your bio about all the links and all those stuff. So make it more clean. So whoever want to go and just click that link so they can access uh, whatever link you have, wherever you're using, like maybe you do have website, other, other social medias and all, or blogs or whatever it is. So that's a good advice you've given. And um, um, they, of course, they, you keep updating what is going on so you can keep updating those things. Um, see, there is, a, there is a human psychology even though we are all working in or we are using in this Web2 world. Um, two things like, um, see, engagement can happen two ways. One is, of course, if the content is powerful, you're dropping something relevant, it resonates with people, people will ready to engage and it may become viral. So I, that's an experience I do have. Another thing is, um, of course, um, people love to engage uh, casually. You know, how casually they can engage. They casually can engage if you're dropping your your uh, selfies 
or your short videos or something like that uh, because uh, there is no critique or anything people just want to engage just want to hi say some hi or something like they asking where are you what you are doing so that is also a kind of an engagement that means you get more uh, uh, um, i mean this screen presence uh, your message will be pop up so all these things also will work so these are the two uh, human psychology <laughs> it works for uh, work for web to world even twitter also same otherwise what is the problem if you put some images people may just uh, feel that oh if i comment something what he feel or if i say something what he feel so people just see it and just leave it so that also <laughs> an aspect when you engaging in web to world you can you can find it that put some example even you upload some photos in your facebook and you may drop some other photograph for your your artwork or something you may get more engagement on uh, your selfies <laughs> so that is that is quite uh, i mean uh, usual so um, for getting this this kind of uh, uh, screen presence or uh, pull up your tweets or something like that you can do that that will get also get an engagement so uh, that is the thing um, <laughs> i just want to add and um, yeah great it's a great day uh, today um, i got uh, two emails not for sales but for exhibitions in uh, uh, nyc nft uh, so um, one of my conservation project which uh, going to exhibit in wonder wonder art uh, um, uh, exhibition so and one more is there so yeah i'm planning to give all details about that because i couldn't able to go there so i need to prepare some video or short video like uh, explaining about my artwork so planning to do that and uh, mainly yeah these are the things you, you see uh, if we are away from twitter uh, we may lose this opportunity this opportunities is just coming like pop up sometimes some friends will share so if we are not here we may miss that opportunity like yesterday also there is a meme uh, which uh, which from uh, the punk uh, 6529s so i was away uh, because busy in something so i couldn't able to do then i i i uh, contacted because i am one of the um, member of this uh, min face uh, projects so i do have a, uh, i mean um, allow list for that but what happened uh, he mistakenly put my old wallet which compromised for this one so i sent the message to him and just today morning he rectified so i need to mean that so these are the thing lot of opportunities are there we have to engage we have to be i mean keep checking our tweets and everything so you get lot of opportunity like this so it may not be for i mean a long time it may be in a day or two then that i mean opportunity will lose so being engaged in this uh, twitter and all those things is most important and i think jason or someone is asking about uh, um uh, is uh, is not a fully professional photographer he is doing some other work i am also same i am busy in my real life um, i am doing some other job um, but i am trying to find my uh, time and engage in this uh, in this platform um, and uh, the thing is uh, you can uh, structureize and you can schedule your time for your presence so uh, that is that is the way you can you can make your your profile active same time you get uh, uh, i mean much uh, much people connected see uh, been nft and uh, i got lot, almost now 600000 and 
6000 sorry 6000 followers uh, recently so it's because of uh, the engagement i'm uh, being in space running a space uh, discussing with people uh, people comfortable with me so that's the kind of engagement even though i'm busy with my real life still i able to do that so that's the thing so if you open a, any even instagram also if you open another another account then you are your problem is you difficult to manage because to to uh, in uh, to profile you need to handle so that will be a uh, difficult for you uh, nothing wrong you can showcase your work and but um, best best thing i felt better move to instagram i mean uh, twitter for all these nft activity instagram instead of uh, instagram instagram you can bring you can you can make uh, reels or you can make uh, i mean stories even you can post and talk about is fine but uh, i feel that uh, more engagement is happening in twitter so uh, try to utilize instead of opening another another uh, profile try to uh, utilize that time in twitter so that will also help you to get more more eye on your works and all those stuff so that is my two cent on this aspect <laughs> Thank you, Anil, for coming. What time? What time is it for you? Are you yeah, of course. I, of course, you know that I'm sitting with my coffee. Yes. That means now ten o'clock, morning. I'm living in uh, Bali. I mean uh, Indonesia, no. So, um, yeah, it's almost twelve hours. Um, I mean, different from the Eastern time. So it's ten. Okay, so it's ten a.m. there. I thought that like you guys had to join the space at like six a.m. This is the most, I mean, um, favorable time for me. That's that's the main reason I'm jumping to your space on day on every every week <laughs> because mostly this is Saturday. So for me, uh, Saturday is holiday. I'm not much activity on Saturday, so I can I can spend yeah maybe hours. <laughs> that's the reason um other other spaces mostly in my uh, midnights like 2 o'clock 3 o'clock so i don't want to spoil my my health so <laughs> i'm not jumping in other spaces because i do running a space along with tiba uh, that's till 11 o'clock 11:30 night uh, 8 to 11:30 so that is my uh, my my time in uh, uh, stutter so a lot of people Uh, pop up there so engaging that time i'm usually using my twitter activity so i feel that is a is kind of a premium time like a prime time for uh, nft also so is is good because west is waking up and it, <laughs> our place is going to bed so <laughs> it's a good time for engaging in uh, twitter so i felt um, like um, that is a, a real time where people who are saying that they are not getting much, uh, much attention or something like that utilize that uh, that time frame like uh, might like eastern time for me is like uh, 8 am uh, that to uh, around um, yeah maybe about 2 uh, 2 2 2 uh, pm for my time i mean your time so that is the flexible time and uh, most of the spaces are running in that time I un- I understand that's like the hardest thing of this space is <laughs> we're all on different time zones. Like I I I almost get it wrong every time when there's something coming up and I have to like search the time zone 
by myself, I always mess it up. I'm either an hour behind or an hour Sarah. ahead. That is changing, Sarah. Now a lot of uh, lot of uh, um, a lot of spaces are now running like uh, uh, from uh, from Australia, New Zealand, even like um, um, Indonesia and other places. So now, um, not like earlier. Earlier, of course, yeah, very less spaces in this time. But uh, I feel that a lot of spaces is coming up, and tomorrow also there there is a NFT Asia. They are also planning to uh, run a space. They want to bridge with the rest of the world, so they are also putting a lot of effort for Southeast Asians. So, yeah, otherwise very very much problem for Southeast Asian because uh, the West is uh, waking up. I mean, the problem for us, we are going to bed, <laughs> so engagement will go down like anything. So, but yeah, uh, we all need to have a kind of a bridging the rest of the world. Totally agree. I totally agree. That's why I I hope moving forward. These are just my own hopes. That again, my thoughts, my my opinions. I I really hope that I love the the aspects that we can communicate in this way. But hopefully, you know, like when we're teaching and we're helping, we can effectively get the message across, but in a much shorter time frame. So you know, no one's a no one's missing out. Like that that's important. There, all of this information that we share is you know people can go back and and watch the recordings. But I think it's that social like community aspect that we all like that we all have to be together at the same time. I honestly hope a little bit that that starts to like lessen as we move forward, because it will help us all just really free us up of time. And then if we need to get little, you know, tidbits of knowledge, we can go back and, and listen to recordings. So that's, that's definitely my hope for the for the future of this space. I do know, I just want to, before we like, just told Harini, put her hand down. <laughs> they want to come back, come talk, please. I, I know that earlier before this space started, remember, we were like, kind of already having the conversation about secondary sales. And we wanted to dive into that and why, why it's, it's actually really important. And, you know, start having the conversation of the secondary sales and, and focusing on that since we've all like all of us have been here putting out additions and, and additions are probably the best way to start the secondary sales journey. So I definitely would love to have that conversation going. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, no, I was uh, <clears throat> just like Swati said, you know, it's a uh, so much of information that I'm just here taking notes, but I, I, had one quick question uh you know these apps uh, or this websites like later where you can schedule the social media posts for instagram or twitter or like whatever like any facebook or whatever social media that you want to post uh, do you think uh, i think it it was in one of kino space that i heard that uh twitter doesn't want you to go to any other platform or if you even post a link on your tweet if it's uh, taking you outside of twitter it would try to you know some i won't say stop it but you won't get that much of engagement basically on that so uh, and she also mentioned that about i think later do you think uh, using something like that would affect uh, how much of a reach a post would do on Instagram specifically? I think that it is very true that posting links on yours, we'll talk about our tweets, posting links on your tweets does, it's it's 
obvious that you don't get as much traction on it. That is why rewind, we rewind to the beginning where we are focusing on understanding like our audiences and our target audiences so that we can ensure that information is reaching them. That's why it's really important to learn about those things so that you can freely share links in your tweets because that's the only right now for us as NFT artists, the only way to our NFTs is through links to OpenSea Foundation, Superware, so on and so forth. So by, you know, just backing up and, and understanding how to how to effectively reach your audience is really, really important. That starts with the education part. But I don't think scheduling out your posts affects your reach at all because it's, it's just something that just triggers the post. And I have scheduled tweets on Twitter. I've never scheduled my posts on Instagram, believe it or not. You would think that I would, but I have not. I do it all organically because I like to really speak from the moment. And I have a like a schedule already laid out for myself. Like I post every morning. It's basically work for me. Like I wake up and I get my coffee and I go to work. However, moving forward, guys, because of the 64 hours of social media in one week, I'm actually hiring someone now to help me with my social media work to like schedule out my week of content. I just, it'll still be me talking, but I just can't keep up anymore. And I'm at the level where I can hire someone. So that's going to be really helpful for me. But short answer, no, I don't think scheduling your posts affects your reach, but links do 100%. Of course, they want to keep you on the app. But that's why we're going to learn how to, you know, kind of navigate that and have our links reach people. Yeah, we can avoid a little bit, not under person. By that's the thing we all uh, used to say, like, uh, you can make a pin tweet. I mean, not pin, pin tweet is fine. Same time, even if you tweet about uh, your, your work, use the uh, photograph and few texts, then make a, a third tweet below. Um, so what will happen? The third tweet, you put the links. The first tweet will uh, travel. So that is more than enough to get your your links, the link tweet. I mean, you put like a, a tweet thread, right? So it will it will also travel along with that. So that's the thing. It's it's an algorithm. Uh, algorithm uh, want be people to be here. So whoever want to click, they they will not like it. So that, that that's the that's the whole idea. Uh, so that's the reason people keep saying, please avoid the link from the. The, the, the first tweet, what you are uh, tweeting about. But you can make a uh, link for the, uh, I mean, like a like a pin tweet. So, I mean, not pin tweet, I mean, a thread tweet. So that will be great. But yeah, it will not serve under person, but yeah, still you can you can get much more attraction to your 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 tweet. Yes, that, that was actually a really great little tip. And it, like, I it just goes to show Again, this is where we're going to rewind all the way back to the email list. You know, we have all these fears of Twitter doesn't want to take us away from Twitter. So our links to our work is, you know, going to affect our engagement for that post. That's why, you know, having complete control of what you're selling yourself via email list is is very, very, so very important. So it's, I, I, I feel like I've, I've seen the problem that I can identify in this space with my fellow photographers is just like coming at it because we we were, we were we were presented this opportunity to sell our work as nfts but a lot of people were not doing 
anything really before this opportunity came to us. So it's like a lot of steps were missed. And I think a lot of education was missed. And then now we're all here, obviously, in these spaces, pumping it out because we're building community and trying to help people. But it's like, really, you guys, like, if you're if you're struggling, if you really are trying to learn how to do this, you you have to back up a little bit and learn some things learn like the basis of things so that you're not like I can just vision some people just running around in circles trying to make this work for themselves but like they're chasing the wrong thing they're chasing just likes and this sort of like fantasy engagement that we've all made up in our head because it directly links to our validation as a photographer so that's honestly that's 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 my goal is is to help you guys with all of that with building community and all of that stuff so however I can help but I think that it really a lot of what I've been noticing is really just backing up to just you know the basics just to get started just to get going so that you can you know full steam ahead start selling your work was that off topic <laughs> I went off a little bit. No, 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 very much in topic, actually. <laughs> no, that, that, that is so, so true. Even, uh, you know, um, all Web2 world is working in the same way. They want uh, the user to be there in their, 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 their window. That's the main reason. You can try out even the Facebook. You copy your YouTube channel or something, some video, you post it. Same time, you upload a video in Facebook. Um, so you, you can compare it both. Uh, the, the 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 video which you uploaded it will get more more viewers and more interaction other than you you put a, a, a link from your uh, youtube or something like that so that, that that's how it works so every every uh, web2 world is set in that way so we should understand that and we should work in that way yeah totally it it, it really is just about you know, un un understanding it as a whole and just learning little bits here and there to, to help aid you on your journey. Because yeah, that I, I don't know if anybody else noticed that. But when I've been I've been in this space, because I know uh, like a lot of um, well, Emma could weigh in on this as, as well. Like I, I, I feel like a lot of um, collectors as well, like we've all been it's it's been like this, this time spent in this space is helping people sell their nfts but i also feel like we're helping photographers uh grow a business and like actually learn how to how to do it and yeah i i've really noticed that and i'm trying to help solve that problem here and sometimes i wonder like what and what anil just said he's like oh can i pay you eat for these things i've actually i've honestly thought about this a lot i'm like okay, I, I see the problem, I see the opportunity of how to help these people. But you know, I have to help myself at the same time. So it's either I'm de definitely glad to share this knowledge in here for sure. But I'm definitely taking all of this that I'm sharing with you. And I really have to put back into YouTube, because that's how I will if it essentially be compensated for, you know, the, the knowledge that I'm sharing. And that's why I, I I always often encourage that we don't just focus so much on Twitter because I really don't believe the future is just Twitter. Like this is going to expand everywhere. IG is already coming out with it. You never know. <laughs> YouTube will come out with it. But in my vision, I can see people really trying to learn how to be an nft artist so i'm like okay 
you know, I can jump on this opportunity and be one of the first to start teaching it and teaching people how to do this. Now I'm really just rambling. because <laughs> No one has their hand raised, guys. No, but this is, uh, Sarah, I mean, this is actually a brilliant idea. Because I remember that, you know, when my friend first told me about NFT, and quite some time back, you know, uh, and I just didn't know what were the, the, there were so many platforms. Now I know which platform is what. But initially, I had no idea. And, you know, like, what what prices should I put for uh, my uh, NFTs, uh, which platform works best for photographers and stuff like that. And it is a struggle for someone who has absolutely no idea to find out because, uh, you know, like, there's not one, um, let's say, a video or something that I found where I could. And I know that, you know, Alistair heard from somebody and he put my stuff on rareable and he put like five ETH for some for an image not knowing like you know what to do and then I'm like you know take it off and I like I had no idea so you know we had to burn it and then I you know I, I got in foundation and then I found Sloika and now I know that you know there are other platforms that I'm going to look at but yeah but initially when people start they are mostly clueless yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of people and this is but this is completely normal. Like this is what we do. We we see a new idea and a lot of people want to jump on it and it works for them. Some don't have the time, some do. It's just kind of how life works. But like I'm I'm always listening and I'm always observing and even when I went to the dog park today, oh, Ollie is so mad at me right now. By the way, guys, I'm going to have to um leave for 1 minute only just to go grab his bag of dog food so I can feed him. I'm not leaving the space, but Anyways, while I was at the dog park, like this, this fellow that I often meet there and I, it's just, you know, kind of like Ollie's date where he can go play with other dogs. Even that guy, like he's been hearing about NFTs and he's like, he knows that I'm into it, but I never really talk about my um, life. And he asked me, he's like, so if I want to start selling like dog photography as NFTs and I was like, holy shit, everyone's gonna, everybody's gonna want to be doing this. So but like no one has a clue. So I just really see this opportunity that we can help people effectively actually implement this. But I think a horde of photographers who said like they couldn't make things really work in web two, they just weren't doing it properly. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that because we all have to learn. We all have to somehow hit that roadblock and learn. But I saw a lot of people kind of bashing IG simply because they just couldn't make that way work for them. And then they try to come here and it's kind of like the same thing. We're just hitting walls. We're hitting walls because we're skipping so many steps. Well, and I think, you know, I think that that can be with, with businesses in general. I mean, there's a lot to learn and a lot with marketing and to try different things out. And especially when you're coming in to a brand new, you know, a, a new section of a business or opportunity. I mean, there's, you just have to navigate and, and have the confidence to try things out and also, for, you know, kind of find what source you're going to also turn to for some support and for valid information um, or be the one, you know, or make that happen, you know, recognize opportunities. There's just a lot of navigating that has to take place um, and have the confidence too to be able to, um, to do that and be passionate about what you do. So um, 
that is definitely relevant in the NFT space, especially when things change so quickly. And there's not really, you know, there's not really a guidebook at this point. There's not really ways to say, yes, this is the way to do it. And this is not the way to do it. We're, we're figuring these things out together. Um, but it's, you know, it is, that's part of what makes it really exciting, but it also is a challenging part of it. But knowing that, um, you know, there's, there is more to it than creating beautiful images and putting them, you know, on OpenSea and having, you know, wild success. Um, and there's just, but with the challenges come also other opportunities. And there are so many things that can be learned right now that will help in many aspects. So yes, for NFTs, but also many other aspects um, for business. And so the skills, even though it might be challenging right now, like the big picture long term, you can also you're gaining these additional things that you can apply in many other ways and see those results. So thinking about it kind of on that big, that big picture and how it all connects and links together um, is really exciting, too. Definitely. And I am a person who thinks like five years down the road because I just, and I can feel it in my gut too. I, I just could like why, like a big reason why I do talk about Instagram a lot is it's like, why would, it just doesn't make sense that Twitter is the only ex exclusive world that can, you know, partake in this NFTs. No way, not even for a second, like every everything is going to have their hands on this. And it's really, really clear that that is exactly where we are going. So I guess I'm just trying to stop, help not stop, but just maybe raise awareness of like, don't dump your other, your other stuff just because you found this Twitter world, which it is amazing. However, with that being said, like not, not everybody likes every platform and that's totally okay. It's just a wise decision not to put your eggs all into this one basket guys remember sh shadow banning it is a real thing <laughs> i was shadow banned for five days so there there went my link to you know marketing my own nfts was out the window for five days and not a lot of people can afford that for their business so really something to think about this is so true that you know um twitter earlier you know they they keep doing some live live you can you can you can uh, run a live long, like one hour, two hour live shows, okay? Then they just taken out that. Uh, so the same thing may happen. We don't know uh, how Twitter will work sometime. So if they close this space, what will do? So I think that's the main reason even people are jumping to Discord and other, other platform as well, where we will not lose our, our connectivity. So... Uh, that's the thing. Never ever put, I mean, uh, one uh, put egg on one basket. You you have to engage in at least in two or three places where you will not lose all your your connections and uh, interactions. So Discord is, I think, is the best way. Where um, uh, now I am being into that uh, environment where I, I little bit away from that. Uh, recently, we uh, we uh, set up a Discord, um, Atiba and myself and a few of our uh, members which we usually uh, having a discussion. So that Discord actually uh, running for the same purpose, but connecting with people and giving um, a kind of a guidance, same time, all kind of stuff like uh, uh, medical, I mean, healthcare, that, this, everything we bring into that uh, Discord. So um, the thing is, yeah, sometimes we need to think about, uh, uh, we can't simply believe in one platform. 
so anytime anything will happen so we can't lose that so start using a multiple platform like same thing like you you clicking photograph and you keep all file in your laptop sometime your laptop get crash what will do so we we always to have a, a kind of a backup plan <laughs> so at least keep two or three places so that will be safer right the same thing we can also adopt in uh, this this kind of engagement sometime in a in a fine day they are saying sorry um, we are not going to provide you space what we will do <laughs> so we we should utilize uh, multiple platform for this engagement because we are here for long not for uh, a short short time right so we should expand our connection in different different dimensions and different platforms So maybe a like a better way to say it is to, to simplify things for people if you're part-time on the fence just focus on Twitter for your NFT world but if you're a full-time you're serious about this you have long-term plans you want to grow with it definitely keep you know your eyes on what the entire NFT world is doing and and take those clues and jump on them I think we might have a little bit of an opportunity right now to really somehow I haven't figured it out like I'm still learning as I go with these digital collectibles as they call them in Instagram but if like you know we are so early on as creators in that world of of Instagram I can only see that just being so beneficial for us to start off strong with NFTs and Instagram so I'm I'm really really looking forward to it Well, and there can be some things initially that, you know, I kind of think about that with, you know, we we talked quite a bit about creating video and being comfortable with that and starting to expand and learn about those opportunities. You know, we don't know what, how things are shifting and For me I've always found a lot of advantage when there's an opportunity to learn something and to hone in a skill like there's no harm in taking on that opportunity and you never know how that's going to help you down the road so you know as as another platform or another opportunity becomes more prevalent prevailing um that opportunity could be there where you're like wow it's a good thing that I embraced this and was open to this because now I have this skill and I have this ability to be able to make this happen and to utilize is to grow and you know to so just having those chances to kind of be open minded and see what trends are happening and of course see how it fits with what you, you know who you want to be not saying be somebody else but just seeing how you can be um aware of those things and adapt them for yourself um it may it may be really surprising down the road how those dots connect it doesn't always have to make sense at the moment um but being aware and and being um being just on top of it you may never know like there'll be those days where it just clicks and you're like wow well, this is why this was all going to this is why I was paying attention and why I put the the time in so um not and not just writing it off for thinking that you know it all because of course we see new platforms coming out all the time we learn new things so this chance to really get in and ask questions and grow as a community it's one of those other aspects that's so important for that very well said Emma very well said So I'm wondering now if we should dive into our secondary sales topic because I think that's I think that's a good one especially what we were talking about earlier the second hand <laughs> that was really funny learning about that 
Yes, we, you know, that kind of came up at the end of um, the space last week was, you know, starting to talk some about secondary sales. And that had never occurred to me at all that people might feel like the, the interest may wane for some people after primary sales because they look at secondary sales as being less than a primary sale. Um, that was just, that was something that Samia shared with us. And I just haven't been able to wrap my mind around it since that secondary sales are are like secondhand sales. I mean, that's, that was, so I don't know, has anybody else experienced that, um, that viewpoint? I have not uh, experienced any, anything like that, but uh, uh, I, I do wanted to bring this up, you know, at least I've heard uh, uh, again in chats, people don't exactly talk about certain stuff, uh, and like even Sarah mentioned, right? There's a lot of stuff that people talk uh, in the chats, but nobody's actually opening up. But there are so many concerns that people have. And with secondary, um, so a lot of new artists have this concern that you, you haven't made your mark, uh, not as much as you would like to where your art would have a value in secondary. And, and I haven't faced what Samia said, but uh, there is a, there is a, you know, if you, if it's a bigger artist and if it's a limited edition or limited collection where you, or, or if it's one of one, you would want to grab it if you can. But there is a little push towards like, why should I pay for something that I could have gotten for this price? I mean, that's obvious that that's just, it's like you should have been fast. Uh, I mean, even with one of ones, right? Uh, like Sarah mentioned in the space uh, this morning, it just, you just ha should have been fast. Not to try to be rude or something, but it, it, that's just that. So you can't not, uh, you that can't be a reason to not do secondary but I, even i wanted to bring this conversation up i don't know when i would get that lucky or if eventually it would happen with our arts as well because i still feel like i'm still a pretty small considered uh, people are people have made, made that mark but i think there needs to be awareness of, of at least from what i've talked to people that why not, you know, uh, why not, why, why is there such negativity around, or, or there is this, I won't say negativity necessarily for everyone, but that, why is this, why is there not, this is not being talked about enough. <clears throat> and I, again, I am not a big collector or, or anything of that sort, but because, uh, it was so being pushed around or not given him enough importance in my head. I felt like uh, every, you know, how Gandhiji said, or, or as, as you say in general, that if you want to make a difference, be the person to be the change you want to see in the world, basically. So uh, again, I'm not, I don't have money unless I made sale. So, uh, but uh, I, I, even after selling my edition, I ended up collecting multiple things and uh, we're back to square one, which is uh, just like Sarah said always, uh, you should be mindful and I want to be mindful. But eventually when I'm capable of, I do really want to 
invest into something secondary if i have money i think my next anything would be something if i really like something and if i feel like i might have missed it in primary why not invest in secondary right i i now again there needs to be conversation more and more around it but i i want to be part of that change uh, not just you know bring the conversation up but be the part of the change because i feel like it's very necessary and it uh, it really en- uh, encourages the artist you're telling them that uh, you're worth this much even if i missed yours in primary i think your art is worth paying more for for me to have it in my wallet so that says a lot that shows so much respect and again it was said in my spaces so i do want to address this i mean if sometimes people have so much love and they say that uh, they would want to keep it and okay uh, carry on guys my baby is crying i have to go i'm sorry No, I'm listening. I'm know. listening, but uh, he's crying, so I'll have to just. No worries at all, Harini. No worries, and I think the point that you were making about wanting to be the change is a great message because um, I think without bringing this up and talking about it, it is something that might just be stagnant. And I think there is, for me, I see some relevant topics um, that you know for secondary sales. Because um, without having the, the topic discussed, I think we we are just we we aren't necessarily moving forward. Um, but I think there's some ideas, you know, maybe even as surprising as it was for secondary sales to be secondhand, you know, items, you know, just for the for this space to continue and for artists to you know have the opportunity to benefit from art trading hands. I feel like art has has. traded hands for you know forever as long as it's been for sale that's one of the things that um is intriguing is is the opportunity to to sell the work but for me you know coming involved in the nft space the opportunity for an artist to be able to benefit from their art being appreciated and gaining an appreciation from this point forward and to actually monetary benefit monetarily benefit from that is just amazing i mean for a smart contracts to be able to connect that and the blockchain to be able to make that opportunity possible is just i just it's so exciting and but if we don't if we don't take the initiative of having the conversation and starting to lay the groundwork for that to happen you know it the opportunity it it's possible but it's not probable so figuring out you know what needs to happen and also having the question is it is it too early for that i mean we see it happening so you know and i know there's a lot of discussion needed for the responsibility and i've had i've heard different takes on that is it you know how it how does the collector go about it you know the I, i should say at that point the the one holding the piece you know that has collected the pieces at their responsibility is it the artist is it a joint effort and then even this discussion on the price to be set and you know just how the process actually works um so it's I, i i agree with that it's time to start talking about it and getting it figured out um and maybe even removing some of the emotional um 
concerns, you know, just having the open platform to be able to ask the questions and for both sides to be able to, you know, talk about, well, would it, would this be offensive to you or would you have your, you know, does this, is this, do you view this as bad to list your work and to, you know, have it for sale and for people to not think that the people collecting artwork are just doing it for a quick flip or to, by listing it, that they somehow are negative about the artist or the artwork. Um, Cause I, I know just working through emotions myself, that is something that you kind of are concerned about. Like, you know, and there's also pieces I just get emotionally attached to. And then I think, am I doing that artist a disservice <laughs> by, you know, wanting to keep these pieces in my wallet, you know, because I love them. So, you know, I, I, you know, you do have an emotional attachment with the, with the artists who create the pieces that you um, are, ha you know, are able to, to collect. So, you know, I've, I've had some processes myself, but but um, I'll, I'll see, you know, open that up and see what others have to say about it as well. I, I'm, I'm the same. I sold um, just like being kind of attached to the image. So uh, Vince, I'm sure you guys all know him, our adventure skier photographer. Um, I, I have bought one of his pieces, his edition, but me and him, we don't chat about this as much anymore, but we used to, we would talk about like secondary sales and you know, that we, our goal was to get to secondary sales so that we could both start generating that. And then we, like, he knew I had one of his pieces and I, I knew that one, like someone needed to list at like a little bit of a lower price so that he could start making that traction. So of course, you know, I, I, I offered to list mine so we could get the, the ball rolling on that, but you know, I, I lost my piece. And then, however, I was like very happy to help him, but I think a little bit, it may have, he felt like a little bit sad because on his end, it was like, Oh, you don't want my piece anymore. But it's like, well, of course I do, but we, you know, we're trying to help, help each other. So you can totally see the emotional connections. Like Emma just said, the emotional connections to the pieces, I think, goes on both sides. And then we see this opportunity with additions because they're priced, you know, at such a great price and which is actually really cool. I, I did this with my edition. I made it a collection of editions with the two. So it was a bundle. So most people ended up getting the bundle and then they have two pieces. And the goal with that was that they could keep the one that they connected with the most because they both represented like two stages of a journey. So keep the one that they connected with the most and then uh, list the other one on secondary. So definitely when you're putting out editions or when you're buying editions, really think about buying two because you will be able to have that opportunity to list on secondary without losing the piece that you love so much like there's some pieces like I that I am attached to I'll never list them on secondary but I um I do want to share a successful secondary flip that I had I bought into one of the um little menage editions the first one actually and I got it at a very obviously low price it was like 0 0.06 and then not even a couple days later because I was watching her, I was watching her progress. And that was also my big clue of when I could list it. And I listed it for the same price that other people had it listed and it sold for 0.2. So like I tripled, quadrupled my money basically. And we both won in that situation. I wondered, I, I listed it without talking to her first. And I did wonder if she would be offended. So after it sold, she messaged me and said, Hey, congrats on your secondary sale. And then I said I was going to message you and see how you felt about me listing it but I saw the opportunity so I jumped at it and it was just a mutual understanding it benefited both of us 
and we both walked away from that situation happy like secondary i've been trying to learn because i'm trying to understand the art world in the nft space so i also feel it's important to understand art in the in real life world as well because this is kind of mirroring that so i've been learning about art you know like collect real world collectors what they look for what this really means that like do you know that people invest in art like they invest in stocks and like crypto? It's it it has a it can not for every artist, but it can have this huge purpose for everybody. So secondary sales are just adding great value to that artist that benefits everybody that's involved with that artist. And you know Sarah, I will also add to this that you know first when I uh, you know, my friend first told me about the NFTs. The thing which attracted me the most was uh, the fact that he said that, you know, every time somebody buys from you, puts it on sale and it gets sold, you keep making money on that. And I thought that that was like so brilliant. That was so fantastic because it doesn't happen anywhere else. Like, uh, you know, you sell your art to your client in your real world. That's it. Gone. Um so I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, I don't have to do anything. Like, you know, it kind of sells on its own and your money keeps coming uh, without you having to, um, like, even work hard for it. But then I think when I came and I started getting to know the people, and then uh, I thought, I, I, I think I got a little touchy-feely about it, you know, like, like, I know that I love when some collectors collect my art because I know that they actually collect it for the sake of the art. Someone else will just collect it because they are, you know, they're collecting it and whatever and probably um, doesn't, um, you know, care that much uh, for the artist and all that. I don't know if it's appropriate to say this, but, you know, this is just a feeling and don't take my word for it. But so the thing is, and you slowly tend to get attached to those collectors and, uh, somewhere down the line, I mean, uh, for example, my last one, you know, when the collector actually placed a bid on it, I kept quiet. The thing with, see, Emma, Emma collected one of mine, but I didn't have to keep quiet about it because it was in Sloika. So it's one price you go, you uh, collect it, it's over. But on foundation, people can bid on it if you have the option for it. And when they bid, and if it's like it was one of my favorite collectors, and I just kept quiet. And she actually, and he actually wrote um, to me um, on DM as well as, you know, like out in the open saying, like, you know, go out and put it out there. You, you might get a better price for it. And it's good for your profile. And I'm like, mm -mm, no, not doing. So I, I don't know, uh, like, if it's stupidity, but I, but for me, you know, I just feel that, you know, I know this person. He he absolutely respects, uh, you know, the artist and the artwork. So I would much rather, you know, this person has it. Like, for example, with Emma and when Alpha also collected it, like Harini knows, like, we were actually jumping with joy uh, for that reason. Because, you know, these are people who, you know, give so much, you know, value to the artist. I mean, Alpha would immediately put out a post saying that, you know, he's collected it. He does it for each and every uh, art that he collects. Emma does it. So, you know, like you feel uh, so uh, special. It feels so good that actually somebody is collecting it because they, uh, 
because they love your artwork you know and i i think that i think once you get to know the people you get more attached uh, i don't know if it's a good thing for business but i think we are all human beings you know and at some point it just feels good that it's with someone it, it like goes beyond uh, the ease i guess Well, so you that was so well said, Swati. It's just so so true. I I love that. Yeah, it does. It you know when someone collects your work and then they tweet about it and say something so nice, it feels really really good. That's like a I I'm sure that collectors know this already, but you know when they do that, it it really gives uh, artists need to be motivated, and sometimes that's just a really great way to do it. It it it, it gives you that little extra boost of confidence to help push you forward in which can be a very very challenging space but i wanted to add like maybe just plant a dream in some people's head of like what's possible especially because we're in this edition um we're we're in all the editions right now so there's been so many editions that have been dropped and sold out and lots have been circulating so now look at yourself as an artist like 2 years down the road you know you stuck with this you really grew there is going to be people that are going to be hunting down those editions because they're going to want to get in somehow at like the lowest price to this artist that you know is just so incredible and that is just going to like skyrocket your value so secondary is is really really important and i i can see in the space with editions how we're sort of like setting the stone for that right you know really paving it that it's possible we can really start pushing those secondary sales I also uh, this is something I wish someone was here when we are talking about it or, or whosoever told him that were were here but uh, it it's you might all have seen or heard this right that uh, uh, when actually you know big artists like Hussein or Picasso or like what not there are so many great artists but there are only so many pieces uh, created by them and uh not just art like uh, like jewelry or anything that's limited edition right you you see them in museums and uh, literally countries are fighting over getting to have them in their museums or people want uh, rich people want those paintings in their house for for wrong or right or whatever reason like for just show it off or whatever that is but but the basically the point is there is a value in the art just like sarah mentioned right there is uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's secondary in fact there are auctions happening for artwork where people are overbidding each other just to gain that art and we all have seen it for so many years so art does have that value and uh, also another point is uh, again like swati said when you when you come to nft when you hear about it these are one of the very few things that you actually learn in the first place that oh there there's a royalty percentage right even when you mint it that's like the first uh, step of the process that you mint it and you set a royalty so the whole point of that is that it will be uh, bought and sold multiple times and every time that happens this is the amount of royalty you'll get so we are jumping in knowing all of this we are putting and setting up the royalty thinking about this so when we are going through the whole process uh, knowing all of this coming into nft knowing all of this then 
why is it wrong like why is there such a not so nice feeling or or the hesitation is something i don't know maybe like everyone saying that we should normalize uh, addition with one of ones because uh, you can't just have this as a trend and then one of one sinking down on us because uh, there are a lot of people like for example for me i i was very intentional in what i did uh, with my addition but i don't plan to come up with any more addition uh, uh, not anytime soon so uh, so you do you do want to think about your one of ones but while while you're trying to do that uh, you also want if if something on secondary moves for you then that's like as good as sales right and and why not uh, i feel uh, and there was something else i was about to say but i completely forgot so uh, please carry on but yeah, i i i just really feel like i hope we can we can normalize this and and again the only way to do it is i guess have more and more conversation regarding that and when we have conversation regarding that the only thing i found out is uh, when you have enough people the the ideas bounce around and you might actually find out great way of doing this and yes the point that i actually forgot was that emma mentioned uh, that is it a collector's responsibility it is it artist's responsibility or is it uh, both of their responsibilities and i feel it's both i mean collector see a value and they put it up for a certain price whatever they decide that's totally their decision but if you see your artwork uh, i mean i don't know what the ideal situation would be but i feel it's two people's responsibility at least in my case if i see something like this happening i would definitely promote it i would be honored and i would promote the heck out of it why not it's teamwork it's the collector saying i believe in you and you i think your art is worth more than this and and the percentage is coming to you as well so uh why not i mean you know it's after all it's your art uh, it's collector putting it up on secondary and everything they're doing the work as well and and maybe depending on the collector big or small i mean it would go fast and like i said again it's if it's both of your responsibility so if, if it would be me at least i feel i would be doing the job of, of promoting with the collector as well Very good point, Harini. Um, and something that's kind of come to mind during this conversation is, you know, sometimes we hear um, that when a piece is collected, it's it's you know it's gone. Or like if I list this for this price, then I then I've sold it for that when the potential may have been for something more. And that idea is is kind of interesting because now with the blockchain and with smart contracts, it actually there obviously the artist never loses connection of the piece that they have. But in this situation. like the more than ever before each person that's involved with the journey but especially the artist is still connected to the piece and benefiting from those opportunities um and so i think it is i think it's great to be able to work together and i hope that as we have 
things listed on secondary, it becomes more normal to talk about, hey, I have this beautiful piece. It's really connected. You know, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate this artist very much, but I have this available um, for purchase and see how, you know, see if that gets normalized and if it is something that people will accept and go ahead and move forward with because we don't see that, you know, but I've noticed we don't see that really in the market at all. Um, we see primary sales mentioned and shared as far as I have this newly minted piece or I have this collection, you know, but we also, you know, when there's even PFP projects and pieces that people are selling, they don't market that either. It doesn't, we just never see that time where pieces are being talked about that they're available for sale very, very rarely. And I find that really intriguing because, you know, in real life, if we have something that we have for sale, we don't really just assume that we list something for sale somewhere and we don't talk about it and people know that it's for sale, you know? And, and of course, just like everything in the, in this, in, in the space, we can do that with dignity and respect and care, you know, it's all about how we present it. But, um, it's really intriguing that, you know, why would we expect for it to sell if we, um, if we don't talk about it, you know, why would we expect even, and we don't expect that initially that if we list it, it's going to sell, but why would we go ahead and think that, you know, just because we list it on secondary, it'll go ahead and sell. Um, but I think Sarah, you also mentioned a good point, you know, with um, little Minaji's piece, you know, you were watching how things were continuing and building and, and took that, that period there, you know, that opportunity there to go ahead and list. So being aware of those things, but how can we work together to create those, um, Fidel is an artist that I've been really intrigued with in, in the space because um, obviously he's been here for quite some time, but he's taken a really interesting path with his pricing on his initial drops because, you know, he's he's been here long enough that for him, he started off really low. I was really int intrigued that he did a large collection, which is um, black and white collections. Each one have 100 pieces. But when he came into the space, his initial primary sell was 0 0.02 for a one of one. And now these pieces are trading for almost an ETH a piece. And it's really interesting that in that short amount of time, what I feel like is a short amount of time, you know, he's built that demand and he regularly is selling pieces for an ETH and he has a hundred pieces <laughs> that are trading at that price, you know, and he has the demand that he has built too, that people are seeking these out and they're actually making offers on the pieces and they're bidding on the, you know, which when, you know, I'm just, I'm intrigued by that ability that, you know, did he plan that out? So we maybe need to get him to come to a space. This one would be maybe hard for the timing because he's in Italy. So it would maybe be in the very middle of the night. I think they're six or seven hours ahead. But, you know, just to have that conversation of like, did you intend to do it this way? Was that intentional? Did you just come in and think, okay, we'll try this and see. I know I've heard him speak about how he his plan was he wanted just the average person, just anybody, you know, he said, I wanted somebody just like me to be able to afford to collect my piece. And and, you know, I, I absolutely love that. And I, it's just a different, you know, something had shifted from the time that he came into the space to the time, you know, that I came into the space as far as, you know, prices for one of one art. And there's not a right or a wrong to that, but it's really intriguing to me because he now, you know, has multiple collections that has, and he's seen a lot of success with that. And I know people are also regularly trading even higher than that for some of his pieces. So an interesting study in secondary sales and in 
pricing structure as well. Um, but I just, I, that's one that is intriguing to me that I thought I would mention. Okay, wait, I admit, I got all of that, but I missed the photographer's name. It was Fidel. Fidel everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, okay. Yep. I, I see. I yep. see what you're saying now. I know there's a lot. Of, there's, I, there's a few that have this that what, like what you just described going on for them, and it's it's. I love watching that too. Like seeing that grow, and sometimes I never like I could never go back in time. But I mean, if you're really brand spanking new in this space, you could definitely learn from our. I don't want to call them errors, but I guess maybe some mistakes is I probably would have approached my pricing a little bit different when I first joined the space. However, like that's really hard to say because when each of us enters this journey and, th and this is the hardest part, I think for us pioneers in this space is that we are essentially the guinea pigs. Like it changes every, almost seems every month, like, what the average price is going for. Like I know when I entered the space, it was, I definitely followed my peers and it was, it was low at the time. Like back then that was considered low and it was 0.2 that I started at. And I think it's now a lot, I, I definitely see now it's a lot more common people coming into the space, starting out, out at those addition pricings. And it's just interesting when you start really low, like, and when you do let it build over time, like a year in the space, how much those prices that you had sold were such a low price in the beginning, they just take off, like Emma said, and boom into secondary. And it's just like this, this domino effect almost. It's, it's really cool to watch. I actually do enjoy watching that as well with some photographers in here. Can I just add something on this about the pricing? Um, the you know one of the collectors was talking and he said that you know when they buy for example from super rare it it is for them they can boast that you know what i bought from super rare which means that they have spent a lot of eth buying it you know it's it's almost like um you know buying from let's say target and and from Neiman Marcus. So I heard that between them, they have these discussions. And um, and so th that guy said that, uh, so, you know, like if you buy, let's say, from, uh, you know, a suit from Armani, you, you would show off much more than if you bought it from a store that was not well known, even if the, um, even if that stuff was like, really of good quality right so that 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 actually got me thinking and and that's the reason i never uh, uh like put my price down like i i've seen a lot of people um you know um because the stuff was not selling would actually reduce the price you know and i am so against it i'm like you know it stays at this price if it if it goes it goes if it doesn't it stays there but you know because i value my art at uh, a particular price and i'm not going to reduce it and i've also had this discussion with uh, emma once because because i i'm also quite new like i'm not even 3 months old so I, I I also had to find out if I'm if I was being too arrogant about it, but I actually wasn't being arrogant about it. I, I'm like you know if I don't value my work, no one else will. And 
And Emma also agreed that, you know, if, if I could wait and if, if I was okay with it, then that was the right approach. And it actually did work out in the end. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Swati. I, th- I think if you're present in the space and, and you're showing up and you're growing and, and you're involved with people and learning about this world and, and effectively, you know, putting out good good work, that I definitely think that's important, then definitely price your stuff to value. For in my case, how actually I go about pricing, yeah, definitely I, I value my work. But going back to um, like kind of the help that I that I do here, I know that I do a lot of that. And that goes along the line with like price to value, like just how much I give back into the space. I have to, I do take that into consideration when I'm pricing my work because otherwise I'm not going to be able to beat all it. <laughs> so it's really important. And I, and I, I've learned that lately with like pricing models, like price to sell and, and price to value and really do take into consideration, you know, if, if you're a person in the space that adds value to a lot like a lot of people there are people that share knowledge that really know what they're talking about and I think that definitely should affect pricing in in this space so I take that into consideration as mine and that's only just giving me more of the confidence that I will not be lowering my my prices on my one-of-one Swati I am with you on that and you know I also feel that if you have like really good quality work for example your image and if you are constantly pricing it at point two because you want it to sell out very quickly, I feel that, you know, at some point, like people will be like, okay, it's it's so fantastic, but she's giving it at point two. So I feel that, you know, people will stop, uh, you know, valuing that that awesome work for point two uh, if, if, it's, if it's really that high quality work. Yes, yeah, that that's really interesting, and and I I do agree with that as well. There's one thing that I've actually thought about pricing. Like sometimes, okay, you guys can stop me while I'm ahead because there's this part of me that's very scattered, and I have very random thoughts. But okay, wait, so like when I if I'm selling one of my yellow dress pieces at one ETH, and not everyone is you you definitely are not able to do this at the beginning anymore. Like I just definitely build build yourself up and, and build your name in this space one hundred percent. But if I selling like one of my one of ones, I'm not there yet, but I will be at one ETH versus if I just stayed at this like pricing level of a very low pricing level and I have like major goals in this space and I want to make movements and you know like I want I I definitely want to help people but also help myself I I feel like people how do I explain this um I might have if I'm selling work at a much higher price I might have more like influencing over fellow artists does does that make sense like they will look up to me more because they'll be inspired to do that and that's not to be like say have an ego but it's so that I can help them better because they will come to me for help and I think about that with pricing because it's true like when when you see people who are pricing their work that high and they're selling it and it's moving we look up to them we admire them those are the goals those are the people that we want to be so naturally we're like oh well we should probably be taking advice from from them and I can like see that with with myself because I know that I want to help people and I know that I have a good message to spread 
So that goes along also with pricing for me. I don't know if that is just a totally twisted thought. <laughs> I definitely have that thought a lot with pricing. I that makes that makes perfect sense. And you know what? Like you have images uh, that fantastic, that incredible, to actually demand that price. You know, uh, so there is no need to not do that. And I I agree. I can definitely see that. And I think I think it's important to to look at you know when people like you said, Sarah. I do think that in the space that people that have work that is um, high, you know, that is that is set at a high price. I do think that people look up to them. And I think it's important to also decide you know to study that and see what they are doing, you know, and see if that's the path that you want to take as well, you know, and see how they got there to see if that's because it's it um, there's definitely ones to learn from and see you know if it, if there was something about that that is you know if if it had was related maybe to the timing and also the demand for their work and if there's something you know that the key to, to their success maybe but I think it's it is really important and I think it's to be I think it's in a you can definitely consider that when looking at um you know how to price your work but I think too it's important to have an intention for your plan and if you are making those decisions especially with pricing you know what your goals are for you and if if what you're seeing if it works well for what you want to accomplish if that makes sense yes yes definitely and actually I'm really bad bad at that guys I always like I don't know I look at like everything else sometimes except for I don't know it's 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 really really hard to explain I got that um kind of like that thought in my head from actually from social media because I love observing people I just love seeing how people operate and how they think and um this is really backtracking to like talking about the following and stuff and so the one good, I know I say don't focus on like numbers of your following, but the one benefit of having a larger following, whether it's working for your business or not, is that people automatically assume you know what you're doing. So they come to you, like they look up to you, they look up to you as an inspiration because you have that high number following. So I really translated that here to if I am a, I want to get to that goal, but if I'm able to sell my one of ones at one ETH, then again, I will be able to reach more people. People will come to me more for advice. And yeah, that's just a, just a little bit of a different way that I thought about pricing. And it's, but it's, it, especially for myself, because like, I, I know right away that I'm here educating and helping people. So I want them to come to me because I want to give a, give this good message across. My brain is complicated some days, guys. I think about a lot of things. You cracked me up, Sarah. <laughs> and I think that's that's one of the things that's great about being able to have these spaces so we can have the opportunity to actually share the ideas and talk about it, you know, because I know for myself, I've, you know, my, my opinion and just my viewpoint has broadened a lot by listening to other people. And that's why I always like, you know, even for, you know, bringing up pricing discussions and secondary sales discussions and things like that, like, it's just, I, it's just a really great way of being able to, you know, you already kind of come in with your viewpoint, but 
but just to expand those ideas and learn from each other. And even, I, I think it's great for us to hear other ideas, even if it's not something that we think maybe is the right fit for us. Um, it's just, I think it's, a, it's an important exercise to be able to listen to opinions and be able to deduce and appreciate um, how people feel about them. So, um, and not, not, that wasn't, that was just an, an over, a general comment there, nothing specific as to what you were sharing, because it is, I think it is something too, that I think that with the pricing too, is thinking about what the goals are for secondary and the timing for that, because that was one thing that um, I've seen with a few artists that are growing really quickly in this space. And if they're feeling pressure that they have to increase their prices each time. Um, I think you were in this space this week with the Jordan um, Banks hosted and there was you know, a collector that was speaking in the space that I wasn't very familiar with. But he, one thing that I found intriguing that he mentioned was that artists were pressured to increase their prices with each time that they listed work. And I was really curious if that happens, um, you know, I, when I hear people mention things like that, I always think, well, who's do, you know, who, who's telling, you know, is that what kind where is that pressure coming from? Because too, you know, that's something to consider for primary, then is that does, you know, if, if it's a high price on primary, does it need to, you know, be 50% higher for secondary? Does it need to double for secondary? Does it need to just increase a small amount for like, where does that, you know, how does, how does that factor in for being able to do that pricing and the goals, you know, because we've, you know, if a piece sells for, let's say, you know, 0.2, 0.5 and it's listed for one or 1.5 is, you know, is there a delay in the amount of time that that gets collected? Um, and so, you know, that's, that's something I always think about, but I was really curious with that for him saying that artists are just pressured into increasing their prices every single time. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. Well, I, I honestly think like I, I've only been in this, I think I'm at like five to six months now in this space, but I, I honestly think what we were, this goes back to even before a lot of us entered this space, like it was almost just drilled into our mind, like the, the, the prices that photographers were selling their work at. And I know a lot of people tried, are, are still trying to reach those goals I guess I guess you could say still trying to get up to that like one ETH 1.5 two ETH that they can sell their one of ones at and I think that's actually where a lot of the pressure comes from because you it's like you see your fellow you see your fellow peers doing that but we don't often like associate that they they had a totally different timeline in this space. And when they entered it, it was like really, really wild, but maybe it's not so wild anymore. And for me as a photographer, that I've already been like the the photographer for 12 years outside of NFT. So I definitely took that into consideration when I entered this space, but it didn't seem to work out that way. It was just natural in my brain wave to be like, well, I'm no different than say like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to pick a name like Jenna. Me and Jenna are very good friends and very length of time similar as photographers. So it was just, it just felt natural that I would price my work the same way, but it's very clear that that's not how this worked. So I definitely think there's a lot of pressure that comes from that. And it's just like this, a uh, very, I feel it's a very natural mental way of thinking that just happened organically That makes sense. And thank you for, yeah, thank you for that input. Cause I was curious. I, I don't, 
so that was kind of alluded that collectors are putting pressure on artists to do that. And I've heard that some, you know, and I'm always intrigued by that um, because I, I, I have a group that I kind of am aware of and associate with. And I know the question can be posed at times, you know, what should I do or, you know, questions about pricing, but I'm always intrigued by um, collectors, you know, if, if they, and I'm sure it does happen, but I'm always intrigued by that because I want them to say who it is so we can say, hey, that's not, <laughs> that's not how you this should be. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I actually see some, because, like, it's really important. It's it's not to, like, stalk them to, to buy, our, like, my work. Not at all. I just, I I need to really learn from the collectors because I, I feel they just have a lot of good tidbits to add. But I also, like, you know how we talk a lot about trust and trusting artists? I actually think it's a two-way street, and we need to be able to trust them as well. So I, I actually, you know, and they often share their thoughts in tweets, and sometimes they share very different opinions, or, like, one minute it'll be, you know, lower your prices, or when the next minute it's value it. And that actually breaks a kind of bond of trust for me, and I, I think about that a lot, and this goes along with, you know, from way back to the beginning of the space, we were talking about, you know, learning your collector audience, you can pick your collector audience as well, and who you want to connect with. Just remember that, guys. So be very aware of what a lot of say, there's a lot of amazing collectors in this space, by the way, but there are always going to be the bad apples that are probably squirreling with our minds a bit. So I, I'm, yeah, I understand what you're saying with this, Emma. I, I have seen that as well. I think as artists, you know, really trust your gut and really observe what, what they are saying because they have a lot of power over uh, what artists do because, I, I, you know, artists are really looking for direction in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can, and I, I understand that for sure. Um, and I think, again, you know, I mentioned, you know, kind of looking at those, you know, that you're, that you're, that you admire or that are making moves in the space, but it's also really important to get to know on the other side, you know, investigating and kind of asking, you know, do you know this person? Are you familiar? You know, have you had any interaction just because it is important um, because, you know, just, just, we, you know, talking about secondary cells, they can, it can also go the other way where, you know, someone lists something on secondary below the floor price. And that, I just don't, I don't like that at all. You know, um, I, that, in fact, I've, I've bought pieces because that's the way they were, because it just didn't need to be that way, especially before a collection was, you know, ever, but the you know, particular collection wasn't, hadn't even had a chance to sell out yet. And that just, that's just not, <laughs> not the way I think it should be. But, um, you know, figuring that out and knowing who it is that, um, you know, you're building that relationship with and seeing if your goals align because it, that part is important. Um, and I don't think it's ever bad, you know, to have those that you have a trusted relationship, even collectors that you have, that if there's someone you're curious about to reach out and say, hey, have you had any interaction? Because it's amazing how, how connected, you know, they different collectors are in the space as well. But um, we also have Jassy with us. Hi, Jassy. It's great to see you, and I know you've got your hand up. <laughs> hi, hi, Emma. Hi, Sarah. And uh, um, I was uh, kind of poked by Swati <laughs> in my DM that why don't you come up? It's a, it's a wonderful space going on. So uh, I said, okay, why not? If it's a meta jungle space, uh, let's let's hop in. 
I think interesting conversation. Uh, I've um, I've had my own mixed thoughts on on both uh, how to price and uh, and what is the secondary, and um, my and it's just my thoughts. Um, uh, what I understand is that <clears throat> and and coming to even the topic that when uh, uh, Emma mentioned that uh, you get to hear uh, from artists that they've been pushed to raise the prices. I think. I think uh, it's uh, um, uh, where do I start now? Okay, uh, from the pricing point, my my thoughts have been when I when I uh, dropped my Genesis collection in February, um, everybody was telling me that that you can you can uh, keep the differential pricing, and everybody was of the opinion uh, that I should not bring out everybody in the sense that everybody I was talking to everybody does not mean. The re- the right kind of people or the best people who are aware of how it works, or uh, uh, or the collectors know. Uh, it was just few friends who were on the space, and I was uh, always uh, I was obviously uh, connecting with them. I had no clue what Meta Jungle is. I had no clue who who Alpha is. I had no clue who anybody of other collectors that I have right now who are they. So uh, my interaction was happening with my with my peers. And uh, based on their experience, I was told that first thing was don't mint your Genesis collection as your best work. Don't mint your best work as your Genesis collection. Uh, pardon. So um, that somehow I could not ja- digest. Then, then because because in the end, when you are talking about uh, throwing something on on uh, blockchain. Uh, my common sense, even with the limited understanding of what it is, it told me that it is going to stay there forever. And why would I want to start my journey with a work which I feel uh, to be mediocre? Uh, best is always subjective, but in my own opinion, it should not be the mediocre work uh, that should come out. Now, the tricky part was the pricing, and uh, differential pricing is is what was suggested. And so I went with it. Um, so I dropped my one of the finest uh, landscape uh, black and white fine art uh, photographs, and uh, uh, and priced it really way too aggressively, starting from point uh, one two to going up to point uh, two five. It was quite a variation, um, not not ideal. I realized later on, uh, but the lower the floor price also was not. uh the value add that i was doing to my own images that i was posting and i think point 1 2 has been pointed out by many um later on as well and they continue to do so anybody uh, who goes to see that uh, looks at the genesis collection they say that it is uh, priced way too aggressively and and uh, probably um, uh, i've been told that probably i was uh, looking for a fast sell out not always sometimes you are under the impression that this is the only right way even if you are not really looking for a fast sell out even if you are patient enough but at times you get um, kind of uh, influenced by a uh, few talks uh, that happen between you and and uh, your fellow creators um, so i also fell for that it got sold out and then in between i put it put my another couple of images on uh, foundation which was priced way higher uh, 0.69 that was also sold now come to think of it my thoughts have been and, and correct me if i'm wrong one piece which i consider to be one of my best 
genuinely considered to be one of my best when i put it on open sea if i put a price beyond and i'm talking about my initial stages of initial 3 4 months i'm talking about not going beyond that now so my my uh, um, kind of uh, um, reach is limited my collector base is 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 way too limited my community is still shaping up and um, and uh, kind of kind of art that is being thrown day in and day out is mind boggling um the quality and uh, and the same piece if i post it on uh, minted on ot if it goes beyond 0.4 people will say ha huh, so he is getting greedy now so from 0.1 from 0.2 he straight away wants to jump to 0.4 at the moment i decide to mint that piece on foundation at that point of time even at 0.7 eth i uh, uh, 0.6 eth people will say wow foundation 0.6 eth it is good same piece i am not on super rare if i go on super rare and and mint it for 1 eth it will be lapped up so it's it's kind of it's kind of tricky um your value of the piece goes up by the platform you are minting it on so are we talking about that this this space is about um art i doubt it is multiple of many things good art with an unknown artist sorry it's not going to pick it up it's not going to pick up somebody might some day come and and lap it up but but that's about it you would not have created that momentum you would not have created that desired buzz but so it is art more than that who the artist is and how strong the community he is building and on which platform he is minting i think these are multiple and way too complicated uh, um, aspects which will help you sell and which will help you price also and i was i remember having a discussion chat with uh, um, with alpha just before uh, minting my uh third collection which was on sloika which which got withdrawn and and got relaunched and i was i was uh, really wanting to understand the pricing strategy because i was uh, i was confused and i am still confused to be very honest uh whatever i'm saying is based on my uh what i've seen in last 3 4 months what i will talk tomorrow might be totally contradictory and i think that's perfectly all right paradigm shifts do happen uh based on your understanding better understanding Uh, of the subject so i was having a discussion with him i said how should i price it so he said what is uh, the uh, most expensive piece that you've sold so i did not even talk about foundation and I, when i talk about most expensive piece sold i do not even consider foundation because i realized that um, uh, that was one of case and that is that has been the one of case for many artists because they price uh, at one eth also and put there and they, that also gets sold out at at, at a certain point of time uh so i was saying that uh, it was 0.25 uh, which was uh, uh, the most expensive piece on uh, my genesis collection in open sea so he says depend it all depends upon uh, your goals so that makes a lot of sense so he says what is your goal right now so my goal obviously at this point also is uh, is multiple one is broaden my collector base because if i'm here to stay for long if i'm here um for forever in my life then uh it's like that golden 
egg kind of in the chicken story that i don't want to kill the chicken just to get all the eggs which are golden uh, it, it's not going to be useful so the best way is that broaden the collector base which will help me stay um, really uh, uh, relevant for long run and if i want to do that i have to be gradual in price increase at times i might not want to increase uh, the price and i took it that and my uh, um, uh, in, in my sloika the most expensive piece uh, is 0.3 so uh, from from 0.25 i've just raised it to 0.3 and uh, um, and i i started with the the floor price on sloika at 0.25 so i have not gone with too much of variation will it sell i don't know because there are multiple factors we are talking about additions these days so so i think it all depends upon individual goals valuing is again very subjective because if i talk about my i um, in real life kind of a uh, status that i enjoy uh, i know that if i demand uh, more people will be ready to buy um, and and but but coming here i am building my own reputation um, uh, i have not come here and 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 uh, announced that i have come here from uh, from so and so in real life with so many followers uh, having conducted so many workshops having changed so many lives of photographers and, and blah 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 um, i'm i my reputation is uh, being built daily and, uh, and and i'm happy that i started with my strongest genesis and the pricing was uh, aggressive regrets uh, no regrets at all because in the end as an artist you will still be creating your your uh, best art uh, sometime in times to come and uh, that gives lot of uh, hope and that gives lot of strength um so uh, sorry for this long blabber because there are too many things that that are going on in my mind secondary in the end i would just like to take, talk about secondary secondary is in my opinion is just not there right now uh, i i might not be talking in in line with many of the thoughts uh, here because i did not listen to that but in my opinion secondary happens only when the collectors really come together and push it um one of secondary sale that can continue to happen forever but creating a momentum showing that secondary is strong can only happen in in a scenario in 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 a collection of an artist who is just four or five months old who is still not established his name can only happen when um, when uh, everybody who buys comes together and pushes it otherwise i don't think i've seen too much of secondary happening in in uh, Uh, all across the board because uh, mike has been an exception yes um with the uh, samya um, i'm talking about the people i know with samya it took off then it suddenly died down suddenly died down and uh, i think it is true even with mike it's it's not happening as of now uh, i would like to be corrected uh, uh, because if it is happening it is really fantastic um so i think uh, everybody will have to come together to push secondary because secondary is the lifeline for a for a creator uh, that's what i believe because uh, otherwise kind of uh, uh, garnering as much 
ETH as possible in primary is not going to be easy in the beer run in particular. Uh, it's not easy. It is going to really push the prices so high that people will stay away. And uh, right now, we know that we are talking about additions also, the compact addition size to be 10 to 12 and price range to be uh, 0 0.02 to 0 0.025. 0 0.03 today also looks ex expensive now. Uh, which did not look expensive 15 days back. So this case is moving so fast that uh, that we don't know what we are talking today uh, when it is relevant and we agree to that will stay relevant tomorrow or not. Um, sorry, guys, for for I, I've had train of thoughts. So I just wanted to share and uh, I would really love if if anybody can come and counter because uh, it's a learning process. Uh, this is just my understanding based on whatever I've seen and I might be wrong because um, because that's the way it is uh, the, the, what we see is just one focal length and uh, if I'm seeing at 250 mm 16 mm somebody is looking at I think there's a whole lot of uh, 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 things that are not visible to me and I would like to get that wider view thank you <laughs> I think I will jump in. Actually, I don't. I, I don't want uh, want to counter Jassi. Whatever he said is, is it, I mean, it is completely resonate with me. The same things. Uh, there is no point of uh, discussing about secondary as of now, which I believe uh, because we still early stage. Uh, mainly, um, see, secondary happened because the market was good. Uh, some secondary happened because of that because the flippers they want to flip it. That is only reset. Uh, secondary happen. It's not not like. Uh, uh, and uh, one more thing, I felt like uh, see someone want to get that piece, so definitely someone want to list it. I mean, the collector who collected stuff, he want to list it. Then only he can purchase for the secondary. So most of the collection is currently happening. Uh, the case of like uh, someone resonate with, he want to keep it as a as his asset. And uh, uh, something like uh, someone is collecting, like uh, supporting an artist. Uh, so in that way, I don't think so. Secondary will move fast enough now. It may happen maybe after two years, three years or something like that. And don't know how, what way it will progress. But all these collected stuff, people are ready to list it, right? Then only it will move, otherwise it will not. And... Uh, I do have uh, uh, several con conversation with a few collectors. Uh, what they're saying is, see, I, my question is like this to them. What do you do with all these NFTs? Do, what is your plan? So what he is saying is, I keep it in my wallet. I don't have any other plan right now. So the most of the collectors are thinking in that way. They are not thinking as, as making money out of it. If the people feel that something, okay, that artist, uh, I mean, artist is growing in this platform, uh, his floor price is increasing. Okay, why not? I can also support this artist. Um, I want to list it in secondary with a better pricing. Then that artist will get benefited with that uh, royalty. That kind of uh, uh, triggering things is not happening now. It's not, it's not the time to discuss that. It may take time. It may take time, maybe all these people will exist in NFT world or not. I'm seeing, I've been here almost a year. I've seen a lot of good collectors earlier time, 
they are not here now they vanished some they came up they came up just for making their 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 community then they left so what happened recently one thing happened i don't want to mention it just vanished people are people are invested in that project and just vanished so um the thing is <laughs> we just keep what we are doing and we focus on our our nfts no need to worry much on the secondary as of now and um, i mean the collectors um creators ratio is too far in this platform so we need that uh, collectors base increase more then all those things is happen then so secondary things happen in even our collective this borough of collective secondary happen because someone unable to collect from the first uh, primary time so they want forced to collect from the secondary so someone listed it if no one is listing there is no no possibility to get from the secondary so that is the thing uh, there is no other secondary market as of now as per me Thank you for that, Anil. And um, sorry, I thought I saw that Sarah's mic um, was off, so we might have lost her briefly. But I think that that's um, a really interesting viewpoint for sure. And I think that um, it it may go ahead and be um, early for it. But I think that the t- the com- I think it's good to have a conversation and to you know talk about the process and and keep it on you know keep planning for it for the future. Um, but Jesse, you go ahead. You're welcome to reply. I think uh, um, a thought crossed my mind when when Anil was speaking. There are a couple of terms that we we continue to talk about: secondary, flip. These came from PFP projects, and uh, we are trying to, in a way, carry that forward with art, with with photography, or with any kind of art. Now there is a there is a difference if. if an art piece is being purchased by a collector who is actually into pfps and who does not understand art and he just sees the value in some way or the other and wants to flip it then he will put it on secondary and will flip it we know that today uh, we have seen this um, anybody who is wanting to create a secondary market is buying two pieces which clearly shows that they are not ready to part ways with the art that they have collected so i think art is always going to behave differently until unless there are whale collectors who can even buy two pieces of one on ones even if their price higher and have the kind of courage and strength and the and their their their, their strong community base to push that on secondary at double the price or whatever amount uh, until then secondary is will always remain a myth and in terms of i think in in times to come secondary word probably will um, uh, i don't know but i'm i'm thinking that it might vanish because because with art you are talking totally different i mean i mean till now believe me this is what i'm uh, this is how i have thought till now while pricing i have never thought of secondary and i've never even thought of 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 uh, uh, kind of um, collecting as much eth in my primary no that has also not been the thought process pricing has been a totally different ball game 
pricing has been how can i keep it aggressive and still keep value still still add value that secondary if it happens fine we know that it's not happening and i don't even think about that and flip i think these few terms will will uh, really transform over a period of time when we talk about art provided art continues to remain bullish in uh, in collectors mind uh, provided they continue to see art as, as as a value add in their wallet or in their collection or in their gallery um we don't know tomorrow what holds for us um uh, we have so swiftly moved away from pfps to to art that it is really mind boggling i mean one year uh, prior we were talking about uh, pfps and fast forward to one year one year is nothing and we we know that what has happened to pfps there are hardly any projects which are which are coming and which are really uh, 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 rising to the uh, creating their uh, value uh, by increasing the floor price that's not happening we've seen what happened to sunnies and all and uh, and all that stuff so provided photography and art remains uh, um, in the radar of all the collectors i think flip and secondary are going to take a lot of transformation over a period of time and how they really appear later on is is going to be interesting to see exactly that's the whole point i mentioned actually there is no secondary right now because the things is happening only for the purpose what i'm talking about the same thing like flipping that's the thing this not about art sharing or art transfer art transfer is not happening in real world art transfer is happening only because the demand go up like anything then the fellow who collected the art he force or he, he compelled to share that art to someone so there are several factors in that that will not happen in uh, nft as of now as of now is completely different even if you consider even if you consider the nft platform right now the percentage of uh, art collectors uh, will be more the art collectors in the sense the people background from the traders or the crypto traders will be more than the real art collectors who really invest money in it and they want to collect it so that is not there right now until otherwise you get more art collectors into the platform then all these things will happen now currently one more thing i just want to emphasize the the pfp things of course now because of uh, all this art whether it is photography or digital art they literally take over that's the reason otherwise this this kind of activity will not be there we are the people engaging on daily basis where are the pfps where are the pfp activities happening so even the pfps existence also depends upon we people who the creators we may sell our artwork and we planning to uh, collect in some some kind of pfps like jassi said so he collected sunny or he collected something because he he feel that okay i can invest some money into that pfp so the kind of he being part of that uh, pfp project so the pfp's existence also depends on these creators who the, the artists who involve in the system so the artist is not making any money he is not making any sales the pfp will also die down 
I don't think so. PFP only exists with the, these traders. It is quite difficult. So that is, the, that, is, that is the ecosystem they need to develop. I think they, that is the same reason all these PFP holders, PFP promoters, they're trying to help, uh, um, I mean, artists or get the sales. Same time, uh, they feel that, okay, they will give back. They will be part of the uh, part of these uh, PFPs so the PFP can exist. So that is the ecosystem developing. Hi, can you guys, can you guys hear me now? <laughs> I was trying to talk through the whole time. There was like little moments I tried to talk with my AirPods, but I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> I was like, "Why, guys? Can you hear me? I'm here." Okay. Anyways, I just saw, I saw I saw that Ty keeps coming to join us, and he's up here now to speak, and he had his hand up. Ty, how how are you doing? I'm good. Um, so much has been said, so I don't really know where to start, and I'm getting a little bit ruggy myself, so hopefully my connection's all good. Um, Jassy, I got a question for you, mate, uh, because you said that you have not been pricing your NFTs with the thought of any secondary sales or the prospect of any secondary sales. Um, is that correct? Did I hear that correctly? Absolutely. Okay, so in the in that regard, mate, um, would you be excited if you got a secondary sale? Why not? Exactly. And I, I, think, I also, yeah, I also I said think that a lot more artists really need to um, take secondary sales seriously moving into the future um, because it is a really cool prospect. Not just the fact that we have royalties, uh, but just the whole. The way in which the smart contracts can be deployed and transferred means that there is a lot more um, authenticity in regards to how our art can be traded moving forward. Um, and I would encourage everybody to look at NFTs as a bit of a marathon as opposed to a sprint. I know that right now the technology and the markets are in their infancy, but I'm a pretty firm believer that cryptocurrency and NFT markets are not just here to here to stay, but they're really going to explode and they're going to be adopted by the masses. Um, and if we, if I believe that, if other people believe that, we need to be aware that this technology is probably not just going to be around a decade from now, but it's going to be a lot more advanced and a lot more well-established than it is right now. And we are essentially laying the foundations, not just for this technology, but for our portfolios and our careers as artists moving forward. And with that mentality in mind, I think it is extremely important that we price with secondary sales in mind. Um, I'm an artist of about 15 years now, so I'm not really relying upon income from NFTs or anything like that. But I think it's a pretty cool prospect that somebody can collect my art for, let's say, 500 USD right now. Um, and they can acknowledge that I already have a decade of experience. And chances are in another two years, uh, two decades time, sorry. I'm still going to be creating. I'm still going to be out there working. Um, and I think that adds a lot of credibility and a huge prospect for your collectors to eventually flip and find um, profits in the secondary market. And this isn't something that's going to be happening immediately, like right now for the vast majority of us. But if you're truly passionate and you truly believe in your legacy and your career as an artist, I think you should be taking secondary sales into consideration at the very least that's kind of all i've got to say right now 
Yeah, so I I totally agree. I I would just like to clarify here uh, is that I am all for secondary, and I mentioned this that um, if secondary happens, there's nothing like it because that is going to remain the lifeline in the long run for all the artists. Uh, but when when I mentioned about uh, pricing part, I said that right now um, all the collectors. are buying who are investing who are investing into art are investing to uh, they are they are they are art connoisseurs i i kind of so they are collecting art not from the thought process of flipping it or putting it up on secondary um i know that it is going to blast off it is really going to go to a different level uh in times to come and i am bullish on that we are just starting out secondary is going to uh, uh become impactful but in in this form or in a different form we don't know so when i'm pricing all i'm saying is that i'm not keeping you know if i'm pricing at let's say uh, hypothetically 0.1 and uh, so what is the 10% that i will get it is it aggressive to put it to be considered uh, to put on secondary by a by collector or will he will uh, uh, will he uh kind of uh, be tempted when i when i lower the price so these kinds of thoughts are not going on in my mind while i'm pricing i might be totally wrong because i'm just new into into the system i'm also learning so my while i'm pricing i'm just considering what could be my aggressive price uh, point for a collection one on one or or editions and still uh, i show that i add value to my own work Uh, that i'm putting up there uh, for sale on blockchain my thought is not to sell out fast my thought is only that uh, it should go to uh, as many collectors wide variety of collectors as possible possible because that will give me a strong foundation each collector is not going to be collecting like this forever i i, I think each does not flow through tap so so um we are going to see some collectors taking a break in between new collectors will come in they'll bring their own new perspective if i don't have my collector base as broad collector base then i will probably start losing out on that that is that is the thought process that i have during pricing and during pricing i'm not keeping secondary as a consideration right now if i have to and if i am doing something wrong i will be ready to mend my ways right now because i am a i am a fast learner i would like to learn through my mistakes i have no hesitation in saying uh, accepting that i have committed a mistake i have no hesitation ever and uh, would love to learn the right way and move it in that direction hey jassy mate there is no wrong or right way right now as long as you're being respectful and you're being ethical then So the counts really I feel because so much of of what we're discussing right now is not just anecdotes but we're just we're experimenting kind of figuring this out for ourselves and it's interesting that you share your experiences because I've actually had like completely opposite experiences with my collection and yeah I'm I yeah super interesting man I think it's really important just to kind of understand that it can go both ways there are a lot of collectors out there that are purely collecting just because they really appreciate the art and then um the majority of my um pieces that we collected that was about 9 10 months ago 
Um, and at that point in time, a lot of those people were PFP traders. And I don't think the majority of my collectors actually really collected my art because they care that much about it. And I know that for a fact because within like a day or whatever, they would be buying those at point one or point two and they would be listing them at over an ETH. Um, and the collection was sold out, right? So I think they kind of saw that as an opportunity to flip it while it was hot and while there was demand there. And I think if you can get to that point where there is a high demand for your work, and I see this happen like every bloody day in the NFT photography community and artists space, you know, um, there are some artists, their work is just that highly regarded and the demand is there, um, but there isn't necessarily the supply. And I think when you have that formula, you start to see like secondary, third, fourth sales going on almost every day. If you can get to that sweet spot, I reckon that's like pretty much where you want to be in the NFT market right now. And there is huge merit to those secondary sales, especially because of the royalties. You know, if somebody's fucking selling something at two, three, four ETH and you're getting 10% of that every time it's, it's resold, like that's insane. I'm obviously like everybody kind of knows about this already, but I think a lot of people just kind of neglect that factor. For me personally, that's what I'm really hoping for is, is secondary, third, fourth sales down the line. I know that's not going to happen immediately for me personally, um, but it's a huge aspiration of mine for NFTs. I think there's a lot more of like a marathon mentality surrounding that than just like selling out a collection and and no more attention being garnered from it. That was really, really well said, Ty. And I, I don't have much to add to it other than I completely agree with you. And even if like we're, some people are not generating those secondary sales, this is a really great time to start learning and educating about it so that we can all look to the future with secondary sales because they are very, very 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 important so really really love what you all all shared there shared there that was really great little back and forth thank you guys so good that's why we love the spaces you know we get to hear both sides of the story usually completely agree hi and and i do really appreciate what you said as long as it's ethical and it's respectful you know that we're making up you know we're learning as we go and those are important parts and um it's always encouraging to hear that that's a guiding force um because that's you know that's how we're building trust and being able to move through the space so thank you for all that you um shared and i think that i totally agree with sarah um and i know we have we have a new speaker on the panel we have cal i didn't know if you wanted to jump into the conversation as well but you're welcome to if you'd like and it's okay if you're not it's totally fine <laughs> you may not be with us or might be rugging just a little bit um but yeah oh hi cal Hey guys, how are you? Sorry, I um, I think I actually accidentally pressed the request mic button. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm speaking now. So um, <laughs> um, hope everyone's going well. Um, completely agree with everything that was uh said with regards to the conversation just then. Secondary sales are incredibly important. I personally haven't um looked too much at secondary sales. I've only just jumped back into the NFT Twitter community after being away for quite a while. So basically just trying to insert myself and um, 
be part of the community again. But um, yeah, just uh, like to say good day and um, yeah, appreciate everyone's input into the conversation. Well, happy to have you with us. That, to be honest, is a small fear of mine that I will hit that button and not mean to. <laughs> but we're very happy to have you with us. Uh, so, and yeah. Yes, your, um, your contribution was great. So you're welcome to stay up and share if you'd like. And we have Samia joining us as well. And we'll get Harini back up here too. Hi, Samia. How are you? Hi, hi. Good morning from India. <laughs> um, quite a bit of a hangover from last night, but uh, I, I did not get a chance uh, to speak, uh, you know, um, uh, yesterday night in, in one of another space, actually, which wa was done by one of my friends. But I thought, why not early in the morning? Let's let's just come and uh, and see what's happening with Sarah space, because I, I think last time I was also here and towards the end, some wonderful, uh, you know, comments and, and alpha was, was dropped. So um, I don't know. I actually missed that entire conversation that happened. I wanted to know about. Uh, more interesting facts about how secondary works because for me it's still still pretty pretty much uh, an unexplored uh, territory though I have tried my best towards you know uh, exploring more of the potential and to some extent was successful with my phase one drop of uh, split stories but then to be honest I've seen that uh, the entire uh, you know flow of secondary actually stops after a bit at least for me um, I don't know. I mean, I have also seen for the other successful, some other successful drops uh, from our fellow artists. I have, I have not seen that. This has been like a very constant flow. Probably in the first couple of days, you know, when we actually have the floor hot, uh, you know, that that starts growing and then we have the floor price in the secondary also rising a bit. But I have seen that the entire... Um, you know, the entire, uh, uh, what do I say, the popularity of these pieces die after the third day, you know. Um, I know I have, I've seen a lot of people actually pushing their secondary market um, sales by giving incentives. I've seen that, do, I mean, I have done that myself, but somehow there is a bit of a feeling that maybe after two or three days, uh, probably if, if the floor is not moving, then a lot of people are delisting uh, stuff. You know, I've seen that with my, um, you know, my, my secondaries as well, that after the third day, uh, two of my friends actually delisted the, uh, you know, pieces. They told me as well that, um, no, I mean, it's fine. We're not going to, we are keep it, uh, keeping it for ourselves, but we are not going to sell it. So I don't know why that happens, but, or, or rather, what is that way of, of achieving that PFP level of movement on the secondary, but, to be honest, I'm I'm actually interested to learn, and uh, probably I'll catch up on the recording that has happened for this session right throughout the morning session of the of the or last night because I am actually looking forward to learn more. One thing that I heard uh, in one of the spaces that was being done by a super rare artist, I don't remember uh, her name, but she was actually doing a very interesting uh, session on 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 primary uh, becoming one of the leads uh, lead. Uh, catalyst towards secondary as well for future drops is is what we are trying to actually achieve through our historical projects or the projects that we actually do on a long-term basis so that you know that constant flow is is ensured um, even at a later stage um, of our journey right for example i started off with my addition
uh, phase one, then I'll have a phase two, and then I'll have a phase three. Something like that going on, so that uh, at some point in time, there is of course reason for people to buy into the collection, and it just doesn't die down. For example, if somebody has say say uh, you know a plan to actually go for a thirty um, pieces, and they start off with ten ten each, that means it's a five phase uh, drop of of additions, or maybe one of one. So. Um, you know maybe uh, when when the person actually goes ahead with the third phase drop there is still people who want to buy into the first phase because they want to be a part of the journey so that is a way of actually you know keeping the floor moving uh, right throughout the uh, you know their their life cycle of of the of of their existence and their historical value on the blockchain but to be honest it's still pretty much a wild west for me when it comes to the secondary market in photography i've seen you know chris max you know win max you know these two people who are really popular in the space and some very good work under their uh, you know portfolio they have also launched their editions and their secondary is pretty much stalled so i do not know if there's any specific reason for that or or if there's specific way that a, an artist actually can come and promote the secondary but to be honest i'm also uh, learning the process of actually how to how to make it moving so one thing that one of my friends uh, arun was mentioning last time when i was discussing this uh, uh, you know what could be the strategies of actually get, you know getting up there uh, getting getting the secondary is actually uh, moving is that he always suggested that whenever it comes to somebody purchasing editions it's better that actually you you go for uh, like two copies you know one for yourself and one to flip um now it is i do not know whether it's possible for artists to actually go in and invest uh, so much into it into one project because you know we all know uh, that uh, you know we we want to buy into somebody's work right and as as artists we do not have so much of eth power to actually go in and buy from everyone but at some point in time we would need something or we are we aspire to have some pieces up up uh, in our own gallery which is not possible because the one of ones are price price so high so that is the reason why probably people suggest that you get two pieces uh, and and it is possible if you actually plan it if you don't jump into probably each and every one of those editions you can actually plan like one out of the three editions that we buy that we actually get two because it's often difficult for us to get uh, you know to put up something on secondary if it sales that your piece is gone so actually there are a lot of permutations and combinations that a lot of artists actually go and do but to be honest i still do not have one stop solution about how that secondary sales or the secondary floor would move so probably i'm going to catch up on the recording and see how much alpha has been dropped by sarah i'm sure she 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 knows a lot about how this uh, you know at least we can start off with the secondary sales and then uh, probably continue with the momentum so yeah i mean that's what i wanted to share and uh, that's what i wanted to know hopefully uh, you know more we move into the Space more we actually learn from from people will be able to crack this and actually take photography to the level of PFPs. That's probably been the aspiration so far. That's it from my side, Irma. That's it from my side, Sarah. Uh, in case uh, anybody wants to add something or maybe you know know something more about you know how probably I wanted to uh, drive the secondary, I'm happy to answer that. But as of now, that's it from my side. Sam, Samia, we were waiting for you this entire time. We were even like, where is he? Why is he not here joining us? But here you are and we just learned that you are coming to us with a hangover. So I hope that you feel okay. 
thank you for everything that that you added. You can be sure that for like the first three hours, we talked about social media a lot. <laughs> we learned a lot of things. It was good. It's it's been a good space. Oh wow! <laughs> so I guess uh, <laughs> I guess uh, it, it it started off with navigating from IG only, and then I I, I was so feeling that FOMO once I grew. I mean, when I woke up in the morning and I saw that there, we are talking about secondary sales and something that I have not been able to crack. So I thought, why I probably have missed a lot. But uh, good to know that I haven't. But uh, in case uh, you know. Um, in case you guys know a bit about uh, about how to keep the momentum going because that is something that i have been really struggling to achieve on the secondary space um then please do let us know and maybe we can actually have a space dedicated space for people who are doing well like um, i think uh, um i i don't remember the names actually i'm very bad with names there are somebody's uh, you know editions which are really really on top even after so many days um it always keeps appearing on our uh, open sea num- number 1 to 3 uh, list uh, sir if you remember you can let us know but um, you know i have been seeing these artists continuously building their sales and momentum on the secondary i'm not talking about george hammond's uh, um, you know editions because that has been like a like a, it has touched i think 30 eth uh, volume traded a couple of days back that's like an iconic piece which which of course we had seen on instagram multiple times but even beyond that um if there's something that we can actually do to continue with this uh you know juice flowing into the secondary i'll be very very happy to incorporate that in my future drops as well yeah Sorry, so I didn't mean to leave that big pause there. Sorry, Samia. I I I wonder the same thing as you. Like when when you do start to generate like those secondary sales, and let's say it does slow down a little bit, like how to keep that going. And I think as we keep growing and learning, and like learning, you know, just 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 new ways how to navigate this space. I still think the working on and focusing on your your relationships with those collectors is key to keeping that momentum going actually and just i know we say this a lot and it's so it's it it's cliche but it's so so true really like showing confidently that authenticity of yourself it's like yeah i i feel like your connections with your collectors and the more that you meet and grow in this space is what's going to help keep that momentum so it really is just about time learning, growing, meeting new people, new connections and then, you know, you never know, maybe next month you might meet a new co- a collector that you really really connect with. He's going to he or she is going to come in and swoop up one of those secondary pieces for sure. So when you're looking for secondary sales, are you concentrating more on like collector collector or artists who are also collecting? like who because i think like you know if the artist you know the artist can also be a big collector but let's say for people like us uh you know sometimes it is hard for us to uh, buy on the secondary so I, i'm just thinking that should we then if i'm an artist and if i want my work to sell on the secondary uh, should i then concentrate on like someone who actually has that buying power more than 
maybe an artist like me who will sometimes buy but not necessarily have uh, the fun to you know uh, like spend a lot of eth buying something i do want to let um after i'm just going to say one thing to this and i i want to see what ty has to say to it as well because he's bringing a lot has added a really lot of great stuff to this conversation with the the secondary sales i honest for myself this is myself and 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 my goals and what i believe the future for me is here i would focus on creating those relationships with collector collectors and not really focus on my artist friends like i i realize like how much they add to we all you know collect from each other and add to the space but that's not my long-term goal is is not with artists by buying my work even though the obviously the additions have shown that that's very possible for artists to collect artwork but yes secondary sales i definitely i'm definitely appreciative if if my friends or fellow artists buy from it but they're they're not the ones i'm like targeting to do it if that makes sense especially because I, I like to listen to a lot of them in in the back channels and you know I chat with all you guys and we often talk about pricing and what we can afford so I know that there's kind of like this threshold that artists can afford and when my secondary sales go beyond that price like there's 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 no way so actually Swati you were you were probably the perfect example of this with me because you bought my piece on secondary but the reason why I approached you with it, and I had even I had even talked to actually other people about this, I knew how bad you actually did want one. Like I genuinely felt that, and it was like a very small increase. I think it went from like point zero three five to maybe I don't what what was it point zero five or zero. I think point point zero six. Yeah, I think. Well, that yeah. yeah. It was tiny and I knew, I knew the moment that was released publicly, it would, it was going to be gone. I just, I just knew it. But I even said to the people I was talking to, I was like, just wait, I know who wants this. And I, I had a feeling you would take it because you, you really, really wanted it. And I wanted to make sure you got it at that really ridiculously low price still before it just skyrocketed. So you were actually the only one that I thought of in that way of secondary just like oh damn swati scoop this up because it's coming in at this price yeah and i also scooped it up because uh, because it's your work and i and i knew at the time although I, I love it very much and i want to keep it with me but i also know the potential of your work uh, selling at a much higher price um you know, if I want to really sell it, uh, uh, you know, next time. And and that's exactly what happened, right? Alpha had, uh, like, uh, collected your work more than one. So he put one in the secondary and it actually sold uh, at a much higher price than 0. 0.06, right? Yeah, it sold at almost 0. 0.2. So, like, so the you one... see, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. I, I wanted to make sure, like, it was more so... I wanted to give you the opportunity just in case you really, really wanted that piece, which I was pretty sure you did. And I, 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 you are my fellow artist. Like I know that your budget is not of say the, the person that bought the piece at point two, like that's kind of a collector with a vision, with a future in mind. And he purposely bought that piece for a reason, right? Like you're very different, obviously. So I did move with intent actually with those secondary pieces. And I wanted to make sure that you were able to get it at that price. 
and i think with editions what had happened and this is you know it, uh, there are exceptions to buying editions you know from few people like i said with yours i know that the prices the potential of it going way higher is much more than maybe some uh, not to say that it can't but uh, but my thing is that you know one of the because that's the reason why i didn't do editions because i felt at some point you know one one of the uh, one of the collectors had told me because i i was talking to him and i said you know you know a lot of people are uh, asking me to like go like make an edition and you know that like I, right i was also discussing it with you guys uh, you know in our dms but then i decided against it because you know he said something so right he said you guys are just exchanging bumper stickers i buy from you you buy from me so if you are really uh, coming out with editions because one on one of ones are not selling that much and you just want to tide over plus you also want to give uh, you know your fellow artists the option to buy your work which is you know uh, much higher and they not buy, going to buy one of ones they can still own yours but uh, which is a very fantastic uh, idea but think about it you're actually not making any money because you are going on buying editions and then you come out with editions then they feel obligated to buy it from you and then you're just exchanging bumper stickers and that's when it occurred to me and i actually completely dropped the idea no i think uh, one small thing that i wanted to quickly mention here is that it's not it's not an obligation to be honest at, at least i don't feel that obligation because uh, you know um, at some point in time when uh, say uh, when i when i drop uh, an edition or maybe i drop a teaser of uh, that something is coming up um, i have seen people who who probably i have never collected from they also get in touch and they're not necessarily collectors okay so um, yeah could be some some people do feel that um, you know that sort of a pressure that okay i mean if i if somebody has collected from me i will go ahead and i also collect i will also collect from them but essentially that that hasn't happened with me i can i can tell you uh, it's it's purely because uh, a lot of people could not afford to buy something from me before and then they wanted to jump in uh, into that band bandwagon uh, that is where uh, it all started but yes i think what uh, swati was asking is i mean what she was trying to mean essentially is that where where do we actually um, you know start building on that collector base so that they not only collect from our primary but also feel equally uh, you know um, equally drawn towards the secondary market of it now let me uh, quickly uh, you know talk about one of my uh, first collectors who came to my collection through the secondary was shanoff okay uh, now i know shanoff from a long time uh, uh, because uh, you know when when subodh had come into the space i know uh, he had collected from subodh initially um, and then we and he also did a space with him uh, Uh, about how you know how what was the thought process behind collecting etc etc so i have been like following him for a long time but obviously we didn't have a chat on dm uh, to be honest you know it was it was just going on uh, just like that so when um, you know when my drop party happened for for phase 1 of of the last edition drop um, i saw that uh, he had probably joined that drop party for a bit 
and then i realized after some time uh, probably at night that he had collected a piece from alpha which he had actually put it up on secondary because he also got like two sets from me in the initial days then i obviously i texted him saying that okay thank you so much for uh, for getting a piece uh, from the secondary and he said that what why why are you mentioning secondary because i wanted a piece from you uh, from a long time probably i missed out on the the notification that you are coming up with something and when i actually visited uh, the page i saw that there were two pieces two or three pieces available um, on the secondary itself and i got it so it's not secondary for me it's a way of me getting into your collection for the first time so that was a great uh, you know discussion and we had a you know bit of a conversation uh, after that as well so uh, it is very true that uh, you know probably what you mentioned is could be true for a few artists but generally collectors still there are still collectors who do not look at secondary as a secondary market itself that they look at it to uh, to buy into somebody's collection and a collection that they have been eyeing for a long time which i have seen uh, with shonoff being uh, being a major collector there uh then of course i have like a few few chats i have had a few chats with some of the other people uh like frankie danky the ones who have never collected from me but then we keep having chats about secondary because some, something that i really want to understand is that as a collector do you really value that space as much as you do for a primary uh, and more often than not i have seen that they actually value it more because um i mean i have i have i have actually been quite startled by their their thoughts about the secondary market they feel that uh, you know if an artist's price is growing up on the secondary market which means that they really have a lot of value out there um and and if i am buying something uh, i don't remember who actually told me was it giga or was it frankie danky but but they said that when uh, you know we actually buy something at 2x the price which means that essentially this artist has a long term road map and that's why the collectors the ones who have collected they are safe enough they feel safe enough to put put that piece up on secondary for this price and then i am being able to scoop up which means that i also have trust in that collector as well as the artist so i think it was a you know eye opener for me when i had a chat with these people um and essentially i also encourage uh, you know the collectors who of course ask me that you know if if you are comfortable in <clears throat> in putting uh, in me putting up your piece on the secondary this is also something that you know i think your conversation with the collector should happen like this that uh, if somebody asks you you should be very open about it there's no harm in putting uh, you know uh, stuff up on out there on the secondary if somebody doesn't want to part with the pieces that's absolutely fine but you should encourage in case somebody actually reaches out to you it's no harm you know it's it's fine your floor moves the collector also understands your value as an artist and i think that's way that's the way you establish your long term uh, presence in the space as well that's what i wanted to share yeah that was that was really well well said samia and and thanks for adding that and really enjoying all the things that you guys were actually talking about right now I do want to check in with Ty cuz he had his hand, hand up for a little bit so I just want to want to definitely see what he has to add to it. If you're still with us Ty that is. Yeah, I'm still here. Um this these conversations move so fast like in these Twitter spaces sometimes it's like kind of hard to to keep up but from from what I can gather and honestly I I can't even speak from personal experience cuz I don't have any secondary sales but I heard somebody make a remark earlier. I think it might even be new, Samia, um, in regards to just the PFP market and their secondary sales and whatnot. And I think it's really important that we make a clear distinction between 
uh, one of one art and PFP projects, um, and for obvious reasons. But I don't think we're ever going to see um, our markets turn into what we see in the PFP markets. Just inherently, that will never happen. And I think that's for the better, honestly. Um, there's there's a lot of bullshit in the PFP markets. I have never purchased any PFPs personally. I've um, collected art from friends, people that I know in real world, people that I know have a pre-existing career, people that I know are going to leave a legacy behind and want to showcase the beauty of this world and don't want to rob people, don't want to scam people. Um, so I think it's really important that we um, we not only foster the one-of-one art community, but we just try and uphold integrity. Um, and part of that is going to come with the secondary sales. That's kind of going to be out of our control. You know, people that are collectors of our art, ultimately um, they can do whatever they want with our NFTs. Um, and there's something that's kind of a little bit scary about that. Um, but in the traditional art world, there's stuff going on behind closed doors every day. Um, some pretty sinister stuff. There's art being stolen. There's art being, you know, handed around in in ways that are a bit more like back alley, I suppose, if that's what you want to call it, or back room. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that at least we have the transparency of the ledger of the blockchain. Um, so, yeah, the, the secondary market is a tough thing to crack, you know, um, and I think that's where it comes back to that marathon mentality. I think it's kind of cool that people are willing to to acquire one of your NFTs and hold on to it for a long time because we see that happen in the, in the real world art market. Um, people will buy art. Like my father is a prime example. He knows quite a bit about indigenous art here in Australia. Um, and he has a couple of indigenous paintings that he's bought. Um, he bought them like quite cheap in some, some vintage antique thrift stores, I guess you'd say. Um, and they're worth quite a bit of money. Um, and he hopes to pass them down to me um he doesn't plan on selling them and i think that's another cool prospect that we can think of with nfts as well if you've actually especially if you've uh deployed your own custom contract you can be pretty certain that that contract is going to stand the test of time um and there's something pretty cool about you know leaving that legacy behind with your art and that prospective secondary sale for maybe your kids you know down the line when they inherit your nfts um, and whatever, you know, utility is attached to that um, and whatever um, provenance that comes with the artist that you've collected from, I think that's pretty amazing, you know, that there's the prospect that that secondary sale can occur, you know, a decade from now. And that's the mentality that I think people really need to start having um, looking forward, especially with art, is that these secondary sales are not going to happen like they do in the PFP market, but that's just a pretty cool prospect that this type of thing could be occurring, you know, a hundred years from now. Yeah. I, I love that. We were, we all, oh, you guys should have came in a little bit earlier. We were talking, it was right before you all came in. We were like, just talking about, you know, and even just planting like this little dream in people's heads. Like, you know, think of, think of the future, think of art. It's a pipe dream for sure. Yeah, like I don't know that this is going to happen for certain, but I think it is a pretty cool prospect. It happens. That could in, occur. It happens in in the in if you like start studying art in the in real life world, and you will see the value that it holds, like over time, and and understand that not all collectors they're all different, but you know they all have taught us. They this comes from their mouths. They've all taught us like 
you know, why they're here, some of the reasons why they're here. A lot of collectors are here to in- invest just like they invest into stocks and all of that stuff. And it's just, you know, secondary, even in the in real life world, it has always added value to artists. It's just a win-win situation for both. So of course, like secondary, it's just, even if it's not happening for some people, just learn about it, educate yourself about it and understand the possibilities for the future. Don't think so short term, just need to make a sale right now. Just need these sales, just need these sales. I mean, of course, that's a really nice feeling that we had to pay our bills. So let's find a balance. But think long term, my friends, there's possibilities here. There are dreams here. You can become in five to 10 years time, one of, if you really work hard at it, you can become a very well-known artist in this world. The opportunity is here. I just want to say, Sarah, though, on the flip side, there is a very big window of opportunity here. Like it is, it's becoming a little bit more narrow than it was perhaps like 12 months ago, let's say. Um, But I think people need to just make some some smaller goals leading up to those long-term prospects, a secondary and third or fourth sales. You know, like there's a lot of people that are probably sitting in this space right now that haven't even sold a single NFT. And that's okay. That's completely fine. Like that's why you hop in these spaces and you, you just become a sponge. But um, yeah, just think of the secondary sales a bit more of like a long-term goal as opposed to just like getting a primary sale like that that should be more of an immediate goal that you're working towards. Totally agree, Ty. That was, yeah, really, really great, you guys. Um, And Jesse, you are welcome to take the mic if you'd like. Yeah, I think wonderful uh, uh, thoughts shared by Samia and Ty again. And uh, Swati also asked one very interesting and relevant question. Uh, basis what Ty just mentioned, um, I remember having uh, in one of these spaces almost a um, um, couple of months back probably uh, spoke about that why why NFTs and what is so different between uh, in real in real life kind of situation and NFTs and and my immediate thought was and I think it is relevant at this point of time and it's probably it will be linked to secondary as well that. As an artist, what is my ultimate desire? Um, and that is, I think, that every artist does, uh, feels and, and, and wants to be known by his or her art, even beyond um, my, my life um, and many, many years beyond my life. Uh, and NFT is the best platform. The blockchain is the best place where this can become a reality. Uh, and I think I think this is the, the most beautiful thing that some collector will buy the art, even if he keeps it with him, and uh, he, it is going to remind uh, him of, of me as, as, as an artist every time he looks at it. And that's something wonderful. And beyond that as well, if it moves within the blockchain uh, to different custodians, through secondary sales, it would really mean that probably somebody whom I don't even know today, who might even, who probably I will not even know in my lifetime, will still savor my art, will keep it with himself, 
and and um, uh, will remember me as an artist um uh, for just because of the the art piece that he bought from wherever uh, primary or secondary and that is such a special feeling to have That input is so great, Jesse. I completely agree, um, and always appreciate every all the value you add to the conversation. Um, and if there's anyone else on the stage, I know Zach has joined us, and I'm guessing you may have some input on this conversation. I know that this is one that um, you you uh, have. I'm sure you have some information to share with us. <laughs> you know, first I was. I was just uh, doing a quick scroll before I sat down to edit. I was going to watch some trash on Netflix in the background. And I saw Sarah come in the feed and I saw she was in space. I was like, what, what space are you in right now? And I got to say, I'm pretty surprised to see everybody back here at it again after, I don't know how many of them, eight hours ago, um, you know, for that drop party. So funny to see everybody back. I was pretty surprised to see this, uh, this group here again. And then, I was prompted to come up by what Harini said, but now she is gone. But I figure I'll address it anyway. So she mentioned this uh, trading of bumper stickers idea. And uh, I just thought that was preposterous. And so I wanted to share why. And, you know, I, I wonder if that's a friend of mine that said that or, or you know, maybe not. But, um, I mean, trading of bumper stickers with these editions, I, I feel so differently. I think if an artist is able to release editions, sell these editions, and then they're able to, you know, finally buy artwork and put themselves in a position to be able to financially move forward when the market does grow, I think is such an empowering thing. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about editions. And at the end of the day, if, if, if that collector or somebody is viewing additions as bumper stickers, like, why are you collecting? It just doesn't necessarily compute in my, my mind. You know, it seemed like, a, I don't know. So I, I got to hit up Harini and kind of um, ask her about that. Cause that didn't necessarily make sense to me. And it's like, yes, you may be collecting from your friends, but that's because you're an artist and your friends are artists, you know? And um, I don't think that takes away from the, value of what you're collecting because they're your friends zach that was actually actually me who said that oh I man thought, good i'm so glad i thought i, I thought i would just <laughs> put it on her but you know what I, she's my good friend so i just my conscience wouldn't allow that oh, i love it no, but, 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 the, but but the person who said that didn't say it in a you know in a demeaning manner he was just trying to do the math and was saying that you know if you are trying to make money uh, then you're actually not if you do the math you're not making money so he said that you know it's good that you can collect and all that but if you are coming out with additions because you want to make quick money when uh, you know your one of ones are not um, selling then you know then actually if you calculate you're just buying art from each other and then you are actually left with nothing so you actually made nothing i mean but once again i think that uh, i understand yes if you're trying to net eth in the short term but if you're looking at this as a long-term space the concept is preposterous 
it's 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 such an empowering way for people to move forward and be because otherwise look if you're just making right by preposterous you mean good right zach no i I think it's like it's a ridiculous like the i'm just saying this bumper sticker idea is preposterous i'm saying i i think that by actually um you know selling additions and then be able to put that back into the ecosystem and then now you own these additions and you own assets i think that's super empowering so i just think that it's a it was a very bizarre sort of um perspective like i mean maybe i just misinterpreted it Here's, here's the way that I see it. Not that re- anybody really asked for my two cents, but here fucking goes. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool, as you said, that like it's it's kind of like an asset. And I almost see it as like a little bit of an investment based off like what I've already said within this space would be that it's an opportunity for you to essentially hold an asset from a company, if that's what you want to fucking look at it, or a corporation or a brand, because honestly we need to start treating like a lot of these projects as photographers and artists etc as branding um but anyway like just being able to hold an asset from that brand um could yield a good return long term you know like if they're if that artist has success and they become quite prominent at least you're still holding a little piece of their work down the line right so in that regard, I still think it is quite positive, the whole like additions trend. But I also think that it somewhat waters down the market. Waters down the market and in, in what sense just when you're saying when there is just this sort of trade that you're describing. Um, sorry, can you articulate that again? That's like, the, would, are, you, are you asking me how does it water down the market? Yes, exactly. I think um, in regards to that, it's providing more of a supply than there is a demand. Like, I'm not saying that the people's editions aren't selling out, et cetera, but I think you you almost said it yourself. Like, people's one-of-ones weren't moving, and I know that people were still keen to, like, prop up the market, et cetera, but I feel as though, like, this is creating more of a supply than there is a demand, than there is a collect then there are collectors, et cetera. And then you end up with a scenario where I don't know if it's an obligation. Maybe people feel as if it is an obligation to collect from one another on like a smaller scale through these additions. Does that make sense? Have I articulated that correctly? Yeah, yeah but I, I would say, I don't know that it's, um, you know, with supply. I mean, I think, I think one, you know, yeah, as the market is getting tighter now, people aren't going to be able to get away with things they got away with early releasing additions, you know, like things are going to have to be really tight addition size, pricing, image, story, metadata, you know, so I think the it's going to get a lot harder, but I think that the, the draw in additions is the liquidity it's bringing in the market. So not necessarily, it's just like a different tool. And the, the problem with one of ones per se is that, um, and, you know, Alpha Trilogy had mentioned this. It's like most of the people that are collecting one of ones aren't necessarily planning to sell them. So they buy them and they hold them and there's no secondary market. Whereas if it's broken up into these smaller pieces, now it's it's very different. And so now, I mean, that, that was my the first thing 
when I came into this market and say December, January, like I started collecting editions, it was like the one spot in the NFT photography market where there was liquidity. And so I think that's why they're more valuable in general. And, and like, I mean, I, I think one of ones will always serve a purpose and sure. If you end up having a one of one of somebody, you know, an artist has been successful, there's going to be tremendous value. But I think that, I mean, it makes sense to me that additions would be more of the standard because they're just more movable. You know, they're, they're more liquid. Like that's the biggest issue with investing in general. Like you do not want to get stuck with something that's illiquid. You know, when people invest in options, like that's the, it's you're you're dead in the water. If you invest in something that doesn't have liquidity, you know, there's so many, like, it's all about liquidity. And I think that's the power of additions, not necessarily, I'm not looking at it as from like supplier demand. Yeah, man. Very, very, very good food for thought. Like I, um, I suppose I'd thought of it in that way, but just never articulated it in that way. So it's, it's a pretty cool prospect in that regard. I love additions. If you can't tell. No, no, no. I, I think they're cool. Um, one thing that I think would like to see with editions is maybe just like smaller edition sizes, like five or 10 pieces, as opposed to like these, these big, like 50 or a hundred pieces. Um, not just, is that going to be a hell of a lot easier for artists to, to move? Um, well, yeah, that's pretty much it actually. It's just a hell of a lot easier for artists to move, but I think it also just factors into that scarcity as well that's something that i've been very considerate of i haven't even listed any nft since like last october november something like that so that's something that i'm being very mindful of moving into the future because i know that i've got quite a career ahead of myself and i'd like to think that's the same with a lot of other people um and i think it's just wise to have like like a scarce amount of work out there especially if you've already got work out there ready for people to pick up and you called it. That's that's the trend. That's what's going to happen. So that's what I'm saying. People have been. Um, and once ago, I give Alpha credit for that because he's the one that said this to me like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, and he was talking about these smaller edition sizes of five, ten. Like, why do you have to do these bigger ones? But so people that released early would get away with these bigger editions. Now, as so many editions are out there. And people start to wrap their head around, it's like, oh, it's actually really hard to sell and move 50 editions. That's going to be the trend is going to be these much smaller editions because that's it's like people don't want to get stuck. So I think that is ultimately what you're going to start seeing. So with that being said, Zach, um, and this would just be like a logical move, I suppose. Do you think that will mean that people are going to be charging more? per edition piece just simply to reflect that scarcity uh i don't i mean i would say it's like it's just a matter of um you know because once you sell your edition once your edition sells out you can just drop another i think that's the advantage whereas if you just uh you know release this bigger edition that's because that's one of the problems with these bigger editions people aren't cognizant of the overall you know, price of the edition. Whereas uh, as long as you're pricing it similar to, or I don't know, you know, maybe like within two X of, uh, let's say of your one of one, I think it's probably 
reasonable that you know you can expect it to move whereas if you have stuff on the market at you know i spoke about this with somebody last night at like 0.1 that's not necessarily moving and then your addition is 1.4 eth you're gonna run into some problems i believe you know maybe not you know but i think that uh and it's like everybody can try different things but yeah if you're wait when you say 1.4 eth you just mean the total volume yes the cumulative value so i think more or less um you know trying to think of your like basically if you price an addition cumulatively to be the exact same price as a one of one naturally you're going to have more demand for the addition it's just going to sell better like look Dude, Look this such... combo has been fucking amazing. I just want to, I want to let you know that it's been some real good food for thought. Good. You know, like Alpha loved Sajin's, uh, which I bought, I don't know, three, four of, you know, his edition. I love his work in general, but it's like, you know, he was just on point with that edition on the, and it was priced and the size, everything was just on point. It was actually priced just barely less then let's say a one of one of his. So it's like the piece was amazing. The size was small. And so the, the advantage of these smaller additions is once again, it's like you hit that point of critical mass. It's like somebody looks up and you have two sales and then they have to make that choice. Oh, I either have to buy this now or I, you know, I'm not ever, ever going to be able to, uh, to buy it, you know, whereas if you have an addition of 50 and I look and, you know, there's only, you know, there's 48 to go that is not a pressing decision in my life. The odds of me buying that, unless I'm really trying to drive that for that artist, you know, are slim. Whereas if I look later, it might be something I'm interested in, but what's the rush? You know, we have so many decisions you have to make in life and you have to make an NFT space. If there's all these open editions, you know, there's absolutely zero incentive to buy, you know, when there's so many left to sell. So that's the advantage of these smaller ones. You guys are doing a really great job. Just <laughs> we've been really enjoying. All of I know I'm, I'm done. Somebody else speak. I was no, like... no, just keep going. We have been in this space now for four hours and forty minutes. And are my, you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. And and me and Emma have had a long day. And Swati and Harini. Well, Harini's not. I mean, Swati's you can close the space whenever you need I to. I I'm constantly <laughs> just telling people they need to keep a, a balanced lifestyle going here. So Absolutely. if the hosts feel like it's time to close up, then that is all good by me and I'm sure by everybody else. Do you know what? This, <laughs> it always happens like when it does get to – seriously, it's been actually really quiet up until like the last hour and i'm like what the heck where is everybody <laughs> we were like just down under mate and in india and just the other side of the world you know i know it's so tricky to get the timing right it really really is no i guess the last hour is always uh, <laughs> always action-packed for your spaces because india is waking up uh, at this juncture hence <laughs> it's of course quite action-packed and uh, with that setup and uh, and everybody else, I am going to take a leave because I'm going to make my coffee in a limited edition mug. 
I have to get that because else my entire day is going to be a fucking headache. So I'm going to get that. But, uh, you know, towards the last half, uh, I would say last one hour, there's plenty of interesting alpha being dropped. Uh, and uh, But then still that Wild West-centric idea about secondary remains remains that this is like a, you know, a, a thought which is like a black hole. You know, you keep talking about it, talking about it, and still you get immersed in it every time. So before I, I get immersed in the day's work, just wanted to say bye-bye to all my friends uh, before I get my coffee. And uh, uh, looking forward to the next space, Sarah. And um, I'm I'm actually wanted to come and speak a bit about the Instagram part of it because I haven't spoken much about it. And there are certain interests that's being uh, generated much more than the last time that we spoke on this particular pointer that whether people are taking interest um, from Instagram itself. But probably because we have moved a bit into the secondary market-centric thoughts, I'll park it for the next session. I have a few things to share uh, because a lot of questions came in uh, in my last Instagram sticker AMA about NFTs and those were some interesting insights. So maybe the next time when we speak about it in the in the IG to uh, NFT navigation, I'll, I'll bring those up. But as of now, goodbye from my side and have a great day, you guys. Samia, before you go, good morning. And, uh, you know, just through messages, I can tell from Samia, like, He's so into secondary. He wants his stuff to be on the secondary so badly. And so he, I could tell he's trying to encourage me. I'm not putting it on the secondary. I'm holding it. But uh, I could just tell he's, he's aggressive trying to tell people to uh, put it on the secondary. You should do it. You should do it. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I, he mentions it, but I'm just like, I can't let go. That's the hard part. When we love the work so much, we just can't let it go. <laughs> You guys, I already solved this for you earlier today in the other space. You gotta buy two. So you can put one on secondary and hold one. Alpha's the only one that did and they're all, yeah, they go too fast. <laughs> totally. It's like I, I wanted to give somebody else a, a shot at it. So something about it didn't feel right about, uh, yeah. Yep. Zach, Alpha, and I would have collected the whole thing and then where would we be? <laughs> It would have been hard to let go of that one, too. <laughs> I have actually put uh, one of Aisha's uh, editions in the secondary because I got two. So one uh, I actually put in the secondary a few days back. I forgot about that. I'm I'm definitely putting my Harinis up um, tomorrow, probably at an ETH for fun because I'm the only one with two. And... Um, yeah, I can basically set the price. And I found out now today that there's no cost for listing a Sloika edition on, or, you know, something you bought on Sloika on the secondary. So I'm going to have fun with that. I'm probably just going to set a new secondary price for Harini every week. See, Zach is not going to rub it in. Good for Harini. I hope it goes on the secondary. And just to mention, there is a Sarah edition on secondary as well out there. So if anybody is looking to join Team oh, Banana. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I guess I should make uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> it's, I mean, if you want a good price, I think it's 0 0.06 right now. So if you want a banana, that now's your chance. That that was my selling pitch. Go buy, go buy a banana, okay? Somebody undercut me? I think it was actually, yeah, I think so. It was, um, 
uh, what's his name? Dan. Dan Hawk. Dan. Dan Hawk yep. wants, he wants that. He like really wants a secondary sale. So <laughs> he tweeted about it tonight. He really, really does. It's not even that big of a jump either. It went from 0.03 to 0.06. So it's pretty good price. I, I tweeted about it if you guys want it. I'm really bad at marketing this right now because my brain is mush. But it's there if you want a banana. After, you know, after your last space, one of these last ones, you know, we were talking about, you know, that I had the, the set. And so I think I put the one up reaching for the moon at point one. And I, th- I thought about putting it up at like 0. 0.06, 0. 0.07. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. So, I, you know, if I make a secondary sale at point one, you know, got the bundle at 0.03, fantastic. But if not, it can uh, hang out there. But it just didn't seem right putting it up at 0. 0.06, 0. 0.07. Well, I, I, I can also obviously help with the aid of moving these pieces and like tweet about them. I just haven't yet. But when I did with my other edition, like just tweeting about it and it, it actually worked. So there was some people that were eyeing up my first edition for sure, because one of them sold at point two. So and to me, selling at point two on secondary is like I'm very proud of myself that that happened. So pretty happy to see that. I know I sold this. I sold one of your first edition on secondary, Sarah, and I believe it was point one two six nine. I believe so. Um, I was it did it did really well. So um, there is that opportunity. I also this week I sold Zach. I know you bought into this too. Um, I sold one of Masson's editions. Um, I had bought two a while back, and I oh, actually snap. <laughs> yep, I sold it for point seven six nine. Dang, you know. I got to say, that was one of the times, like, I, you know, I was kicking myself. So basically when that, um, you know, I have four of them now, but at the time, you know, so I was in a space with Subode and that dropped. And honestly, it had come to my mind. I was thinking about who do I want to, you know, invest in the space. And Misan had come to my mind. I was like, man, Misan is, is like, I mean, I think he's going to be a legend when it's all said and done. And, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for him. And then that edition came out and I missed the drop. And then I bought it on the secondary, like, you know, right after. And then, you know, what you see with these editions is they act like IPOs. You know, they get really hot and then they go up, up, up. So basically that first that first sale on the secondary is usually that's where you want to be. You know, that first person who lists at like 3x makes that sale. And then they drop, you know, and then it drops, 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 and then it has a bounce and then it'll drop again and kind of like settle in. And that's when you and Alpha came and swept that floor and I had been eyeing it and just didn't have the ETH at the time. And so I wanted to buy, you know, they were down there like maybe a point one, and I've been looking and I saw both you do it. And it was kind of before I really connected a lot with you both. And I saw, I was like, damn it. And I, I, so I saw it and I was like, you, you both did. I love that move. And then uh, I ended up getting like a little bit later, but I kind of did the same thing, you know, like maybe around like I bought a few more, maybe around like 0.2. So I think I have one priced around an ETH, but I, I think that that addition ends up settling in around an ETH. So we'll see. 
Yeah, it was really interesting. And that was one thing you're, you're exactly right with watching the pricing. Um, he had tweeted that one had sold on the secondary for 0.69. And I thought, I thought I had one priced close to that. And so I went back and looked at the listing and he had created the, I think he had created the interest. And so I listed mine and it sold within minutes. Um, so it is, it is interesting to see how that plays out. And it's just to, you know, to keep that conversation. That's something I see with Fidel too, um, is he, you know, create that interest in that excitement and that does create that interest so um definitely good good food for thought and sarah i won't kick off a whole nother conversation because i know you're <laughs> but zach we have this we have this space every friday night starting in, at seven o'clock our time so you are always welcome to join us we talk about all kinds current things pricing all kinds of good stuff so you're always welcome and everybody of course is welcome to join us but we do this at 7 p.m central standard time every week so um and we love having these great conversations about all these topics but secondary has been really good uh, has been a big interest to us lately sammy has shared with us last week that someone told him that they were not interested in his secondhand editions and that has just rattled my brain ever since so um sharing those topics and bringing those ideas to the table so <laughs> yeah they I oh, sorry I just yeah <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> i just oh, i just God. jumped back <laughs> i thought that i'll just uh, quickly make my coffee and just like uh, probably go to bed again today but i jumped back uh, because that point was like so uh, disgusting to my ears you know it it rings in my ears like crazy these days that i don't want a second hand edition <laughs> I was just like uh, that person. I mean, um, first of all, I had to go through a complete round of glossary education for that person that what is a secondary market vis-a-vis -vis what is a second-hand copy. So, <laughs> and and believe me, the person didn't understand even after that. <laughs> so I left. I left it where it was because uh, you know. Um, when somebody comes to you and and tells you that you know you i i don't want a second hand copy of you uh, of your work uh, which essentially opens up a lot of lot of dimensional thoughts in your mind that what is the perception in the market about secondary right and i was talking to harini last day because uh, you know there was a bit of a talk about whether somebody can actually afford a piece on the secondary or not that and and i was having a chat but probably you know both uh, you know all of you guys uh, you know emma sara jassi sir zach swati um, all of you guys i think it's 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 good that we are talking about secondary in an open forum because a lot of people might have different ideas different opinion about how a secondary market actually operates and uh, and believe me there are a few people still in the space not a few people actually a lot of people who who probably thinks that the kind of value that particular piece might have on the primary might not be there might not percolate down to the secondary market because uh, somebody has actually bought it and he's listing up on sale so somebody actually came and told me this i mean this is the same person actually not not somebody else that if i now buy from the secondary you are not benefiting the one who has bought from you is benefiting so why should i benefit the other person and i was like you know back end of my mind i was boiling <laughs> it was my temperature was going up and i was still trying to educate that person because uh, probably i also needed to do that if that the perception of secondary has to change um I don't know whether that perception has changed or whether that person has understood uh, the the implication. But if this is uh, 
you know that that sort of understanding about what a secondary piece uh, or a piece that means on the secondary i think um, i hope that perception doesn't percolate down to the other levels as well because these people definitely talk about all of these things in their social gatherings or or maybe their calls etc etc i hope that feeling doesn't doesn't come in so i guess this sort of sessions would be very very helpful in understanding or appreciating that the secondary market is the same as the primary just that it is another way to get or buy into somebody's piece if you have missed it in the earlier 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 days and i know for a fact that zack has also gotten one of ones of secondary as well i think he bought subodh's piece from secondary i remember dilek put, you know putting up a tweet uh, some months back that he had bought something from uh, from her uh, from the from the secondary market as well so yeah i mean emma <laughs> thank you for studying up those memories those were horrific memories as far as i am concerned but still those all the experience are important i feel so <laughs> now back to my coffee so i mean i got a uh, yeah i got Dil- no i got dilek's um genesis you know, a piece from her Genesis on the secondary. And she actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I can't wait, by the way, to uh, talk, you know, with friends and, you know, talk about their second hand work. That's going to be fantastic. That's so funny. Um, amazing. And, you know, I don't know as much about uh, selling on the secondary, you know, something that Sonny pointed out, you know, like pointing out with Mike's, you know, lit and like the loss in transit drop you know, making this chart and pointing out on the secondary, basically what's available at what prices. So you kind of get to figure out, you know, where it's going to move. And I think that's really interesting, you know, so basically that's how I've been approaching like secondary purchases. Like you were talking about George's, you know, George Hammond's uh, edition. Like I, I basically, I, I feel like I have been the secondary for the last month. Like I, I bought three, I have four now, but I bought three, um, you know, all really quickly within about a, a week. Cause I was kind of looking at it and, you know, I saw the pricing and if you see, if like, if you clean up that floor and you kind of look, it's like, well, this is going to make a huge jump. And, you know, right now, you know, he's not that far away from that making a massive jump. And it's not to say people can't list on the secondary again, but you know, if you have a lot of stuff sitting down there holding down the floor at a certain price, it's, you know, it's going to take too much effort to kind of push that secondary. But if you look in and you're looking to buy, you know, something on the secondary and there's a decent amount of pieces there and you realize like, oh, if I actually buy this on the secondary and that price is going to, the floor is going to double, triple, like that's a beautiful opportunity to actually jump in and, uh, you know, make a secondary purchase. That is a good point, Zach. Absolutely. And yeah, it'll, I think the more we have these conversations and share these, um, you know, our experiences, the more we can help kind of bridge the gap and move into the secondary market um, and share, you know, share our, our things that we're surprised about and things that um, we accomplish. So, and I, so I hope you come back next week, Zach, because you're, this is a topic that you have studied through and through and have a lot of feedback on. So we learn from you for sure. Yeah, please, please come back. Come come back again and, and share this. Like, oh, the beginning of the space. <laughs> we really, really, really could have used all the people that are here now. Definitely. But it was it was more. Well, Samia missed it because he wanted to talk about Instagram. So you missed all the Instagram talk. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. I'm OK with that.
somebody somebody was talking about balance and like who who that spends a lot of time in this space has good balance in their life anybody anybody is there one no here? no zach let me tell you I looked, at, I, I looked at my screen time like i mean i'm definitely working towards something so i just accept it right now but i looked at my screen time for the week and just between like instagram because i do a lot of business stuff on there as well instagram and twitter i was at 64 hours just on these two apps so that's more than a full-time job you guys oh man it's full on so ty you're the unicorn you have balance I believe, yeah, like I'm constantly striving to find it, um, like just for context, like I'm, I'm a privileged white boy, I come from a good background and I've only just had to find my own two feet in like the last two years throughout the pandemic, like I moved out of home and um, got a girlfriend, like I don't have a mortgage, I don't have kids, etc. but I'm just trying to learn every day about like taking adult responsibility on and um, trying to find time to, to create and exercise and eat right prepare good meals with actual food um and yeah man i i like to multitask while i'm on these spaces honestly um i think like that's that's a pretty crucial thing um especially as a freelancer is just being able to take on multiple challenges multiple responsibilities um so yeah i'm like always advocating for balance mate i don't think it's especially coming back to this like marathon mentality I'm talking about, you're just going to get burned out. And I found that out like throughout COVID lockdown, I was going pretty hard out in the spaces. And I think that definitely helped in, in terms of um, not only building up a reputation, but also just driving those NFT sales. Um, But now that my work like in real life has come back full swing, like I've obviously got to dedicate a lot more time to that. But the way that I see it is that, that's just as important as anything else that happens online because even though we're building connections here in a digital sphere, those translate into the real world. Like I've met so many people from these Twitter spaces now in real life. It's been amazing. Um, And just being able to like call them prospective work colleagues even on future projects is pretty amazing. So I hope that just gives like everybody a bit of a better understanding of how to like find that balance. Cause I think it's really important. It's definitely going to like impact your, your reputation in real life. And that's inherently going to repu- like impact your reputation online. Respect. My life is also extremely balanced because Friday evenings, my husband knows that I'm going to be here chatting with all of you. So he's very happy because he sits right next to me. Uh, right now he's taking a call, uh, talking to his sister, but he sits right next to me. He's playing PS5. He's happy. I'm happy. And we have this perfect understanding sitting right next to each other, doing our things, feeling loved. But that's balance, right? <laughs> 100% that's balance. Yeah. And like I've... I've um, had to to take on that responsibility as well, like moving into a long-term relationship with my partner that I live with. And she's very understanding of me, like sitting in these Twitter spaces. She will like, you know, even mock me sometimes, call me a nerd and whatnot. But in the grand scheme of things, she realizes that it's a very integral part of growing your business as a freelancer. It's not just like networking with people, but just spreading the message about your art and what you're creating. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I think at some point, you know, he also uh, uh, has started enjoying it, although he's not participating, but he's kind of listening while he's playing. And, you know, he knows like most of the people. Does he know what a rug is? (laughs) Whom I interact with on a regular basis, right? So he's just sitting there. He knows everybody. So (laughs) it's so funny. You need to teach him all the slang. It's real funny. Like um, (laughs) I just say GM to my girlfriend now. (laughs) I still, most of the time, if I can, I would still write good morning. I'm I'm so old school. But then I'm slow. I still say, oh, she posted it. And then I said, oh, dang, it's pinned. (laughs) So I'm still, uh, you know, learning (laughs) the lingo. And every time somebody writes uh, the uh, the abbreviations, most of it I don't understand. So Harini is my to-go person. I send her a message saying, what does this mean? So she has now sent me a list of all these abbreviations so that I can refer to it because most of the time I have no freaking clue. Can I, I, sorry, Zach, I just want to add that I'm a person with zero balance probably why I'm single. Sometimes I think I'm going a little bit crazy. And I asked my therapist if this is going to kill me. And he was like, Sarah, just make sure you get outside 20 minutes a day. Like what sort of therapist says that just 20 minutes out of the day? No, he did say like, um, he, he, he believes that anything that's new requires a lot of focus and like obsession and that's it's just kind of how it is and he actually thinks that that's really healthy and if people were more obsessed on things and actually kept with them and kept at them then we'd have a lot of really great thinkers in the world and so on so so forth but of course this is this is only temporary and I fully believe my life will balance out after I don't know I don't know how long this will take we'll see well so Sarah, I can tell you that uh, I am in a relationship. I am married, and I feel like I have no balance. So I don't think that that's the the factor. Um, but my wife is a therapist, for whatever that that's worth. That's so awesome! So she can keep you in check. I I do want to say this, this was interesting. I went on a date with someone. This was like a couple weeks ago, and he's does not into NFTs at all. And I kind of told him what I was into. I have no idea how to explain this to men, by the way, that don't know what NFTs are. Anyways, and you know what he said to me? He was like, "Is it too early to propose?" And I was like, "What? What are the things you've been hearing out there in the web?" Two world that's wild anyways he thinks that i could have been his sugar mama so it's really funny to see like the perspective of people who are not in this space that's why you should make that youtube video as soon as possible before they date you you have to give them tasks okay so see uh, videos one through five <laughs> before we go on a date once they're ready they're well informed and then they can go and you can you know just chat with them and talk nfts i have thought about this moving forward it would make my life easier if i was dating someone who was in a similar position as me i mean we could just accomplish so much more as a team right and Come also i, d- I just had a pretty team. funny idea you know what dating shows, how they have those little intro videos that they make? You could uh, just produce one of those for yourself. No. Okay. I want, oh my gosh, now we're just rambling. We are going to close this space down soon, guys. But wait, 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 wait. I was on a dating app. I'm like on the fence with dating apps. And you can link your Instagram to them. 
And like, I have a lot of content on my Instagram. I've got a lot of videos, you know, like that's what I do. I brand and, and sell myself. But you can't really like make that connection on a dating app. You can just see the content. And this one guy was like, he messaged me and he's like, holy shit did you just make a trailer for your life for this dating app? And I was like, Oh my God, that, that was when I knew I was like, I can't date like this traditional way. I don't know how to explain this to people. So that's, yeah, we're just here hanging out with you guys. Talking about you know, life. Sarah, I think that you might be one of those people who might meet somebody in these spaces. And uh, I was saying like, I can't wait till the first marriage that happens like you know proposal that happens through these spaces you know who we know and um yeah maybe it's a we can have a spaces wedding um <laughs> there's a group of us that are coming to new york there's like five five of us girls anyways we're all single and we're all making a spreadsheet of all the men that we meet <laughs> Oh my gosh, I shouldn't tell you guys this. Anyways. Wait, is this what females get up to when they go on holidays together? Yes. No, this is what we talk about. You would think like that when we hang out in the in real this is why it's so important to have the in real life connections. You would think that we talk about like NFTs all the time. We don't. We just talk about the complete opposite. And we're all uh, most of us are actually all single, so we talk about guys all the time. It's like it's such it's so refreshing though. It's a good reminder of the life that exists outside of here. When and you look at Ty, he's like so oh, you girls talk about boys as if boys don't talk about girls. You know, it's like, oh my god, you girls are also talking about boys. Cause you know it it is yeah, our we don't make a spreadsheet though. Oh, right. We're not that organized. <laughs> I think the spreadsheet was to keep it organized so we didn't, um, so we could rank them by like types. Cause we, oh my God, I just, it, it really was a joke, but we're just, you know, so you don't overlap. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sarah, you have to take the wallet address also. Check that out before you go. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen. Somehow, Ty, I missed that she said spreadsheet until you just said it again. So now I'm just kind of thinking about that. That's uh, that's aggressive, Sarah. And when... I, we're not. I promise, <laughs> we're not gonna do it. That's just we were just like it was so funny, like because we're all single and we were all like looking at each other, like why are we all single anyway? <laughs> you know, because... they say the grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> Married people say, "Oh gosh, you guys are so lucky," and then you are saying, "Oh my God, I need a partner." It's all the... nobody's ever happy, so you know, don't feel bad about. I was just speaking into a dead mic. Um, Sarah, you know, and for uh, New York, when you mentioned New York, does that mean that uh, you're going to the NFT event or you're speaking to a separate New York trip? I'm coming to the NFT. Okay, I'm not actually going to the event, but I'm going to obviously all the other shenanigans that happens. I was just tell. I already know that you're going to be there, and I think I'm going to this gallery that you're going to be at. But I wasn't going to tell you. I was just going to show up and be like, "Hi, I'm going to show up in my yellow dress." That was my plan. That would have been equally as cool. But yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Emma. it's a yellow dress going to New York. I had not put this together yet. Yes. But, like, I, I mean, just in case. It's like, just, you never know. What if we go out and take photos one day? I might want to. I honestly want to do something with the, the city. 
Like I want to do a collab. I, wa- I want to do something with a city photographer. I thought that would be really cool with the yellow dress. I actually was just thinking about this today, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm really excited for New York. So whoever's going, I just want to meet everybody. And Zach, I believe I'm going to meet you. So now you know I'm going to New York. I, I'm missing Harini so much right now because Zach was talking about wedding in the NFT space and I'm like, oh shoot, Harini is missing because yes, she will be at it. <laughs> Let's get Sarah married uh, in the NFT space. I love, you know, I feel I did sign up for the actual event mainly because like I want to go to the event and I think it's going to be incredible, but I, I just, I don't want to have that pressure of, like, I feel like most people that are going to the event are just, you know, going around, popping around, doing, you know, socially. Like, I feel like, honestly, I don't know that crowd well enough that I just feel like I'm going to have somewhere to go at all times. Whereas I feel like the event is a, a good play. Like, I'm a nerd, too. Like, I, I think I'm going to appreciate, you know, that sort of format, whereas most people, I think, don't necessarily especially photographers but i feel like i really enjoy learning in that sort of environment so i think it'll be nice to have that sort of base and then anything else that comes from it fantastic but uh yeah most people i talk to are just like literally showing up in new york and then just seeing what happens which i think is so it's so wild i love it but um i'm i have no expectations or any idea what the hell is going to happen during that week but i'm glad to hear uh you're going to be there as well. Zach, I just want to say I'm the, same, I'm the same as you. I honestly probably would have preferred to actually go to the real NFT event because I do want to learn more. And just that's, you know, it's a really is a work trip to me. But I know a lot of people are just going to mingle and kind of party. So again, same thoughts, zero expectations. And I just... I feel like I'm just going to organically meet the right people there for me. So I'm, and I'm very, I'm very social in person. Like I'm, I'm quite extroverted. So it, it should be easy for me. A little nervous because New York scares me. I have been there before, but it'll be good. It's, it's going to be fun. I, I spent 20, almost 20 years on the West coast. It's much slower. I'm from the Midwest. I speak slowly. I think slowly. So, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a different pace and I will be completely out of my element, but um, looking forward to it. You guys will have an awesome time. You'll love it, Zach. It's it's amazing. Yeah, you guys will have an awesome time. You guys can come, just saying. It's not too late. <laughs> I was just wondering, Emma, where are you based? In Missouri. Right there in the middle. Probably eight hours south of you. <laughs> Where do you live, Zach? I am in the Chicago area, and I just noticed during this space you're in the Bay Area. Yeah, I see. If you're in Chicago, you can actually walk to New You know, that, I think that's one of the cool things, I think, for me also photographically is that, uh, you know, being in Chicago now, it's, uh, yeah, it's so much closer to New York. So I haven't spent much time there for that reason because L.A. New York is, uh, I mean, that's a trip. But, you know, Chicago, New York is uh, not such a big deal. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, being in all places. But it, it might be crazy. I might be flying to L.A. So I might, within, like, the span of 
four days be in Chicago, LA. If you if you are coming to the Bay Area, please, please, please let me know. I would love to catch up with you. One of these days, but last time I checked, LA is yeah. I know, but why do why you going back through LA? (laughs) You can go back to San Francisco. I still have a client base in LA, so you know I, I take these quick trips. Sometimes, like I'll fly in at, I'll take, I'll leave Chicago at seven a.m., land at like nine, shoot, and then I fly back out on the red eye back to Chicago. Next time you coming to LA, if you know in advance, let me know. It's not that big a deal for because we keep going to LA, and uh, we can always come and see you if you don't have a, a really hectic schedule. Sounds good. How about uh, next Thursday in about five days? (laughs) That's not going to happen. I thought you would be in uh, New York then. In eight days, I'll be in New York. Next week is too early, but yeah, if you let me know a little more in advance, I can really make it. All these real-life connections are just awesome. Yeah, I know. For anybody that's not coming, sorry. Don't be jealous. Yes, be jealous. So just try and make it work and come. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, you guys, I have to go. This has just been too long. (laughs) It's been a very long day. So many spaces and lots of talking. And I really need to take Ollie outside. Who's Ollie? Oh, he's my dog. And every time I know I need to get out of space is like he just sits on the couch and he looks at me like you're the worst dog parent ever. I don't know. He needs something. I had to like pause and tell them I got to go grab his food. Yeah, he's he, he needs some attention. A terrible joke. Um, some, you know, I, but it reminded me when Samia was talking about like secondhand editions. And, you know, I was just, I just remember having a conversation about, uh, you know, rescuing a dog and somebody talked about a used dog. And I was like, that's messed up, man. And it, but it was the same sentiment as a, uh, like a secondhand edition messed up. Yeah, that is messed up. <laughs> so who said, like, honestly, who says something like this? Secondhand edition. Humor. Yeah. Oh, well, oh man, people are so funny sometimes. I think we should just start the uh, space at 8 or 9 Pacific time. We can all eat our dinner and everything and walk your dog and just before going to bed start. So, you know, anyway, everybody comes around that time, right? So we can chat and then go to sleep. I thought you might mean 8 or 9 a.m. And we just fit it in. Everybody can just come and go. From 10 to 12, we'll do a draw party from the next day. We'll just schedule it in and just host throughout the day. We can just come and go because we see each other in spaces all day. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. (laughs) You guys, we work hard. Just give yourself a pat on the back, everybody in this damn space. Doesn't matter what side you come from. This is a lot of work, and we're doing a really great job. You all rock. How long have you been hosting this uh, Friday night space? Since, like, oh, man, it's been months. Probably, probably, (laughs) 
October. Is it been since October? No. I think no. I think so. I joined the space in December, so it's been it's been since like my first probably third week in. It was I I honestly don't even know how it started. I think I met Alpha and then I was chatting with him and at some point I told him I was a free range chicken and this really sticks out in my mind. You guys like just what the hell? Why do why would I say something like that? Anyways. And then we just were chatting about stuff and I just off I said I wanted to help and offer to help and then boom. We went right me and Emma went right into the, these spaces and we've done it every Friday since. You've been so missing this, out, Zach. This, this is where you ladies have formed this relationship that I can sense in these spaces. Yes, of course. Every Friday we all hang out. It's been really, really good. Is this the longest one you've had? No, I've had an I've had an eight hour space, but it wasn't a made a jungle space. It was I can't even remember who it was with, but it was long. Then it doesn't count. If you can't remember with whom, it doesn't count. True that. It's really just imagine eight hours you spent with someone you can't remember. That means that it wasn't that memorable. Well, it was like I I don't know. It was there was a lot of rotation happening. Anyways, the whole thing. I think it was with Ben. Oh my gosh, what's his last name? I can't remember. Glat? Maybe Ben Glat? No, it's not Glasgow. I can't remember. It's a Ben, you guys. <laughs> Don't make my brain work. It's Friday at the end of the day. I am so... My brain is mush. Well, then I think we probably should wrap up for tonight, huh? But we will see everybody back here next Friday. And we'll have lots of time to talk. We can talk our... We'll talk in it. We'll talk so oh my goodness, social media. So we'll have great tips and information to share. And we can bring up our secondary cells and fall down the black hole again. I liked how Samuel put that um, and continue this conversation. So it's been so much fun, guys. Thanks, everybody who has joined us. And thanks for all the great feedback and comments and good food for thought. Uh, the conversation is always so great and that's why we enjoy coming back every week. So hope you guys can come back and then we'll share experiences from the week. We also like to talk about topics that are fresh in the space since there's always new things happening. And then of course, if you have questions about things going on or seeking you know, opinions, just let us know. But thank you guys again for such a wonderful space. Sarah, as always, thank you so much for hosting. Good night. Good morning. And I had one last question. Has GM kind of, I'm not saying died, but hasn't GM as a term kind of just faded a bit? Yeah, I think now it's GM, GM. <laughs> I know, I know I have not, yeah, I'm not the right one to ask, but Sarah might have a better answer. <laughs> We'll have a GN and a GM to our friends on the other side. <laughs> you guys, I don't know. I don't have an answer to the GM thing. It just, everybody just says it. I guess you just go with the GM flow. It is kind of special to have like just this one thing that does, you know, this. think about all the stuff that we do in this space and, you know, the movements that we've made. So it's kind of cool to have this one thing between the people in this space that just connects us all. And I think that is GM. So it's just a the NFT space thing. 
the older we are, the more unnatural GM feels. I'm just saying. And I'll, I'll just I'll keep it a good day from Australia. Say that again, Ty. I said I'll just keep it a good day from Australia. Uh, no worries. All right, so we will say GM, GA, and GN. (laughs) Hope you guys have had a great time. We definitely have, and we will see you next Friday. You're sure you want to end this? Zach, you are welcome to jump back in and start up another I don't I don't host spaces. That's too much responsibility. I come in as a speaker. I pop off whenever I feel like it. And then I leave when uh, I feel like there's a, a yeah, I, I don't like the responsibility. That's not, not not my role here. Well, you can join us next Friday. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm going to see you in a space in a few hours, too. <laughs> so we will see you soon. Good night, everybody. 